everybody. Before we get into this week's podcast, let me tell you what is going on on our Patreon account over at patreon.com slash weird science. One of the things that we do each week, we mention it every week, is our DC Comics Patreon-only Spotlight podcast. And this past week, we ended up doing Future State Gotham number three, an Action Comics 2021 annual number one, the continuation slash prequel of the House of L stuff from Philip Kennedy Johnson. It was an episode that was about a hour and 10 minutes. And that was, of course, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. But that's not all. That's not all. Each week in the month of July, me and my man Stork have been talking about Kingdom Come, and we're going to, this week, get up to Kingdom Come number three. So we'll be continuing that. You could listen to that. And also coming up will be our DC Comics Back Issues podcast, where it seems as if we'll be talking, and this is me and Mark Jager, talking about Justice League of America number 107 from 1973, Crisis on Earth X, and that is the first appearance of Uncle Sam. That's why we are doing that for July. Then some other things. We have the character of the month for July and the DC character month for July. Crazy is Solomon Grundy. So I'm going to be going through a bunch of issues with him. And then finally, let me mention that later on in the month, we're going to be doing our comic book movie show. And that will be Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Me and Michael G will be going through that classic. So there's a lot going on, a lot more even than that. So if you like what you hear there, go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Sign up now and you will not be charged. Just pick a level. Go if you like what you hear. It'd be great and continue on into August. But if you end up not liking what you hear and end up quitting before August 1st, you'll never be charged. So it is a Pretty much a free trial. Check out all the things that we do. I hope and think that we do enough that you will want to stay and hear more, more, more. But with that, thanks for giving me that opportunity to tell you about that stuff. And let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Stephen Copper, and you are listening to the We Are Science DC Comics podcast. The official and official podcast of We Are Science DC Comics blog.blogspot. That's in. I warn you. Jim and Eric are going to spoil the shit out of this week's books, so you might want to read them before listening. Are you ready for some action? Here comes the action. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, guys, where is my 50 American? Welcome back, one and all, to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 368. 368, dude. Feeling great. Here we are, feeling late and great. Ah, Welcome, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, if that is just between me and you, a little personal thing. I, I thought we were keeping this professional, pal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what what is it? Like the 50th year that we've the done the site? The anniversary it's of the Weird site, Science though. DC Comics. Yeah, yes. just as a, a general deal. Yeah. As in it, general, when we got together and decided, Wednesday. let's do this. It's not what we're going to actually we tell in a weird way. Tell a tale about that later on in the podcast. I, I think we do. Or I think we might, Eric. I'm soothsaying here about why we ended up starting up the site 
in the first place. And then one day we'll go through the trials and tribulations of me trying to convince you to do the podcast because you didn't want to for a while. You said nobody would want to hear our jerk off voices is what you actually told me. It's true still. Uh-huh. And, and again, uh, along the way, we, we got a lot of shade thrown us, but here we are. You know, back for the attack. Welcome, everybody. Yes, you said it's 368. Feeling the hate, as I say, Eric. And if you, you want to go out and see what we're doing, what we're up to, maybe even find Eric walking around town with his ponytail, you can go over to Twitter. It's a man bun right at now. Weird Science DC. Logan, or not Logan, Ethan had a man bun. Last night, I have too many kids. I can't keep track of this nonsense. We only uh, have like two or three in the house right now. In the house, we have three right now, but still, it is still too many. This is still character, really, the one who left and came back. Do you even really count him as a kid in the house anymore? He's just that thing that comes back every now and seriously. again. Seriously, no, no, no. He's not like like a fungus. He's annoying. He's Eric, like an outside he, cat. He, he is a leech. It's what he is. I mean, it really, I call him Hugh Vile. It is what I call him, Eric. He's a parasite, is what I'm saying. Ah, yes, that's not nice. I had to get up this morning. I went to bed. I was on the Slack. I ended up having to do a bunch of edits and things like that and then also record some stuff for the Marvel side of things. And I think I went to bed at like 4 or 5 and then had to get up at 5.30 to take him to work. I got like 20 minutes of sleep. I was pissed, Eric, is what I was. But you can go over to Twitter if you want Weird Science DC. Weird Science DC. That's what it is. Right? You go there. Years. If you can finally find it. Took us a while to figure out the Twitter, so if you remember as well. Uh, go there. If you follow us, we'll follow you back 100%. You can tell me and throw sort of shade at Eric all you want. I'll read it. I'll laugh, and I'll send it along to him. Uh, but also, you can go to our website, which is having a birthday. I like birthday more than anniversary. That's Fair just enough. me, Eric. But we end up originally we were going to call it Whopper Wednesday, thinking that somehow stealing that trademark would get us free food. Exactly. Well, the idea makes sense. At the, and tell, you know what? That would have totally screwed us now that, you know, because the idea of new comic book day Tuesday. was Wednesdays on Tuesday yeah. now. Two for Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, we would have been screwed. Oh, whatever the worst. Yeah, we love that, Whoppers and uh, we love free comic on free comic, new comic book day. You can still look up Jim and Eric's comic book blog and something does come up. Uh, that's what I called it originally because I ended up making the site without you even knowing you just came in we had kicked it around a little but i thought we're never going to do this we just don't do it i ended up setting it up you came into work i said we have a site you said that's the worst name i've ever heard in my life and i I still stand by that so then we went whopper wednesday that that wasn't working out for us and then we ended up saying a lot of different things even the lost boys yeah well the funny thing is we're like okay well what's our favorite movies and then we decided to call it Weird Science because <laughs> Weird Science is not either of our favorite movies. No, it was just one that we both liked. And we just happened to be talking about it that week. And then it worked out with the comic and stuff like that. It all worked out, didn't it, Eric? Aren't we rich? We're getting all that podcast and money coming in and the clicks and stuff and everything. But, yeah, with that, go over to that anniversary site, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Not the blogspot.in. As Stephen Copper said, that's why I ended up putting that. Maybe. I I, Actually, I forget where he was from. I thought it was like Germany or something or Czechoslovakia. But also go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science where you can get a ton, a plethora of shows. And one of the big things is the weekly DC Comics Patreon only spotlight. This past week, it was Future State coming back at us. Oh, my God. We were all up in that future. 
I, I ended up ending the show with the Magistrate City deal. Why didn't I end up with Future State of Mind? I, I have no idea. But we end up Eight we years. talk yeah, we talked about Future State Gotham number three and Action Comics twenty twenty one annual number one. That's the House of L annual from Philip Kennedy Prequel. Johnson. Prequel story. A little bit of a deal, you know, a little Aether, Eric, I'm telling you. Aether, I say. <laughs> ah, but with all of that. That's like a David Letterman <laughs> giggle. <laughs> uh, we have what we call the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, and they're the ones who pick those books. They have the future state of mind. And with that, Eric, let's give them a little shout out, a little roll call, as we say. Uh, uh, last night I was doing this on the Marvel show. It was like three in the morning. I started rapping. It was the worst rap you'll ever hear. It was my name. No, this was my name is Jim and they call me Jim. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? Ah, yes, here they are. Ted Pros. I love punchline. We're going to be talking about a punchline backup coming up. Was it though, Eric? Was it? I back my ass up right out of there. Forrest Pauly, Optimus Prime, Camp, Joseph Watch, Six, Matt Razor, Demon 3000, All New Dave, Lady Abby, Red, Matches Balloon, <laughs> Niels Tior, David Fink, Joey Bertasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to me and you, Michael Gier, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky over there on the YouTube's Comic Boom, Cellar Dweller, I'm losing any sort of focus. I have Mark Jager, Aldrin Stosha, did I have it though? Nick Adams, Bill Beer from yes. the Bat Pod, Boobin, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke, Hollywood, Holiday, 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 Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew and Belfast, Holiday Andrew, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Dalton, Edom, my man, people from NYC, Sailor Moon Mark, our man, Rob Lewis, B, Murray, Double <laughs> Ron, and Reggie. Boom, Eric, I did it right. See, that's how you do it after all these years, right? It's six years. Is, is the podcast six years? I don't know. You feel long? like you're yelling that a little bit to you're blowing out your mic a little bit. Well, I might have been because it, that thing was really, really loud. It was really loud. So and I, was trying to, I was trying to keep up, Eric. I don't realize I can end up editing that at the end. Uh, also, I had the, uh, what's it called? The sock off of the mic. I will probably put it back on. All right. In between the breaks. And if, I, if I'm going to blow anything out, Eric, I'm going to blow bottle? out the that probably with like cheese steaks and some really bad things. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you're going to I ended up uh, going smelled some ground meat. I'm like, that does not smell good. So I made some hamburgers, Eric. That's how you work things in life. But I didn't make them for anybody else. That's the that's the weirdest thing still where I will not. Put them at risk, my kids and my wife, but I'll Look, eat anything. I love my family. I will not endanger them or their buttholes by making them eat this rancid meat. Only I shall blow out my butthole. Yeah, I tried it. I it felt okay. It had a little for bit now. of an off taste, whatnot. It, it was We're going to start doing this. We're going to go back for one of the six. Like, I feel terrible. I got to go to the bathroom real bad right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be coming back from one of these breaks. I'm like, uh, but I'll try not to blow out the mic. I'm, I'm a little. I don't know. I, I have a nervous energy to me tonight, Eric. I don't know what it is. It must be just the aura coming off you, maybe even the aether coming off of you from across town, living probably, what, five minutes away. No. We have not seen each other in a year and a half. And that's how we like it, though, right? I've seen we, you. We Oh, my. Have <laughs> you? Because then you must have been peeking in the windows down here because I don't leave the house. But with all of that, we have a bunch of books. We have a bunch of things to go. We have a little mail. We have Clay with the spotlight of the digital things. Isn't that what he calls it now? 
And yeah, a bunch sure. of stuff. We should have a pretty uh, lengthy podcast as we have the past couple of weeks. And people actually have commended us, Eric, to getting back to the basics and giving them a long podcast they can listen to all week, they said. They're not and I said, to really? It. Like, we used to have a 12-hour podcast. Like, nonsense. But I don't know. The way that DC books are coming out now, we might be getting back to that. We're going to pick and choose, Eric. But we're not going to pick and choose for the next section because we have some Batman books and one book that made me and Eric cry. What? Eric, that ended weird. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I actually thought that was the minimized version since there's some dated things on there. But, Eric, here we are. <laughs> here we are. I'm telling you, I have so many versions of songs, Eric. A lot of remixes. Moby remix some of it, right? Moby. Everybody knows Moby. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Eric. And we're here to talk a bunch of books. I said one of these made you cry. I will what? tell everybody it is Detective Comics. You were very upset at Hugh Vile. Getting sick Too as a kid in the, swimming, in the swimming hole, Eric. Just, here's the deal, everybody. Swimming pools. I, I, I really, in Movie my stars? mind, the idea, yes, the idea when I ended up growing up, and you grew up in our area as well, where we do have a lake close by, and it, it's a national park type deal. There's a lot of eels and shit in that lake. I, I've been I told know. a lot of weird stuff about that. That's the that. thing is, you and I, we don't know. You are just going off a hearsay. I'm telling you, I heard it. and it Did was Dr. Ray tell was, you this? It was a he who said it, so <laughs> I'll go with it. Actually, I mentioned it the other day because Logan asked me, do you like swimming in lakes? And no. I said no, because I don't like like things, weird things touching me. That's why I don't go visit you on me. the weekend. And... Uh, I ended up, I've been told all along that there's a lot of eels in that lake. I said to Tanya, hey, did you ever go swimming in Lake Nakamixon? And she said, no way, there's too many eels in that. So I'm like, well, at least we heard the same like the thing. thing this I is guess. a family tale. You've been telling each other this over and over again throughout the years. Just forget At where you one heard point, it. one of the funniest things, Zach, as a it's kid. the first I've heard of it. Zach, as a kid, we'll have to look it up. Zach, as a kid, used to just spout out. I, I even think that this was going on when I first met you. Where he would just spout out oh, facts yeah. that meant nothing. Professor and it was, Werner? Remember, yeah, Professor Werner. Remember, it was hobos like to bathe in lakes, he told me at one point. And I'm like, where else are going to like to right. bathe? All right. I, I go, I'm like, I would rather think that they don't bathe. So at least me and them have life. something together, right? 
it ends up where that's almost like what we'll get later in the Joker. When I look at a homeless person and I, I see myself in them, if they start bathing, then it's something. It's an anomaly, Eric. It drives me nuts. But yeah, there is a book in this section that will make you cry. But if you want to end up going off and reading the written reviews, you can go to our website. As we said before, weirdsciencedccomics.com and get reviews of all these books, including some things from other people, not just me and Eric. So you get another bit of a, you know, little different point of view is what I'm saying. But we're going to start off with a big book, Eric, and I'm talking big. It's like 71 pages. It's Batman Urban Legends number five. It is thick. It is. Uh, And there's a bunch of people on the book. So we'll get into that as we go. But the first story is Red Hood and Batman in Cheer Part 5 of 6, written by Chip Zdarsky, Eddie Barrows, Eva Ferreira, and Diogenes Nathis on art. A lot of artists, Eric. Marcus Toe on flashback art. Adriana Lucas on colors. Becca Carey on letters. That is the main thing that most people are centering on. And here is the blurb. The, this month's Urban Legends gives us more Red Hood, a Ryan Wilder appearance, Eric. Says you. Ryan Wilder. Oh, my God. She's a wild card. Some speculation about Tim Drake and Wildcats assembling. I like the Red Hood story enough, but it's oh, not the getting me enough. Cats. <laughs> wild cats. It's selling point for everybody. I, I like the Red Hood story enough, but it is not giving enough of what it set out to be at first. And with it, it feels small, like a backup to me. Uh, then a real big story each time we get bit, but it's good. I did like the Grifter story, even if it felt a bit forced away to get to the big Wildcats spread at the end. Wildcats. The Batgirl story was just plain out bad, and the Tim Drake story seemed to rile people up, but it, it just wasn't that great either way anyway, and we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the idea of what people might be thinking and whether or not they should be upset about it, because really... I don't get what they're upset about either way, actually. So we'll see. We'll see when we get to that. But we do start out with this Red Hood deal where it is, you know, Jason, he was frozen, but then he was kind of saved by Batman, who then got frozen. And we end up and having now, Jason's not frozen. It is a little back and forth with the deal, but we do get cheer. You know, this villain, I think that you like him. He- That's the weird part is he's a very divisive character for me right off the bat because while I, you know, the idea of using like the cheerful idea of the drug happiness as a way of villainy here through the drug of cheer drops and stuff like that. I even like the way he has the happy face smiley deal on as like a face paint kind of deal. But when you have the situation with the cheer drops, the drug, the hallucinations of things, it just is towing the line a little bit too much of the fear toxin and then the joker toxin and the cheer toxin. And with the smile. I mean, you're really getting a joke. I I kind of like exactly. And then that's the thing is too. He comes with the war paint slash face paint. He comes off very Joker-esque in the situation, especially because he's smiling the whole time because it's a cheerful drug and stuff like that. He's on the drugs. I kind of like him though in this idea, even though we're playing in this territory a little too much in Gotham. Yeah, I kind of do too. I like just maybe if it was outside of Gotham, like this is his basis, like but then he goes off. Kind of cool, Bloodhaven, but even that is a little too connected to the Batman. Coast City, maybe you're saying right? Let's go off. And, like, who's Belgium? doing anything in Coast City anymore? Belgium, you, no, Greece, Belgium. Athens, make some waffles. <laughs> Athens, right? I, actually, in a weird way, here, just hear me out here. Eric. Oh, I don't know why, because it's not even, and it's nothing to do, but really seems like could be a like South American type villain, like something even like a Yara floor later to get something that's not godlike or whatnot. I think that that would be kind of cool. Um, but I do. I I'd mean, say flash a green arrow. Personally. Okay, straight Green arrow would be really good, actually. And um, I, I it's just it's so Joker esque. But I just want to know, did he get that coat pre-made? 
or did he just spill the paint on it? And it ended up because it looks like one of them cool, like uh, Fast and the Furious 3 motorcycle jackets, right? Is, is that a thing, Eric? It do looks they, really cool, right? Do they have motorcycles in Fast and Furious I don't know. 3? They were drifting around and drifting here and there. But with that, it's funny because you end up finding out who this is. It doesn't quite fit the motif that he's going with here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have a chemist who's doing things and whatnot. He's a little jealous. And now he's out in a motorcycle jacket with paint all over and he's feeling happy. And that's the thing. It's this idea where we have Dr. Romero who helped, you know, Dr. Crane Scarecrow create the original fear toxin. Her boyfriend, or I'm sorry, her husband then is a chemist as well. And he's upset that his wife, it's a jealousy situation where they're both chemists. And she did something so remarkable by creating something as strong as the fear toxin. She'll go down the history, not the history she wants because now it's associated with the scarecrow, but stuff like that. And he went and took it and he's going to add on it because this is what science does. We take something and we add to it. He makes the cheer drops. But in his like weird delusional state of jealousy and hate, over like not being able to accomplish what his wife has and not even not accomplish she actually did it and and shrugs it off because she's yeah. that good this is like if but you're playing basketball with kobe bryant but because and he's high so on his own supply he can be all this cheerful about it and not come off like this kind of like you know raving lunatic about how jealous he was and hateful because he is this cheerful being because of the drugs that he's on yeah and so you end up having you know jason trying to figure out they're going to shoot him he ends up being able to fight back and gets away uh, and in this, too, you do get that idea that Freeze is fully on it as well, which is, again, I like the I wish there was more room to explore the idea because I kind of feel bad for Freeze because it seems like Victor's on it to oh, just forget victim. that his you know wife might be dead. And, and, and ends again, up the thing it. is, I want to tie it into what we have in like Grifter because of what we had previously with the idea I that Nora too, Freeze was still murdered. Him. I mean, even exactly. if he's upset so, about and that. It, it doesn't feel like he even knows about that or if it's tied in at all because even by the end of that where it turns out you know, Nora Freeze isn't dead, it was all a dupe before, but I think we just, I, I wanted to tie into that something fierce because it was established right I away know. in I the did series. Too. I did but too. like when we had this, when him show up, I'm like, we can just tie it in because Nora Freeze, Mrs. Freeze, when she came back and became the new, like, you know, Freeze Mrs. villain. Mrs. Freeze, yeah. She, she did ditched this. him. So yeah. I could see him going with the idea, oh, yeah. I need me some drugs. Yeah. I mean, he ended up being able Daddy's to gotta make Daddy's got to get over her, his pain. Like, I'm going to make you just like me so we could be this duo. The minute that she was able to, she's like, sayonara, sucker. I am out of here. Later, and then we Baldi. even see in this, again, what he would or wouldn't know. She seemed to be teaming up with Penguin. I mean, this is a lot. She's stepping out, Eric. But and again, it, it what, is, just be what just is up with this Penguin scenario in Grifter? I'm like, I we're know. not there yet. I but know. now that you bring it up, because the Toy Man, Nora Freeze, like Cassius Cole, like you know, Cassius Noah, like um, but we have this whole thing here with Cole Cash. Yeah, and I don't understand the Penguin connection anymore from what we have for well, this issue. Well, it's funny, too, because I'm wondering what Penguin's doing walking around like, boy, that Nora Freeze, she, like, he must still think she's dead. Is, I'm right? saying, though, weird. is he a duplicate? I don't know. I, they don't mention him, but he had hired a dupe, right? It, it's weird. And but anyway, we're not is, on that. <laughs> if they really were tying it in, it would be kind of a cool idea uh, to maybe that Nora needed to get the heck out and this was a way. Because where is Nora then? We'll get to that. She's still in later, a cabin up right? yeah. in Canada. A cabin in the woods there, frozen up there. Uh, but yeah, I like that idea. And I, I think that, you know, we're putting some things into this from what led to and And it's still enjoyable. I mean, some people are just like. Freezes a druggie. They they can go with it, but it there. I like that you can. I'm looking for motivation, and that's the thing. You can see can the motivation it. that there would be. Like you said, Daddy needs the drugs, and Daddy now needs he, the pain to go he, away. He, he thinks that he's dancing it up later on. And I'll, I'll give you a little Beatles reference when we get to that. But you end up where Jason runs away, and we get 
more flashbacks. And I, I like the flashbacks. Enough. I like I, the flashback of this a lot. When Jason Todd, as Robin, as a kid, is forced to go up against Riddler, mano e mano, when you know, Batman's in a death trap here, with all of the negative feelings he has about himself and not being good enough, not being Dick Grayson, not being as good as Batman, and now he is forced into a situation where he has to be, and he has all this shame and guilt on top of him. Like, I like this to the point where he excels in what he does, and we can prove that he is the Robin that he needs to be. Yeah, and he ends up, and then Batman says, I never questioned you. I, I always had faith in you. And this leads to what we hope. I don't That's really it, get I'm the like, riddle at all. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, tell, I'm a dummy. Uh, but with all of that, when they go and you think Batman's lying, he just comes out and you're like, that, that, that thing in that jar that he was in was filled up with water. I'm like, he was, his head was spinning. He's like, I'm going to die. He comes out, never question you for a moment, son. Yeah. Especially at the point when you end up having Jason's like yelling, I don't know if I can do this. Batman's like, oh my God, oh, no. I'm dead. I chose poorly. So dead. Uh, but yeah, he gets and he, he saves I'm a Batman. Though, Jim. Yeah, really. And you go with that deal where you see that, that he's smart. And then you go to the present where when he gets out, he gets on his motorbike, Eric. He's drifting around, right? And he get, calls up Oracle, <laughs> says, hey, Batman is, you know, captured. Everybody's aware of it. The whole family's on it. Hey, why don't you sleep? That That's kind of a silly thing that you would think he would do anyway. But I guess you have to say that as Oracle. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to, you know, go and find some things out. And says, knocking heads isn't working. i got to go back to what it was to be Robin and what it was to, you know, go on a case and try to figure things out and goes off to see the chemist who was the one who had the Dr. Fear Romero. Yeah, Dr. Romero, who we saw before. And he is doing okay deal walking in the room and saying, okay, uh, there's shoes there, guy's shoes. So I, you know, I, and I don't the like this, time, I thought she was duping. Oh, yeah, and, so did I. I expected something weird to go down. I'm because like, that the idea is going to have to cheers in Like, there. he's going and doing detective work about, you know, there's a man's shoes here. There's pictures of her with a man here, but his toothbrush is gone. I'm expecting something weird where she's like, you know, he's looking around for clues. Like, I'm going to go make some tea. And like, exactly what we talked about him with some Batman detective later on. The idea of taking that drink and stuff like that, like. There's no way that Dr. Romero in this weird death trap home that Jason has walked in was going to be turn out to be okay. But yeah. she is. She, she is, is fine. She the is fine, fine, fine. on the up and up. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like, though, that Jason Todd comes in as Jason Todd here. No mask, nothing like that. Because, it re- well, that's the thing. is She knows who it is. I don't think she knows who Jason Todd is off the top of her head. But it's, weird. it's, it's just you can do things with this idea. That, I, don't I don't know. know. Like, she recognized Red Hood. It just seemed like for even when they like he's talking like, I'm sorry for what I did before. No capes, no cows this time. I just don't like when heroes break this code and go as themselves because you're putting everybody else in danger. Yeah, I like the idea. And he's like, hey, and he's checking out. And he's like, hey, can I use the bathroom? He's like, pa- Batman is a piece of crap, by the way. Obviously, when Bruce Wayne goes to these swanky parties, he goes off to see what drugs are in the you know medicine cabinet in the bathroom. And he says, Batman told me that. <laughs> he goes in. He sees these. I don't know exactly what this is. There's a lot of serious and sneerous. I'm like, I don't know what kind of drugs they're doing there, but I have no idea of this medications. But then you have Jason who knows a little more like, oh, no doctor would ever prescribe all of these for one person and kind of combine whatever. It seems weird that that's the whole deal because all in all, it, it's just the idea that this guy is depressed yeah. and he is pissed. I don't know that you needed that much to then show that he, you know, makes up the cheer and ends up taking it himself. I mean, we get the idea when she says he just he's be always happy. been jealous and I love him, but he just can't take the idea that I'm just better than him is what she's saying and that I can do it with ease. And he, it really freaks him out. So Jason, 
you know, realizes, okay, I'm going to go. I like check to think that we don't, we, we don't see what goes on in their day to day lives outside of this whole situation no, where he becomes she's cheer, really pushing where it? she's constantly throwing it in his face to how he's not as good as she is in chemistry and stuff like that to like drive him over that the edge be to fun. become cheer. She's like, uh, what movie do you I watch? Don't know honey? What he's like, you pick the money. Oh, I want to watch that movie, Fear. Like the fear toxin I made, you know, on my spare time, right? You want to do that? He's like, no, no. I think I want to watch Cheers. And she's like, oh, my God. I just created a villain. Uh, but you end up in, and then she says, no, because at the beginning, they're, they're really pieces of crap in that. And he's like, oh, you're right, honey. Let's watch fear. Like, you know, let's watch fear effect or whatever that other deal is. But you end up where, you know, Jason is on the scene. He decides to go off and check into if. You know, some of the things are going on with, you know, Wayne Industries and chemicals and things like that. But before that, we do see Batman. I like that he's tied up and kind of got the frozen hands up there, right? That looks pretty cool. He's frozen in place. It looks like Luke. But he'd have to be upside down so he could get the lightsaber. But and yeah, Womp is coming for yeah, his yeah. ass. Yeah, really, really, really. And you end up where Victor is a little, you know, insane. He's a little he, cheerful. Yeah, you know, he's cheerful. He thinks that he can see Nora there. He puts his arm out. Hey, what do you think, honey? And Batman tries to play that up. I mean, Batman really, really goes. Hey, you can, Mr. you can Freeze, almost think that that's Victor, a piece I mean, of crap move. But you know, you like he's all out. high, using the world's greatest detective to notice that Mr. Freeze is high here. I'm like, you know, um, Nora, she thought it'd be pretty cool if you let me go, right? Oh, she did. Oh. And then the next cheer, like, don't let him fool you. Go dance with Nora, Victor. She does love dancing. Like, you susceptible freaking uh, ice man. Idiot. Uh, with that, it reminds me, like, if I would go over to my buddy uh, Bryant, who was in my band in college, all his roommates were always high. I mean, I never saw these guys not being high. And they were so annoying. So all you had to do was ask them, like, some crazy question. Like, hey, guys, what happened if we're actually, like, aliens came to Earth and they had robots and left us and we're actually descendants of the aliens' robots? Because, and, oh, man, you just, they're, they're done for the night. That's what I do, joke. Eric. I'm a <laughs> jerk. Right? So they end up with that, but cheer. He, he realizes, no, 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 stop it. You know, you're not going to do that. Hey, Victor, why don't you and Nora go dance in the other room, you idiot? And he goes off to do that. And what it reminded dun, me of, dun, dun, if you dun. ever watch, uh, I believe it is, I thought it was the Here Come the Sun or something. I think it's the something video. But there is a point where during the filming of Let It Be at one point, you ended up having um, John. And actually, it's I, Me, Mine. There we go, Eric. I don't want to miss Enemy Mine? No, I, Me, Mine. The the song by George Harrison. He got so pissed as while he was trying to work on the song. John and Yoko were dancing up a storm around him, bothering him. And it really really got on his nerves. That's what I think that the dancing looked like. You'd have to see that. It's it's very over the top. But you end up where, you know, cheer. Like I said, I kind of like this idea. I mean, we, we have always had the fear toxin. You know, I mean, we even have it now in the regular deal going on. Oh, so got the Joker toxin. Yeah, and the Joker toxin. So this idea and the venom of toxin. what's going to happen. Toxin? Well, kind of. But I like the idea where he's playing the side. Like, you're not going to die. Like, I'm going to give you this. You're going to be happy. So you won't want to be Batman. It's a way of like, I'm going to destroy Batman. Now, eventually we'll die. The See, that's the thing. Is, I kind of really like the idea of using this because, like I said, with the, the trope of the toxins and stuff like this, this is a different take because Scarecrow is always there trying to put him in fear so he can't fight back. So he's always locked in his own mind in this fearful state. But if we make a, a Batman so cheerful who's on this drug to the point where he can like, he doesn't have to be bad. He's not concerned about it. I'm like, all right, you know what? I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you get this, even with the fear, but it always, I mean, seriously, it always goes back to the same thing. It always goes back to the alley or what, but 
I always want to see what he would see. Now, whether or not Goth-topia, he actually gets we already infected. Saw it. Yeah, if he actually gets infected by this or if Jason comes and stops it before. But I'd like to, in this story, I would think that it has, it'll end up something with Jason. Or something. I don't I know. I just imagine it's going to be a weird thing because Jason did go off to Wayne Enterprise to see about where these, you know, certain chemicals could be shipped and how Dr. Silvano Romero here is getting his wife's, you know, like, you know, like her job and able to say to send him where he needs to do with his, you know, cheer warehouse situation here. But so Jason does figure this out because he's playing detective really good. He's, he's doing Batman proud, really what we have here. But when Batman at the end of this for our cliffhanger, when he takes a big old deep breath, the cheer drops. So he becomes the cheerful Batman who doesn't need to be Batman anymore. I went Red Hood to come in here, beat the crap out of cheer, Mr. Freeze. And the way we get Batman back is for Red Hood to piss Batman off like he always did throughout the years to the point where Batman remembers why Red Hood is not on that fucking painting. I'm uh, what really? I, I'm thinking my own way is that we're going to get kind of what I think about my father where the only time he ever told me he loved me was one time when he was drunk. That's what Batman's going to be so happy. Oh, Jason, I love you. You're the best. And Jason's going to be like, you asshole. That's what it took, these cheer jumps. Or he doesn't realize the cheer jumps. He's like, holy crap, I did it. I now, that's a great twist. It. If he's actually not affected, he tells that to Jason, but Jason, Jason thinks it is the cheer drops. But even though it's not, cool. that's that might a cool ending. That might be it. That that might actually be it. The idea. Wait, we're gonna have. It is one of those things. Like when you even have like Homer in The Simpsons when he goes in and they're like, "Hey, you, you don't you put too much dye in." They're like, "What? We didn't even put the radioactive dye in yet." Like that would be it. He goes to detox him and realizes that he wasn't on it. Or you might even see that Batman. I don't know. Would Batman let that be known? That seems like something that well, it's going to tie to Batman, the, the detective this week, and yeah. like we have this inner monologue. Like, yeah, really. I slowed my heart like heartbeat down. Yeah, I slowed really. my metabolism. I didn't get high at all in the yeah, cheer drops. He wasn't the high, but then he was. I only but... dream when I want to dream, and I'm yeah. only cheerful when oh, I want to be cheerful. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so funny. Actually, week. what you do find out this is just beta testing. Nothing makes Batman happy. He ends up even saying, I put this I huge dose. I knew something in common. Yeah, really. It's this huge dose. And they're like, okay, Batman, what do you think? He's like, I'm pissed off and starts doing things. But maybe it is. Maybe the actual teardrop that he needs is his boy, Jason Todd, right? He's just going to drop Todd. on in. And it, it is the weird thing is it's the one thing going through this is you need Jason to realize that Batman does love him and Bruce loves him. Kind of got away also that idea of, he needs Bruce, not Batman, that Alfred had told him in some of the flashbacks and stuff like that. But I, I just think like that to that's think what we get. where we'll go from here. Like, I don't know if Jason Todd's going to be in a lot of books after we're done with this arc going forward. But like in, in oh, October, he's going to be a we'll, zombie. Eric. Well, that's the thing. It's like through Batman's love at the end of the series, Jason knew he could then go off and become the leader of a task force zombie. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. It ends. I like it. I like the flashbacks. I think I, I, the that's the thing good. is, I think it did a good job of really elevating Jason Todd here, letting you see how smart he was as a kid and even showing him taking Bruce's advice as an adult and doing the job properly instead of just going all red hood about it. And I like I actually like cheer and what he's doing here, even though it's a little cliche, like not cliche, but it, it's along those lines of Gotham tropes that we always see. But I like the way it's played here. I like it. But in the six issue deal and we get the next issue, the finale next month, um, the idea where's Tyler? I mean, I know he's where cool. he he's is. With Leslie Tompkins. He's hanging out with Leslie Thompson, but that that kind of got pushed aside. Then you and and at that point, we even had a point where cheer was pushed aside. We weren't getting now. We're back to that. Like things don't seem to be as meshed together. Well, didn't we get as cheer they for the first time line. last issue? Yeah, that's what. I'm, but we had the cheer drops. Is what I'm saying. You yeah. kept you mentioned that. Then we got away from it. 
you know, we kind of got away from that where you had some tunes with that. Yeah, yeah, we have that too. I mean, there's still that hanging. So it does seem a little disjointed overall as as a whole six issue or at least five so far. But I still like it. I feel the progression's pretty tight. The only thing that really threw me off, which I kind of like now, is just when, you know, uh, Mr. Freeze showed up as almost like he's the pusher man and like it felt weird when he was there but you know along the lines of like he's actually going and do- going to cheer to try to make daddy not feel the pain anymore I'm like okay I can go behind it and plus it's cool to see you know Mr. Freeze sometimes yeah it is Um, one of the things that's funny where we say about like Nora in the Grifter story in this it's a little easier to get into Wayne Industries as well. You know, Renda just climbs sure up is. and Lucius, he's working all hours. This he's is one of those side Canada. divisions where it's yeah. like, you know, we just have like an office building over yeah, here. Just, it's fine. Just having the CEO there, you know, singing to himself. But yeah, it, it's good. I mean, it's it's still, in my mind, not worth the full price of admission. But usually we, we have this deal. We're never still haven't gotten really the everything hit issue. But it's long in my mind that you get two stories that are decent enough and then the other ones aren't so like, I, I don't know, because what I'm saying is it's going to make this not feel like a good issue. But, you know, we always get a stinker. I'm setting up the next one, Eric. It's wild card. It's a Batgirls deal. And and seriously, I'm telling you right now, you could it, it's a up to the plate home run in my mind to have a cast Stephanie Batgirls story like this and why can't anybody do it right i mean this is two characters that everybody seems to love having them as backgrounds is such a cool idea but they it, it already feels like nobody already knows what to do with them or what they're gonna have done because this story by marguerite benet with art by sweeney boo hey sweeney boo, boo. colorist marissa louise and letters by becca carey it, it's not good It's not good at all. You're not even able to sit there and say, oh, well, the story itself isn't great, but boy, the characters are awesome. They're not. Cass comes off as a dummy and and a pop culture dummy. And I don't know why you have to keep pushing that to the deal of, oh, we know you're like spoiler, like Obi-Wan is Luke's father. And I'm like, "Ah, come on. Come on now. And they're playing video games in the old Wayne Manor. I kind of like the idea that, you know, being kids, you'd break into this place that you know is not being used to, you know, just have this lack, lack of luxury going on here and play some I, video games and stuff all like it that does because is they point are out kids. To me, all it does is point out to me is, like, what is going on then with Wayne Manor? Because if this is what is going on, Batman could just be in the Batcave again. He could just be underneath and doing things. No, if I, I agree. The thing this. is, with you know the house being empty, it seemed almost along the lines like less Joker or not having money, but also with the idea of the you know the ghosts of Alfred still might be, and he doesn't need to be there no, by no, himself he, in this big old place and I stuff like that. I don't think he owns it anymore. I think he lost it. We we almost spelled out that he had lost it, and they were going to sell it off and things like that at one point. That's what I'm saying. It feels weird. That they're just there with that, and we never really resolve that whole deal. And so I, I understand what you're saying. I like the idea that he wouldn't, but leaving it like in disarray and stuff, I don't know that that would. Did be he the leave case, it in but, disarray? Well, it, it looks like Cass there's some crap leave it in disarray. around, and, and you know the electricity is still paying electric, I guess. But you end up having all that, and then they get word, oh, we're going to go off to find the red ticket, Eric, the red card, this case that Barbara wasn't able to solve, and. You end up, you know, down in the convention center that ended up. I mean, really, here's the deal. 
you just said about the, the Wayne Manor, and we could make up all sorts of ideas in our head of what happened with Joker War and everything with that. But the idea where why aren't you just saying this convention center got destroyed during Joker War where you're like, that was that was Hurricane Renee. (laughs) I don't need all that stuff. But they go down and it was, again, a video game. It's so stressed video game deal. They go down and they're checking out things. And then out of nowhere, there's just a girl. In, in her hoodie, setting up evidence as if she's selling freaking macrame potholders. It does right? look like she's at like an Arts Alive yeah, festival in the center like of town. What she's doing. Or it's like her live Etsy account. Really? That's what it is. She's like, I got my macaroni babies here. I got my macrame here. It's always owls, and we got this, and I'm making muffins. Crochet kitty yeah, cats. Yeah, all that. I'm like, what is going Five on? Five for the small, ten for yeah. the bigs. And and every bit of dialogue between Cass and Steph is just jokey to the extreme. I, I, it's not even I that. Just, it's just that I don't get a sense good. of who these people are. Like, even them playing video games, essentially, in old way and manner, I'm like, this feels good because, you know, Cass is coming out of her shell a bit. And we have seen, like, mixed things, how people write her, yeah. whether she can't, like, really form and sentences very well. Between or that here, she can right? really, like, she's back, she's back on track with somebody her age should be. Here it's this weird situation where she almost doesn't seem to understand anything about life still. The idea that she's losing a video game instead of being frustrated about it, she's like, you know, giving these weird moral conundrums to like Stephanie about, you know, a fight that has no consequences isn't a fight that I don't want to be, I want to be a part of stuff like that. But we're not playing up the angle that she's just a sort of loser and it's not as much fun as it could be because we're going off this weird thing where you want to have your idea the red card and the wild card and Ryan Wilder, which you had to tell me about this woman at the end, who's the wild card. who's leaving these red cards around trying to leave evidence out for people to find though. It's supposed to be Ryan Wilder from back woman season two, but I'm like, I didn't even get that idea reading this. And it's her second appearance, the first appearance of Cecil Castellucci in Batgirl number 50, an awful, awful issue that ended up being elevated by, you know, Ryan Wallet first appearance, TV to comic first appearance, and still not even elevated that much. But no. second appearances don't do that. And and I guess maybe <laughs> you're setting something up here, but really the idea of you going through an issue and then at the end, you have to have, okay, Ryan, stand there near the van, pose off, and behind you have Ryan was here. You are explaining the, the idea. You're explaining oh, your deal. You say that. I didn't get it. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's like, Ryan, who's that? Uh, yeah, but with that, they end up going in and look at this. If it would be the Etsy account, you know, you got a passport, you got some VHS tapes, you got a hand, you got a foot, a knife. I'm like, I don't want this Etsy shop. Oh my God. Uh, but how she's much for the hand? She's how much for the little foot? How much for the little girl? It's just about, I'm like, it's a lucky person's foot. No, not lucky for him or her. Uh, but you end up, they go in. Oh my God, what's she doing? Setting up weird evidence on a table. Let's fight. And then they fight, and it becomes back to this idea of, is it a fight if you're not fighting back? And all this nonsense. I mean, this thing twists and turns and goes nowhere. Like, it veers to the left and veers to the right, and then you're just back in the middle with nothing. Then they have the card. Oh, my God, there's one of the cards. Pick it up. Oh, no, it burnt like it did with me. She was setting up evidence. All right, whatever. I mean, really, Brian even was the here. idea where we got to put over, and that's what we constantly do in these books anymore. We have to like, you know, make a, a character who has no real background into the situation be elevated by making other characters that you know and love look like chumps. Because even when st- spoiler comes in the fight, Ryan Wilder, Ryan Wilder kicks her ass, and, and then Ryan, like Brian Wilder. I here's the thing, everybody. 
not that woman in this. No. Like she is just Ryan Wilder at this point. Wild so, card. Yeah, she's a wild card there. Now that's kind of a cool name there. I could go with it, but if you're going to set this up or something, set up an origin, set up something where maybe gets involved with Kate Kane. Some, but again, this is a Batgirl story with two very, very popular characters that normally do not get a lot of you know presence in the books Especially and whatnot. As the Batgirls, as now. the Batgirls, so you go and you almost say that's not good enough. I have to throw in Ryan, and like you said ends up beating up not beating up stuff just blocking everything and not fighting back so that cast can say fake battle still had consequences all right and then oracle's like i don't understand <laughs> he's like looking that's a wild card and then as she said wild card rhyme i mean you might as well put that wild card put the wild it's, and full out bold next to the ryan there and then the earth <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny it too because with the way that we have Cass acting in this which is, is not a terrible line for Cass, but it really just reminds me of arnold schwarzenegger's character from twins though and she's like patching up stuff because she had a, like a piece of glass go through her hand like this she turned your attack on you only the aggressor was harmed yeah yeah that's yeah Shit. And that's what I said. The dialogue goes the concrete from was your enemy. The yeah, really, the concrete. You end up yakety yak. You end up at the beginning where, hey, you're spoiler, just like Obi Wan's Luke's dad and Tony Stark get the, like the, at the end of Sixth Sense. Like the, then what? all of a sudden, <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's just because she's getting them wrong. You know, she's mixing up movies. That was supposed to be Sixth Sense in oh, Endgame. Uh, but with that all. Then all of a sudden she starts talking like Arnold. You know, the, the cow goes on and all of a sudden she loses a lot of brain cells, it seems. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm shocked that at the end you don't have Oracle like, listen, girls, you're wild. But that Ryan is wilder. It's <laughs> so bad. She like just stops to pose next to a van. That might be hers that has a plant in it. I, I like think that, that was the van like that she was that. leaning up against in her yeah. background number 50 first I, appearance. I, I like the, the plant in there, Eric. I, I like that. You get a little, you know, oxygen in there going on. You're not going to, you know, a run out supply. of air, right? A little, you put on air supply. Now we got, now we got a story going, Eric. <laughs> uh, but that, it was bad. It was just really, really bad. And and not even like the idea that it was funny, but it just was Well, the not worst good. part is when I was reading this, I thought like besides for the idea that it's Ryan Wilder, because I had no idea until I talked to you because I'm like, all right, I just do the character wild card. What's she up to? I want to know, but I'm, I want to see some Batgirls. But it is just the one shot that we have in this whole thing. So, okay, on to our next bit because this doesn't matter. It's just the Batgirls getting beat by Ryan Wilder. The <laughs> end. The end. One shot. Next one is the continuation of the Tim Drake deal. This is chapter two. Tim Drake and some of our parts. Some of our parts. Tim Eric. Drake and BDSM. I, I saw some of our parts. They were being sold in that, you know, that Etsy deal uh, by Ryan Wilder. Megan Fitzmartin's writing this. Bellin Ortega on art. Alejandro Sanchez on colors and pepper. So on letters. And yeah, I mean, I, I actually said to you, I don't even know if I'm going to mention it, but we will. The idea that a lot of people are saying that this story is having a, a deal where tim drake is coming out as gay or bisexual and with that i i don't necessarily see that fully and by the end of it where i go to read this and i'm reading i'm trying to see things i'm trying to and i'm like some of the things feel a little weird if that is the case but at the end i thought eh, i don't really care either way i i don't mind either way especially when i think that this is more about a struggle to realize what he's going to be and we've had this with it's a bunch of heroes crisis. and and especially with robins where they don't know what that what am i going to do if i'm not a robin what am i going to do and with that he ends up having a 
past friend. Some people saying lover, Eric, but you know, a kid he hasn't seen. And I think that what you see in this is also this progression of him almost feeling bad because he hasn't seen his friend in a while, and his friend has gotten involved in some really bad shit. And he's, he keeps saying, what are, you getting involved with? what are you getting involved with? But at the one point, I mean, I'm like, what are they doing here? I mean, it is the pain club. He's going to get beaten out of it. Like, all this stuff going on. And overall, whether or not it's saying anything about Tim Drake that you don't like, do like, whatnot, this isn't a well-written story. The progressions are all off. There's jarring transitions. At points, I didn't even know that was Tim at first in his beat down in the chair. I, I'm like, I thought it was Ryan Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think that. I didn't think that either. <laughs> but no, I just like, okay, now he's there. He's getting beat up, but they know it's him. I don't even know what they're doing. That's and, the you know, thing. This they is all know that it's work. Tim Drake here. Yeah. So the idea that we have this cult that Bernard, like, you know, Robin has discovered that his old friend Bernard, who was kidnapped by a chaos monster last issue, this idea that while him and, you know, uh, Bernard had been estranged for a couple of years here, without his him being around and being a friend, it turns out that Bernard, old Bernard decided to get into the Children of Dionysus, this pain cult and the thing is, being Robin, he's going to go look into this. And I do like the idea that we have as he's researching this whole thing. We do have this Robin, like, you know, Jim Gordon connection, like the like, you no, know, not the Jim Gordon, but this Detective Williams, a new detective in Gotham who is knows about the Bat family, knows that the stuff that he's looking into will probably be looking into it by the Bat family as well. So him and Robin are actually working together. And it seems like a really cool connection. That I, I, I don't see mind more it. Of. And I would like it. That's the problem. I don't really get a great connection in this because you don't have a lot of room. So he, he end up having Tim. He figures, and, and it's kind of a forced deal. The idea, oh, I can't break into the GCPD. There's a lockdown. A couple months, I'd be able to do this. I can't now. But luckily, this new detective on the beat, this young guy, he just writes up his notes and keeps them in his car, and he's able then to go get it. But uh, the progression was too quick of, hey, you must be a Robin. Yup. Hey, what's going on? Uh, looking into this thing. So am I. Let's team up. I wish that that had more room. To actually progress. Well, it almost seemed like he was calling out one of the Bat family, whether it was Robin, Batman, Nightwing, whoever it was, because even the idea when Robin was trying to get into the GCPD folders, it seemed what he was looking for, even if he could get in, wasn't going to be there. And then Detective Williams specifically left his notes on his, in his car for the, whoever was going to come looking for it. He would be there to find yeah, them. Yeah, I, I didn't even, I just got the idea that he's new and he, I, I don't know why they would let him not submit his reports and things and just even even the idea that he'd write them out and not put them right in the computer i thought was forced to be this deal to have this going on but like i said in my mind if this was like a normal deal and it was an ongoing i i would think that this guy is a dupe and he's going to end up doing something because he's way too quick to be like oh man that's cool yeah we're not supposed to be working with you or whatever but hey let's go we're doing the same thing i would have liked to have seen like we have i mean you end up having the trope of heroes fight before they become friends. I almost would have needed to have this detective realize or see that Tim is on the up and up and is good because he is just in town. He's probably heard a lot of wacky things about Batman and the Robins and things like that, especially because Damon was Damian was going around as the Robin recently. And I, I just I thought it was a little quick, but I do like it. You know, well, we even have that's this. the whole thing where like Detective Williams, he might be new to town, but I think he understands the way that Gotham works, whether or not it's no mass right now or not. But when he when he talks to Tim Drake, it's like he wants to get to this code of Dionysus, but he does not have enough evidence. And he knows that if he gets a bad family member involved, they have a way of, you know, getting through the red tape. I, I, I understand that. But again, he being new kind of throws me off in the idea that he comes in and you might be the opposite of not knowing 
how good a thing that Batman and Robin have been because of what you've been told because you're from out of town. But at least he seems open minded with that. And he yeah, he can't do it. It's basically like. I know that you're going to break in places and punch people, and I kind of need that because I'm at a dead end. And My really, hands at the end, are tied. At the Bureaucracy, end, Robin, am I at right? At the end of it, he's like, hey, you know, you're Red Robin, I'm Red Tape. They end up, though, by the end, it is kids being kidnapped. So that's where I do think that you can stretch it and, and realize, you know, you're going to try to cut corners and maybe and try again, to do this. And again, the thing this. is, I, I don't understand the things with the kids because it seems like – this cult, this, I'm telling you, this children of Dionysus is the cult. And the thing is, the way to get in, you got to prove that you love the pain. And that's what Tim Drake is going to go in here and do. Because even that, I think that the, this cult is actually all about them, like Tim Drake coming in. Because while we call him Tim Drake, in the continuity that we're using now, since we're going pre-Flashpoint and where we left off, uh, he is essentially Tim Wayne here. Because Bruce did adopt him and he was the heir to the Wayne family foundation, the fortune and stuff like that, if Bruce had died. So we're going with the whole idea like, all right, you know what? We got ourselves a freaking money bank right now. Like this whole, we got ourselves a purse, a pocketbook going on here. If we get this kid inside, we're, our money problems are going to be gone. Yeah, we're going to beat him with some chains to prove that he can hang with our pain gang. But, you know, eventually we want this boy in here. But even when Bernard Dowd is kidnapped in the last issue, there's a chaos monster. I can't say I understand what the chaos monster is about I, or how I, that works. No, I, the reveal here. It's a different in, chaos monster. I'm like, it, it does nothing for the me. The reveal here at the end where it's, oh my God. There's not one chaos monster. Everybody's a chaos monster. I don't get I, yeah, whatever that, you say, dude. That really didn't say anything to me and go, oh my god, because we only saw crazy eye, you know, eye boy chaos monster. So it was. But I can't say that Bernard Dowd was per se kidnapped by this thing because it seems like he's an open, willing participant of this group and I don't know what they're into. I think he's on that last page on the left, Eric. I would say that that is probably Bernard. I think that he is that chaos monster. And because he said, and I think that's the only reason why you have that ending of like, oh my God, like they're going to turn him into one as well. But it, it really is wasn't that be Tim Drake's new persona? Chaos yeah, demon? He needs to figure out what he's going to be when he's not Robin anymore. Chaos monster, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> It'd be so stupid. Uh, but at the end, it was a weird deal. Like, again, you had that Batgirl story like, hey, that's a wild card. Ryan was here. Like, it's thrown at you. At this one, I'm like, all right, I, I don't get what you're saying here. I needed a little more of an idea of why this was something crazy. Maybe if Tim had been looking into it. Again, if we had a little more extra space and the detectives going off doing his thing and Tim and they kind of come together and like, we don't understand this chaos monster is everywhere, like all over the place. And then realize, okay. These kids haven't been kidnapped. They have actually gone willingly, and they're the chaos. Well, I guess monster. the thing is, it's one of those feels like a fraternity situation for back in like the seventies or eighties kind of classic college movies, where the idea where you go and you kidnap the person who's pledged right now and That's you put them through stuff. Thinking. And that seems like the chaos monster seems to be for Bernard. And now he is past freaking <laughs> pledge week, and now he's part of the fraternity. Yeah. But the fraternity here just happens to be chaos monsters. Oh, yeah. that, that's what. Yeah, blindfold them, right? And you say, okay, you're going to jump down three flights here, and then they. Just it's just an inch, and then Homer breaks through the floor. <laughs> but that's what it reminded me of. That's exactly what I had in this mind. This might be like an old school. And I don't here's know. The deal, Eric, this is why we're having an anniversary together because in that I didn't think of anything but. 80s movies and things like that because it's so crazy because you were allowed to do those things back then right you're allowed to bully we saw and, stuff in old and school with harass, that. And those were accepted uh but yeah with that uh, it was okay 
I just didn't There's like elements the full to it that like I I really enjoy because I'm always going to enjoy seeing Tim Drake. He is my Robin, especially that we have him in his classic Robin costume. But as for the whole controversy this week, where people are talking about is he isn't he gay or whatever with those things, I don't see any of that here because everybody's just saying like he's going after the boy he loves and like even how he treats Steph, like he's treating Steph like it's an ex girlfriend. Like and that's the worst part about it because we don't have we didn't get to see what led to their breakup. We just know that like you know we have two kids here. I think he said to, ooh at one point, like yuck, when she, you know, maybe that did it. There's maybe two kids here who are talking. forced to work like together, and, Chess, and there's like right? these heavy, like romantic vibes and stuff. They've been together for years at this point, and now they're forced to work together with all these ill feelings. I don't know how they're going to react to that because I don't know what led up to the breakup. But just saying that, you know, he's going after his, like the boy that he loves, I'm like, it's an old friend, and he's worrying about his identity crisis right now. And what can he be outside of Robin? Because that's what he's always been. Right, right now, if the Chaos Monster took you, right? He took you. I'd at least send out a tweet or something, Eric. I mean, I would not leave more than How would two, you know two stones unturned because I'd be like, where, where is he? We have to record. That's the only reason I know. And then you're the, you are the chaos monster. I'm saying, even if, if you ended up Daddy, it's a pain to stop. If you ended, if you were on the cheerdrops, it'd probably be a hell of a podcast, a hell of a ride, Eric. All of a sudden, I'm there, like, what do you think of Wonder Woman? You're like ten out of ten. I'm like, oh boy, something's going wrong here. Somebody, we need, <laughs> no, I need a help right. check I figured out Eric. a way to end this. Really, actually, that's what we end up realizing now that we need to get cheer involved. I need to be happy about all these things, and maybe we can just, you know, sign our but. Yeah, at the end, the, we're all kids. I, 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 I didn't even get the idea. Like when you see this and he says, uh, uh, you know, they're different because each chaos monster is a completely different cult member. Like, where did you get the ML? We didn't even see that really. And then it just looks like a bunch of people. And actually, it looks like one chaos monster and a couple other dudes hanging. I, I just, like, yeah, just these guys. I'm like, what are you? Are you Bane Litos? Are you part of the Penguin Gang? Maybe are you spawn i i don't know what you're doing here but it, it seemed weird but we go off then to the grifter story which ends and this is a cool deal because it is the first ending of a longer story here yeah. you know the five issues so we're going to end up replacing this and then after next issue you're going to replace red hood i i really think when chip starsky red hood is done this book sales plummet I mean, really, because most of the time when you're seeing these things, you're seeing well, the you're idea a guy of who Red does Hood. A solicit podcast. So, like, what's coming up after Red Hood for our main you have, story? I, you have uh, Lansing and Kelly doing a story, but I can't really remember what it is. And you end up continuing in this deal. What I believe, I think, I remember having more of the characters from Wild uh, Wildcats. At oh, the yeah, end that's not Zealot, man. Yeah. That's for sure. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. You had Grifter. I think it might be Zealot next. And that's the thing. Is like Grifter, he was just the coolest guy in the Wildcats from the, like, I didn't even like reading the comics. Like, I, I didn't even watch the cartoon, but I watched the, the intro to the cartoon. And I'm like, Grifter is pretty cool looking. It's and that's so as funny far as I took this, the Wildcats. It's, it's of classic Wildcats. Between me and you, it's like I'm the expert, Eric. I think you I, are. I read 10 issues, yeah. I think it was, because I was, I was going to do a podcast on it. And I kept reading and reading. I like them. I, I actually really get a kick out of these characters and all the things. It's so, if you read it, it's so over the top. Well, yeah, I, I actually, and I, I ended up re watching some of the cartoon, which is, again, it's it's really bad. But I do like it. And I do Love like the story. So but when you end up having a five-issue deal with Cole, you have Grifter pretty much the, you know, this is almost, and I hate to say it, but when you have the Milestone universe, you end up really, it's static, and then everybody else, and, and anybody can argue with me who they like more or yeah, whatever, yeah. but static Static's is the well-known one. Yeah. Stat, static's the one that's most known. So when you have Grifter, 
And you already have people saying, I don't know this character. I don't care about it. And in my it. mind, Grifter is the most well-known That's what of I'm the saying. Wildstar then universe. you're in real trouble. Now, I think that what is going on here is DC's hoping that we like this Grifter enough. We get this cool, I mean, badass ending here, whether or not it's your thing or whatever. It looks badass. And you're going to want to continue on. There's problems here, though, is you're going to end up having that Red Hood story over. That's the only story that most people talk about. It's the one I go to. You end up having a book that's eight bucks. I mean, there's a lot of things that are at play here where I think that after next month, when you have Red Hood and with Chip Starsky, it's just a jumping off point for people. Now, playing it up in a way, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a weird smartness to this of the idea that if the Zealot story is really good, you are getting that. For, could it be that you're like, I need to continue that? I need but to I don't know think who these so. Lady Tron characters are. Yeah, I'm telling are. you, I don't think so. So I'm I'm worried about the the whole deal. I'm also worried about what we're going to have to review and things like that because throughout all this, the Grifter and the Red Hood have been the most consistent. Where we can end up, where if the other things aren't as great, we're like, well, we we like these. Yeah, and so we'll see. And I I do like this Grifter deal. Where you do see the grift, you see all the things going on, and it, you it, see it gets the grift convoluted, in all of its glory. But if you go through all of this and everything we talked about, because we figured out at one point, like I think it's, I didn't even know what the grift was at one point when we were reading this, because there are so many grifts that like you know that are stacked on top of each other that Cole is playing in this, where we get to the idea where initially this was all a Leviathan thing, and once you say Leviathan, I'm like, oh, is that what we're going to deal with? But it's one of the aspects to it. But we also have Halo and the whole Wildstorm stuff going on in the background where. They're the original Griff to get down here and be a part of Lucius Fox. Not even Lucius Fox, but the whole plan is to get in tight with Lucius Fox so we can get the Batman's files. And that's what all anybody cares about, and that's including Leviathan. But then when you stack on the whole idea of Penguin and working with Penguin and his crew of villains who are actually Halo duplicates that are sent in to look like they die and that Cole's the one who killed them to get Batman involved, plus the Leviathan, plus the... I don't understand exactly where we're going with everything involved in that situation. With it, it's weird because you could even think that down the line, if they really wanted to do this, this could tie into Checkmate. It could tie in where it is. And I think that why I kind of think it's cool is we're at a point because of Brian Michael Bendis. He ended up getting rid of a lot of the covert organizations and things like this. Now we see that Halo and the Wildcats and all are up there. And with that, with the Leviathan connection, trying to get the bat stuff and the bat computer, the downloaded files and things like that. But they're they're the good they're good guys, but not entirely good. They're like the anti hero. Yeah, they're the 90s deal. good guys. Yeah. And so I like that. But the problem is, like, I wish that that checkmate Leviathan just wasn't Bendis because of the nonsense he did. Because, because you want it to be good. Yeah. Because even with this with Leviathan and going, it like adds that other team that, I mean, they are the wild card. I mean, the wild well, even wild the card, idea, because we, even when we find out that Leviathan is behind what, you know, trying to like, you know, get Cole Cash involved with Lucius Fox to get in there and kill Lucius. That was his initial original plan. And Leviathan thinks that Cole Cash betrayed them. And now they want to kill him and Lucius Fox on their own because the, their original plan didn't work. But, when we have this group, these are just a group of no-names. I really like, besides for them saying they're Leviathan, they could have said anybody because you don't have that Leviathan connection at all except for them saying it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what's crazy with this is why I like, like it. like Mark Shaw's there. Well, here's the thing. Why I think I do like it, I like this where it almost feels we're going to be talking about Flash later in this section. It almost feels like something that could have come later that you end up throwing in the Wildcats and Halo as a way to actually legitimize Leviathan because it was nonsense through Bendis. But the problem is it's going on right now with Checkmate. 
which ends up making it nonsense as well. I think that this could have been a cool thing if we never heard about Leviathan again. But then all of a sudden we see the Halo, like they come in there into. Now, if you told me Leviathan. it was Talia Al Ghul's Leviathan, I can get behind well, that. I'm just saying, I, I actually like the idea that Leviathan's going after these files and Halo and Grifter and the whole Wildcats team come to grab them, to have them on their own to go again. Like that makes me a little more excited about a Leviathan story, but it's not really what's they're, happening. They're a background character here that yeah, ultimately really don't mean anything. Like That's I said what before, I'm saying. they we could have to be go. anybody and here. And we have to go off now to checkmate with Leviathan, and I don't want that. But so. when we have a cold cash book, when you get to see the final issue and the ultimate grift of all, where he has implanted himself in with Lucius Fox to become you know, this guy who can get in and get the information he needs. But now that he's on the outs with Lucius, this whole thing has to play this ultimate con job on everybody he comes across here to the point where he has to go back to Leviathan and tell them, look, I didn't betray you. I was trying to get more than what you're looking for than you originally did. So I was I was making you think I was conning you when I actually wasn't. So he's going back to con them a second time to get brought back in because he needs access to the Wayne Enterprise building and he doesn't have it anymore. He's going to use them to get in. And then when you know he's thrown out, when he has to play good guy again, there's Batman and Nightwing. He has to con them to get back in, make Lucius think that he was conning everybody else to save him when in fact – he was counting Lucius this whole time, gets what he needs, and gets out. And the Wildcats show up for their big, you know, the, the triumphant freaking return of the Wildcats. They have this great hero moment kind of thing to t- save everybody in the end. They beam out, and our heroes, like like Batman and Nightwing and Lucius Fox, are left dumbfounded about That's what the fuck they just holding, witnessed. Holding their jocks is what the, and the, the way it plays out, it actually plays out pretty easy to understand at points and things like that. Even the point where they're in the elevator. Cole, oh my God, that was the, the big part. turning point right there the when you have part. Lady Tron say elevator stop. Like, yep. oh man, they must have stopped the elevator, and, and Lucius. As he's saying like, oh my God, they cut the power to the elevator. We're going to have to go out. What's close to here? Which he knows because he even <laughs> broke in. So he's like, all right, we go in there. Then the next like, this thing. is a great con the job right here. It's working deal. so well through the narration like, and stuff. He, when he jumps in and puts his thumb drive, that, that's what, like right in your face. It's but over, the, also, yeah. the other thing is through all of this, he has to end up getting that whole lockdown security turned off because he needs to get the Wildcats teleported in and does that like, well, we have to do this and we do this. And it's so good about how they're going to break in and then we're stuck here. We need to get out at points. So shut down the security. I'll handle this. Minute it's done, Wildcats come in and start wrecking house and do save them. I do uh, like the idea the that, that Lady Tron, when she beams good. in, she's got a Black Adam t-shirt. I think that's pretty cool. But but for the most part, though, besides for like Zealot and Lady Tron, look at these guys like the Invisible Astronaut. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. don't recognize a lot yeah. of you guys. But I didn't do my cool, Wildcats right? homework. Yeah, It, it looks, looks cool. cool. Uh, you got Zealot right in the front in that yeah. second uh, page turn deal. And people are just I think getting that's, uh, blasted. I think that one is, um, the hell's her name now, Fairchild from like yeah, when yeah, she was yeah, recreated yeah. from the yep, New 52 and stuff recreated. like that. But this yeah, is so original version. You have these version. things, and it's cool. There's Lady Trun, like we said, has been doing all that. That's who, if you look, the person with the black Adam shirt with the mohawk, that is who has been talking yes. to Cole all along. And I had said it. I just want to throw it out there, Eric, only because it was somebody who was able to do cybernetics eric but was also overly sexual <laughs> continues in this where i'll pay you this amount if you end up having sex with batman and you keep the masks on i'll pay you more uh, okay fine that's for nightwing yeah 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 and because of the nice ass uh but yeah it's really good the whole deal how it's spelled out now if you haven't been interested in this or haven't you can't just read this issue 
and, and get what it is about it. Uh, but if you have been, I think that it's good payoff by the end. I, I it's thought okay it was really because good. a few of those, like I said, a few of these issues in this story, I don't understand oh, how they tie into stuff like how that. It but, goes, for, but yeah, for the wrap up, I, I think it's a pretty good wrap up to everything. Even though the story overall felt a little bit convoluted here and there, but I like the way that it played out here most of all. Yeah, and, and the way that we have read uh, Grifter and how you have Cole. Cole is you know, he's a grifter, but it's one of those things where he always makes himself look like the worst of the worst, and that's part of it. And then at the end, it kind of pulls it back, like the you know Dalatrons or whatever was going on. Eric, the I robots. do like the idea when Nightwing is there after you know Grifter like uses one of the Leviathan guys, jumps out the window, and uses him as a way to survive the fall. And Nightwing's just there talking about like you know like Hey, what are you doing? Please don't tell me I'm going to get my ass kicked by an emo gymnast. <laughs> Or even the idea, like, why do you wear that thing on your face? Like, man, I don't know. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> That's what I'd like. I, I really like the way that Rosenberg writes Grifter because it, it, it is so like good. a Ryan Reynolds type Deadpool type deal, but not as extreme because you don't have a lot of the. It's just it's a tired, well. sarcastic guy yeah, who gets the I job that. done. That's just the deal. I don't know. I mean, really. And then he <laughs> says, you know, this is coming to hanging out with a, a guy dressed as a bat and you're uh, dressing up like an ice dancer. So screw it. And then you end up, he's like, why do you do that? And I ask that myself a lot. It's like a nice little joke there. It's not overly jokey because it's more of a sarcastic feel, which I do like. But I also like when I, there's a lot in this that I do like. I will tell you when Batman shows up and he's like, hey, did you talk to Superman about that trap I set up? Oh, my God. He's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> he's like, oh, what did you think about that? He's like, all right, I'll take the silence. As you were, you're not that into it, but it's cool. And that's the thing, the way that you write how this is written with Grifter is so good because Grifter, while he's doing all this, he's trying to figure out a plan and things like that's how he does it. And he goes and it's just good. It is really good. Well, it's like one of those things we talked about, like when you, your kids, you'd catch them doing something like, why are you doing that? And they're trying to think of a way. They're trying to think of an excuse, but to wait for it to do it, like, why am I doing that? Like, don't stall. Don't try to come up with an answer. Alex, Tell me why you're doing this. Alex was the worst in our house because you would say, hey, Alex, why, you know, did you spill that drink? Spill that drink? And while, while he would say it, he would blink his eyes. His eyes would just flutter from blinking because for some reason, that's what he does when he's trying to because he's something a robot. like that. And he's like, uh, what, what? That, that drink? He wasn't very good at it. And we always knew what was going on. But yeah, I really liked that. At the so end, I. the art was really good. You'd end up having Wildcats and then it just says, you know, like again, let's I see don't what's care about on. the Wildcats. It was a great yeah. ending for these Wildcats characters, though. I just, I'm so worried about what we're going to get next because of the, you know, the one shot stories that we had here with, you know, Batgirls this week. None of them, for the most part, have been good, but we're going to do a new continuation. Like, if we get a book that, a story that's going to be an ongoing for this, for an arc that's not very good, I'm like, this urban legend's going to suffer. Well, that's the problem. I think that most people, when that Red Hood, most people aren't even going to stick around. I, I really am worried about that. I'm going to look it up while you say, what is your score, though, for this? I'm going to end up giving this a 7.5 out of 10 because while I did hate the Batgirl story overall because it just didn't do anything for anybody, um, the Red Hood story is still really solid. The Tim Drake stuff, well, this whole thing, like um, the way he's acting, even the BDS club and the ch children of Dionysus and the chaos teams, it's a little weird. But I do like the stuff that we're doing with Tim Drake. I would like to have seen more personal dramatic stuff between him and spoiler instead of just knowing the aftermath and seeing that he's acting weird now because of this but for what it is i like what we're getting i like seeing detective tim drake and i like the idea that we're going back to pre-flashpoint continuity bringing in uh, bernard dowd and this whole you know, even you know the idea of tim uh tim wayne when bruce adopted him 
this whole idea of this past that Robin has that we haven't got to cover for over 10 years now. I like all that. And I seen it. And again, the grifter stuff, it might be my favorite issue of it so far. Now, what I what I do like, and I have the solicit for number six. And what I do like, it, it looks like Matthew Rosenberg is continuing the Wildcat stuff himself. So at least that's kind of cool. Yeah, but here is the full deal. Red Hood, the epic cheer story line reaches its conclusion. That's the first story by Chip Starsky. Obviously, Tim Drake. Tim Drake, it says Tim Drake, Tim Drake is in the Tim Chaos Monster, so that continues. You have a Black Canary story that, oh, that might be, cool. be, it looks like Joshua Williamson, probably, and Zealot story by uh, Matthew Rosenberg. So that that's okay, right? I mean, uh, I could be down with I'd go that, for a Black Canary story. Yeah, yeah, and, and hopefully, and that would be probably the one shot. And then I yeah. think, though, the next deal is when you get the Lansing and Kelly I'm going to go and look that up if I can find it real quick as I actually talk that I, I'm giving this a 7.5. I liked it enough. I thought the stories were pretty good. The art was pretty good. The the Batgirl story just stunk. It's awful. Uh, and the Tim Drake one, it just, I don't She's know. She's a wild card, Jim. Yeah, it's it's just not hitting, card. but I did like the Grifter one the most, actually, if that was just me. But uh, I also like the, the progression and what we're getting more and more of the Red Hood. I just want to have Jason kind of accepted in this even even if it's one of those i don't need to be like you're allowed to be in gotham here and kill anybody you want because you're pretty damn cool i just actually want to have you know a little bit of a an understanding between J- mostly jason realizing that he is loved and not just getting you know duped by batman like he always is eric i mean really he always He's the poor is. guy okay here we go for number seven though you do have I, I can't really make much of this, but I see That's that weird. there. Well, are there words? Is, there's are they a hard? T- well, it's it's nothing. The other one was spelled out individual stories like this. This is just a bunch of things like bats in the future and and Neil Gotham because you have a okay a Batman Terry McGinnis. Yeah, yep, you have Terry McGinnis. Cool. Uh, then in future state, Cassandra Kane just wants a moment to enjoy a hot meal. But the magistrate's pursuit of her is relentless. I don't need a future state book in this. Uh, in a blasted future, the Dark Knight stands alone against a murderous gang threatening to rule the city, and their mysterious leader will be a shocker. In the 853rd century, oh, it's Batman, Batman 1 million. One million is a warden that must contain the galaxy. I don't need criminals. that either. But today, there's a breakout on Pluto. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. Sorry, sorry, DC 1 million. I don't need that shit no more. Uranus. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm telling you, like right there. A future state deal. They're they're really future tying state, on the deal DC that you want. DC one million, a, Batman Beyond, and what's the other one? The, the uh, that's it. It says I don't see any unless the Dark Knight stands alone against Murder's Gang, but that seems to be the other one. I, I there's just see four of the finest bats in the future. It's just all future stuff, right? So I think that you are when you said that it is a Dark Knight story and then a Batman one million. So okay, so yeah, like yeah. the Dark Knight Returns, Batman uh, yeah. Beyond, uh, ba- Batman one million, and Future State. Yeah, it's so weird. Because it, it kind of blends. This is what I'm saying. Whoever wrote this up is nonsense. But it says, "In a blasted future, the Dark Knight stands alone against the murderous gang, threatening his ruined city, and the mysterious leader will be a shocker." The mutants. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But that doesn't seem that. No. Really. I'm like this is my jumping off point mm. of Batman of the Legends. <laughs> you are done. You're done and done. Uh, yeah. But with that, we're going to go off. To the next book, Eric, we keep all the Batman stuff going with Detective Comics number 1039. You have written by Mariko Tamaki, Victor Bogdanovich, Daniel Enriquez, Norm Rapman, Jordi Belera, and Adida Bidikar on art there. Then we have a backup by T-Rex, Eric. 
I end up like, is this where we've gotten to where they're like, we're only going to allow people to write Batman if they have some sort of name that goes with some sort of bat. Well, there's no. a T-Rex in the back. No, it's, it's only people. I'm the coin. Who have is what I'm going. background and or bands that nobody remembers. That's nobody remembers. Eric. Who do you think remembers you? T-Rex? Mark Boland. Go ask your kids. Up, he ended up dying. Go ask your young. kids if they know T-Rex. Uh, can I just say, do you know T-Rex? Because they'll they'll say yeah, they'll mean the dinosaur, but I'll go with it, right? <laughs> Uh, T-Rex, Eric, and Simon Goh and Rob Lee. T-Rex, Eric, that, that reminds me of something like we could have some sort of song, right? The thing like is, that, that is a great thing because I, I never even thought about it because I do know a family named Rex in this area. So their last name is Rex. I'm like, if they, I don't even know if they had anybody with the first name T, but that would be a great pseudonym right there if that was the case. I never even thought about it when I was hanging out with that one girl. Maybe the bang-a-gong to a Hugh Vile. Maybe we could do it. We get a ton of Hugh Vile. In this issue, and with that, Mariko Tamaki changes the book's focus again and fudges some of the details. It's an okay issue, but the series seems to be resetting all the time, and I'm starting to lose interest. That is my little blurb there, because I really don't know what else to say about this. I mean, you end up getting the idea, you know, Mr. Worth, Mr. Worth, oh, who you vile. And then everything just shifts over to him as the worst thing ever. Then you're trying to almost make him sympathetic because you see as a kid, he liked to go to the swimming holes and he got the parasites, right? This is what I got from eating that hamburger, I'm sure. I'm going to be the next villain. I can kind of see that. I can see you actually, you know, getting sustenance off people's hatred. Really? I mean, that is pretty good, Eric, right? We could do that. Uh, You are Hugh Vile. I might be. I mean, maybe, maybe um, Hugh. what is it? Freuden shot is is that Schreiten Freuden? <laughs> that's my that's my villain name. Uh, you end up though where I don't know that cover with the you know the the crazy thing coming out of his mouth is so ridiculous. But you end up going in the arts, okay? Yeah. In this at points, but again, you're heading to Fear State. You end up having Hugh Vile. He, uh, I'm not. I'm saying before that, Mr. Worth yelling about his daughter. Oh my daughter! I'm going to blow up police stations. I'm going to do this. Oh my I'll god! Blow up everybody. They go through all of this stuff, and then at one point, oh my god, Neil ended up killing, you know, the daughter. Yeah. And you end up where, oh my god, he's got eye worms. Then yep. that ties into kind of because we never saw a connection between eye worms and really Hugh Vile. All we're going with is a parasite comes out of his mouth. Okay, that's kind of disgusting, like eye worms. At one point, he's just going around grabbing, you know, homeless guys or people. And so with that, he's just there working for Nakano. Nakano barely shows up. He's running. So, I mean, he's just his head spinning in all Take of this. bad data stuff sniffing glue. And, yeah. And so with that, what are we really concentrating on? Well, in it's the weirdest book? part because Hugh Vile is our big bet of this whole thing. I'm guessing he works with Simon Sane, but I don't well, understand he ended why. Up, no, he ended up getting into with Simon Sane or whatever in that limo. They were talking about was setting up Worth? a deal. Uh, no, I yeah, my friend. Yeah, you're right. But it seemed that, like, so now I'm even worse because I thought because that was that. It, it's all bull crap. I mean, none of this really ties in. Well, it's a weird other. part because it really does feel like he this did is have something that huge like, gun. Remember? Yeah, he had the gigantic yeah. gun. But no, the whole thing it seems like that Hugh Vile was like you know planted into Nakano's office that he was kind of working with Simon Saint in the background to try to get you know crazy shit going on in Gotham so everybody could push the magistrate. Like, Look, Nakano shit's not working. How about Simon Saint and his great magistrate? Come on in, everybody. But with that, it really like you know that connection seems to have gone to the wayside in my mind, at least, because it seems that Hugh Vile 
is just some like alien possessed monster who is causing chaos because he's hungry because he needs to infect people to become rageful monsters. And when they go and hurt people and kill people, the, that emotion and that act actually sustains the monster inside him and himself. So that's where he gets his sustenance. And then they have the eye worms. But the thing is, on top of this, I don't understand the connection now because the last time we had, you know, Mr. Worth and Batman fighting in the sewer. And it looked like we had Lady Clayface come out looking like Sarah Worth, Mr. Worth's daughter. And there was this really weird connection. And then it just went away. And I have no idea how Mr. Worth feels about it. And because I don't know, it's bothering the shit out of me. Yeah, and so he ended up going freely, you know, went to jail. Then the next day, got bailed out, started having a press conference that he's going to kill Batman and Bruce. (laughs) They end up kidnapping Deb Donovan. Now she's infected. You have the idea that Neil, at one point, he was the bad guy because that's what we only got that Lady Clayface was running through the deal, ends up saying Neil and is only able to turn into looking like Sarah Worth. That didn't make any sense. Then we end up with Mr. Worth freaking out. He's blowing up the whole city. All right, that barely Have makes you said this? The Lady Clayface stuff, in my mind, makes the most sense out of everything we've seen so far. Yeah, when they said, how did she just turn into Sarah Worth? We don't know. We don't and know. Because, but why couldn't she have, why wouldn't she have turned into Neil? Why wouldn't she turn into herself? She can only turn into Sarah Worth, only to push the proud. There's no detective work going on. And in fact, when this is pulled out, and this is what I think Mariko Tamaki just keeps, she adds things on to other things that weren't explained. You end up getting Hugh Vile, this big bed. Oh, my God. And, and, and it's more of a disgusting type deal of anything you know. This guy's been able to rise through the ranks without any sort of idea because it's on the books. Crazy stuff has gone on. Plus that, oh, my God, what are these eye worms? You have Oracle on the case. She's pretty good, right? She's got the, the computers and the things. This seems to be a documented thing for years, these eye worms. People have been dying. People have been getting them. It's in the, the swimming, but nobody ever heard of them. Batman has never. Oracle can't find anything to get to the point where, oh, well, I'm still looking into eye worms. That's disgusting. But when we see this origin, he ended up getting basically a parasite. Swimming in the swimming got some parasites hole. in his throat. He got a parasite. They did a bunch of work. In the meantime, he realized that I, I could make it stronger and go after the kids and things like that. And people are just dying everywhere he is. Just sitting there in school watching bullies beat up him like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Makes my tummy feel full. And so he's killing everybody around him. is getting Now, where is it that somebody in a detective, whatever, because, again, he is in the hospital at one point as a kid, and they're going to try to take out the chest burster that he has in. They realize, oh, no, we can't do that. We got to sew it back up, but then let him go. But then in the meantime, everyone around him, including his mom, going around where when are they doing autopsies or anything on these people that die or where they realize this is the same fucking thing that's in this kid. Well, again, I don't understand how it's any different because I don't know if it's the same thing that's in Hugh Vile or not, because it seems like this weird continuation where when he infects it, because the thing is. In this issue, Hugh Vile goes and infects Huntress when she goes to take him in. I don't know why she gets as close as she, she does. Like, she does a total rookie mistake here. And then he goes all species. The thing comes out of his mouth and it looks like he has passed it on mouth to mouth, like Jason goes to hell style. And now it's in Huntress, but that's not the case because later on it's just she's infected. I don't understand how this works because I can understand Hugh Vile infecting you, but it seemed like this gigantic throat monster thing that comes out of his mouth was also in Huntress's mouth. But any other time we've seen this, it's just eye worms. And I'm like, 
when he's going around from Keystone City to Bloodhaven to back to Gotham, whatever he is throughout his life when he's trying to like, you know, keep a low profile for the most part as he's making his way to Gotham because Gotham is a smorgasbord of hate and violence. He needs to get his ass there. But this whole thing is like, why is nobody talking about this rare case of eye worms with all these rage victims? This is the first we're hearing about it. And Batman being the world's greatest detective, I think this is something that he would have picked up on or by now. Or Oracle, who's going through the things now. She's researching it. And she doesn't have anything. I'm still looking into it. Can't find anything. This is, and it's a path that be following this guy. And yeah, you see all these news. I mean, when you see news articles about things, and the problem I have is, do you see any eye worms in this no. issue? No. They like this is what I'm talking about. Even that. when Huntress gets infected, yeah. it looks well, like she mother, has a giant squid monster coming yeah. out of her mouth. And, and I'm the like, mother doesn't seem to have them. Her eyes are bleeding, but it's almost like Mariko Tamaki realizes if these eye worms are there then there will be a path so let's not have them even though that's what you are setting up there's no explanation or anything like everybody who ends up dying that is infected like the mother he ends up as foster mother he well, ends even up, the know, thing infecting. is with his mother she's infected she kills hugh's brother so now she has been taken away and he was on his own because he just you know hated everybody and wanted to get some sustenance off his mother like that but what happened to her is she still all I like? Is she still being controlled by Hugh Violet in an insane asylum somewhere? Mm, I'm I'm reading this article and it doesn't. What well, when are they looking and like why do you have these eye worms? Plus, what would happen? It seems I I don't know. I think that you just end up dying. I, oh, I that's don't the thing know. is too. We did see with Neil yeah. that eventually. That's something I did forget. You're right. Yeah, because they like, kind of eat you away. Yeah, exactly. Like burned your brain out and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, I can so understand that's why. that. But again, is that? a good way to tell a story or is that just a way that you don't end up being able to go talk to people and connecting yeah they would do an autopsy they would see what happened and it would lead directly to the son who has i mean seriously you look in his medical files and it's going to say he's got a a chest burster burster. What, what do they do i'm telling you no when they get it out it looks like it's coming out of his chest at that point like that's where it's sitting and then it comes out of the chest as they're doing that oh, sew him up sew him up we don't need that we can't get rid of it as if if he takes it out he's gonna die it's just nothing makes sense now and again you have mr worth he's still kind of running around and he's then fine. says well he ends up batman you're gonna go down now really seriously did you laugh at the end because the big to do here is oh my god they're gonna arrest bruce wayne we just had that three issues ago, and, that's the and thing then they is, and we didn't do anything things. with it. I want to get back to that. While it's not a great progression to have Bruce Wayne get arrested and then like going out and then coming back, but I do want Bruce Wayne. He's turning himself in, but at the end of this thing, because that's where we were in the story, and it makes sense for him, like the police and everybody, not to be looking for him. He's just going to like you know finish this off by well, turning again, himself in. He's. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I don't know, but this is what I would say. Okay. He's going to go. He's going to be, yeah, you're not guilty. I mean, there's several, she, she was in the, the slab on the morgue deal. Agreed. Mr. Worth is just crazy. Also, this but ends the thing is, this wasn't ends he, this arc, he getting, way, I'm saying that wasn't he issue. getting like, you know, questioned about the death of the other woman who saw him with Sarah? That's That got po- fully pushed away. That We haven't even had her name mentioned again. And I think that they're going to fully, they're not even going to mention that in my mind. They're going to just go with Sarah. And he's going to have Lady Clayface say, no, no, no. I'm saying I don't understand freaking Sarah Mr. Worth's connection with this anymore because he is pushing this so hard. And I don't know why he would believe that Bruce Wayne killed his daughter. The only thing that I know coming up is that Mr. Worth ends up gathering. He has Penguin already. And that's something that you end up having in this as well. But. With this idea where Mr. Worth ends Shit, up... we got clowns on the street during all this well, hubbub going on. 
ridiculous. And but Mr. Where's Clown Hunter? Mr. Worth is going to end up making a villain team called the Jury. Obviously, it's going to because he's going to say justice wasn't served. So I think Bruce goes in. He ends up getting exonerated, let go, and then you know, Mr. Worth. I don't believe it. Um, but it's already silly. I don't. Know I mean, why. it's it's to the point that's so silly because not, and it's not the play of well, you know, Bruce Wayne didn't do it. But it's all the evidence is there. You ended up having, I saw my daughter, they saw, she, she was dead for a week at that point, and, and her body was, all, just doesn't make sense, and, and nothing ends up ever, and like, like I said, this is the finale of this arc. Like, you'd be buying a trade, and this is the finale, and I think your head would be spinning like Nakano because of the things, and then, oh, my God, even that Huntress is infected, and Deb Donovan, and they're angry, but they don't seem to have eye worms, but they're able then to get all green and glowy. That's what we got here. And and because of the idea that you can't have them die, you already had Oracle. I was talking to somebody at the hospital and they they say they're going to use the antibiotics and and up the deal. So when Huntress and Oh, we put them in a chemical coma and they're responding. Well, like it's, it's not even any sort of tension. They're fine. We're just going to move on and whatnot. And Hugh Vile's out there doing stuff where we never saw that he could see or actually even got power and sustenance through other people getting that. We saw him actually in the alley doing it himself. Why would he be? He should be the king of the vampires. He should be sitting there eating grapes or something while everybody else goes and gets his, you know, so it just nothing really plays out. Even with that, when he's out at that one point going in the alley where I guess was it a guy who was like harassing a woman or was it a homeless guy? I couldn't remember, but he ends up like walking up to him. It was like one of the big yeah. reveals where you see the shadow that that actually got him a little bit in trouble at work and almost pointed to him not being on the up and up a little. He was so going why, out for a bite to eat. Why would he do that, though? All he has to do is infect somebody else like around like he did Neil. We don't even know how he did that. He just say, hey, Neil, I need you over here. Ah! And there's Neil. Oh, and then even then, when you are infected, why aren't you saying, holy crap, this thing came out of this guy's mouth? Like, they are angry, but they seem to be functioning a little. I don't know. I, I just, I don't get it. You, you just, <laughs> you just had Huntress, Batman, and Deb Donovan barely escape from an explosion. You come out and all of a sudden, oh no, Deb Donovan's infected from that. I'm stabs like, Batman really? immediately. Stabs him immediately. Oh God! And then you know, Huntress so that's not a bad play around. either. I kind of like that because you have to save somebody who wants to kill you the whole way through. Well, that's fine, but I don't know. I, I don't know anything about this infection where you have to have it that. Hugh infected Deb, but Deb wasn't actually showing it until they come out of the explosion. Like, that play, I don't know what's going on. In the middle of town, Mr. Worth just shooting off that huge gun, just blowing up things. Now, with that and the overall deal, I mean, Gotham is a, I mean, things are going bad straight, and we got problems. The idea of What's going on in Batman, the regular solo Batman book, where they're like, oh, my God, we need the magistrate. No, no, no. That shit is going real wrong here. I mean, people are just running. Just imagine this going it's on the at the same time, here. though, with all of them, because we got the Unsanity Collective supposedly blowing up City Hall. We have all these problems with bombs. we got the the streets blowing up. Mr. Worth with a rocket launcher running I around. Mean, we got clowns back <laughs> on the street. we got penguins on the I'm street. I'm telling you, here's the deal. we got Hugh Vials running around with freaking zombie apocalypses. Worm in the eyes. You end, up the with, rage. you end up with the Batman book, right? Here's the Batman book. Oh, my God. It's Simon Saint, you know, finagling things and making sure that the things go wrong so that Nakano is duped and does that. 
Detective Comics, it's the fucking purge. I mean, shit <laughs> is gone wrong. Well, I mean, you, this is what why, is going on This here? is why Silvano Romero what? is a hero in this book. We need cheer drops, <laughs> really? man. We need to figure out how to survive in Gotham. I need I, to be happy. Give the, me, Daddy needs the pain to go away. The stupidest person in the Bat books right now is Simon Saint forever even lifting a thumb. Shit has gone so wrong in this book that you don't, don't need to make do this anything no yourself. Man's again. Wall Holy up. shit. I mean, when you see this, like, like I said, on top, you just have to throw out those Joker clowns. Go, oh man, get the Joker shit back on. I just like that business. shit where, like, you know, this town, the city at this this one night, shit's exploded, people are out rioting again. Like, well, put your face paint back on, boy, shit's back I, I, on. I could just imagine these assholes. They're all hanging out, like. Oh, man, you hear those explosions. Get the face paint on. It's the 4th of July, for Christ's sake. They're out killing people. They didn't realize it was Independence Day. I heard explosions. Welcome to Earth. Holy moly, Eric. Just the stuff. And just Batman just running around. And everywhere they're going to. What else we got going on in Batman books right now? Just for me to just add more things. I mean, you even have, like, the crisis red sky going on. Like, everything's happening at once. Holy crap. And then Huntress, she's infected. And then, like we said, you, you get this backup T-Rex. T-Rex, the backup of Hugh Vile. It's the boy weird, too, wonder. because you already pretty much had all that. Like you, This you're getting, really feels like it should have been a backup last issue. Yeah, 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 it should have been. You, you get a little bit of, like, let's fill in the cracks or whatever, but... Shit's already hit the fan. Like, it's way past the idea of... Young hey, Hugh was Vile boy. was a boy who swam in stagnant water, got a throat infection, and now he's a species. Yeah. And so with that, though, it actually steps it back a bit, MC Scat Cat, because there is a trail, and there is documentation of these eye worms and things like that, and... Now you make Batman an Oracle look stupid just to do that. And you didn't really. Need I don't this. even think Batman. Really really, we're making this. the CDC look stupid. Why is nobody on the trail of the eye worms? I'm Holy concerned crap. about that as an American citizen. Well, look, look at this thing coming out of his mouth at the end. Oh, well, now he's a it. predator. No, no. That's the thing is he's one of the Reapers from Blade 2. Yeah. I, I just think his mouth now looks like the predator, the way it opens up, Eric. But yeah. Did you watch Blade 2? Uh yeah yeah remember how the I, Reapers mouth opened yeah, up yeah I love yeah. Blade Two Blade Two is where it's at right and not that Blade One or half Blade right? One's alright you, like you like <laughs> the, Blade, the end you like the Blade Trill Trinity no, or whatever. no no I do not it's kind of fun it, the way the Blade you got Trinity. Triple H in there as a vampire running around you got Ooh, freaking Reaper right? Chihuahuas you have um when or you Pomeranians. have Pomeranians I don't Blade, know what the hell they are Blade Trinity actually reminds me of kind of the bad fun that you have in X Men Origins I, I thought that oh, not X Men no was it X-Men or the Wolverine movie? Where yeah, you it's had, Wolverine yeah, Origins. Wolverine, X-Men, whatever it was. But yeah, that, those Origins, two. Wolverine. Okay. Those two are, I was thinking of First Class. I'm like, it wasn't. Uh, but no. And everything yeah. about X-Men Origins, Wolverine, I think it's great until you get to the Deadpool. Yeah, it's just kind of fun, though, all around. It's kind of goofy. But uh, yeah, well, speaking of goofy, it's Perch, Eric. What are you giving this? 5.5 out of 10. I enjoy the art all the way through, but Hugh Vile is not the villain I wanted him to be, and everything we have here just feels like it's thrown out there and has no real connection the way that you thought it would. And Mr. Worth, not a villain at all in my mind. He's just a guy who says, you killed my daughter. No, I didn't. I approve. You killed my daughter. Man, <laughs> like, man, that's what it is. I just Get don't understand done. him as, as a guy anymore. It's I mean, just, he's, he ends up like, okay, I'm Mr. Worth. I got a lot of money. I'm going to buy a real big gun and yell a lot. That, I can tell you, the most interesting thing was when he saw his daughter 
in the sewer. Lady Clayface melted. This would mess somebody up really bad. We got no connection to it at all from Mr. Worth. He would just moved on and kept going with what he was doing. I'm like, you skipped over what could have been the best part. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, five out of five point one. I like the art enough, so I'm yeah. not going to give it an FU5. I really that. don't like the art in the backup, uh, though. No, no. It's like, it looks like it's crummy. It's weird. I like that. Like, you know, it's not like a crumb bug. I know There's what like, you're saying. Like, just like the, the way that the you texture just called, is. You just actually called T-Rex crumb bum. No, is T-Rex I, the artist? I, yeah, he's the writer yeah. and artist. He's oh, a shit, writer-stist. Uh, them, I don't with know. With that, too, though, when you're going through, like, some of these things, like, oh, you know, the, the eye worms went to the guy who he looks like he's like in the mob, but he also looks like Dracula or a zombie. Like all the people just look off, right? Yeah, the mob boss, Dracula zombie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's really. And then at one point you end up having that gang. You can't tell me that the guy getting stabbed, it looks like with that's a knife, Eric. That's Bruce Willis, though, with a mohawk. I, I really do believe uh, if you look, it does look like Bruce Willis, Eric. But I don't know if that was on purpose because I don't like the art in that. But. With that, we're going to go to the next deal, right? And the next deal is? I'll the give Flash. you the deal. It's good, right? It is good. It's very yeah. good. The Flash yeah. 2021 Annual Number 1, written by Jeremy Adams with art by Fernando Passerin, Brandon, Brandon Peterson, Hi-Fi, Michael Atea, and Steve Wands. It's all come down to this. The cosmic road we've been walking through space and time has not only led us to one of the darkest moments in DC history as of late, but also the darkest moment of Wally West's life, the sanctuary from Heroes in Crisis. In this, we see that Wally wasn't responsible for the deaths of his friends and colleagues, but it was the tachyon burst that our other heroes sent through the Speed Force in order to expel the corruption inside. And while I love the emotions and the feels of this book, the corruption inside being Savitar did nothing for me and actually felt out of place here. Yeah, yeah, you you kind of didn't need that. I, I just, it seemed like to add it, like, Well, the thing you is, know, it could have worked fine. Like, if you want to bring Savitar back, who we have not seen since the Flash Rebirth, like, you know, the, the bring Barry Allen back Flash Rebirth, that's fine because that could be something that's cool. But when he's brought back here with no real like idea of what's been going on, even the idea that he feels like he's been in this this limbo prison that he doesn't – it's not even a limbo prison. It looks like it's an actual prison at times that he doesn't understand, got out, reformed his connection, did all this stuff, but is not acting like a man who was killed by the Flash previously who had Black Flash powers or even Wally West for originally sending him into the Speed Force as a prison. Like He doesn't feel like he really connects with these characters who are his arch nemesis. Yeah, I, I took it that he is coming into this continuity and like almost how Wally West missed out on the new 52 and with this Infinite Frontier. It, it kind of all swirls around. But I was kind of going with that. Like, he is taken away somehow. I don't know that that will ever be explained in exactly what happened. But then when he comes in, he has missed out on a lot of things of these characters. And they're not exactly the same characters. And he's kind of thrown off. But but he doesn't even you know, feel like he's referencing the last things he would know about. I know. I, I just figured that it was like one of these, or it's an infinite frontier. I, I don't know. I just, at the end of that, like you said, it'd be cool with Savitar and things like that. But... It just seemed like you need, like they thought they needed to add that extra thing to make it make more sense, but they were trying to make sense of something. The heroes in crisis and the death, and Wally just pretty much saying he had a an anxiety attack, and then all of a sudden a burst of energy went and killed him. You don't really have to go that far to you know explain it a little more because you already did with that burst going through and what would be the whole deal, and you could even have that 
this was the Speed Force saying this should have never happened and we're going with all that. But even so, well, even what your idea, doing here, if you want to bring the black flashback, you could have had the idea the death of all speedsters being reborn within the Speed Force. It's causing this problem ever since he died because of the Forever Force, whatever the fuck that was. That could have been something that was better where we have this energy that is expelled out and you can just remake the black flash and the idea of this character. But Savitar here didn't feel right. Yeah, no, he didn't. But everything else did. <laughs> oh, my God. You, did it ever? Even I, I when you start the issue, even when you start this annual, and I'm telling you, this is the perfect idea of an annual that uses this extra page space, even though the normal Flash book is an extended page anyway count book. But when you have this annual come in here to finish out a story with more page space, I love it when they do this. And when you start this issue out and it says tomorrow, as in all the adventures already taken place and Wally West has already learned everything he needs to learn, and you have it set up, with one, as one of those Heroes in Crisis confessionals, and it's just Wally actually being the Wally West that you want him to be, and the idea that he has found redemption and moved on. I'm like, like right away, I'm like, this is great. Why, why wasn't the actual Heroes in Crisis like this? Now, and, and with that, this is the thing. Some people are complaining. Some people like Heroes in Crisis. I, I don't know. Yeah. But even with that, they're acting as if, you know, you can't change something that ruined a character all like yes you can they do it all the time now the thing that i get in this and it made me laugh when you open it up you have the nine panels right you really and and in this i don't think that they're necessarily you know throwing shade at tom king what they're doing jeremy adams is trying to fix some things too trying to make this work so that we can go on with the wally west that we don't have to keep saying oh he's a murderer he's a murderer and so when you do this this is what i think is the key the key difference to what we want from Wally and what we get in this issue than what we got in the Heroes in Crisis. And this, I, I don't think I ever said this. I'm sure maybe people have. But why is it that everybody wants the, I mean, everybody wants Wally and his family. They yeah. want Wally kids, Wally, Linda, all these things going on, right? But why is it that Tom King makes a story that somehow can use something that people have so much joy over, and I'm talking the family, and use that to make Wally a murder. That's exactly what happened. He got upset. He goes into the, you know, the sanctuary because he's all upset, his family, whatever, and ends up flipping out that he can't have his family and kills people because of a burst of energy. That is, it's basically saying that that's, it's nonsense. So right here, you, you know, have mental this, health. Yeah. So it's mental health. But again, it's using the family as the idea to cause awfulness that right now, when me and you are talking about it, finally, finally, it's taken care of. It has taken years and multiple attempts by DC and multiple writers to try to make this work because it is such a fucking bad idea and a stupid thing to do to end up. People were begging for the family and you bring it back to be the cause of him to murder everybody. That is so awful. I don't care if you like Tom King and think he's the greatest writer ever. Just the concept that that would go in his head. Oh, everybody loves, you know, Irie. And so I'll use them to be the the cause of murder. Fuck off. I, I get so mad. So when you have this, why I think this is great because he's doing like that confessional and talking. And then you have that. Dad, are you done? I really want to go to the bathroom. It is a, such a nice, lighthearted moment of like he's there. I'm like, what is he doing? Sitting he's in on the Instagram. What is he doing? The YouTubes. And he's doing this talking to himself in the mirror, whatever, and, and being happy. And but you get that fun bit. You don't even have to see him. Just the dad, are you done? And then I have to go to the bathroom. So fun and so nice. And that makes me like. Yeah, that's what we want. I mean, it's so easy 
to do that, to bring back the Flash family, instead you use them as a cause for your PST, you know, PSTD or PST. And whatever PTSD, PTSD, STD. That was yeah, really your STD problems, and also anxiety and things like that because of him, you know. And also, again, remember he thought he was all alone, and like all just nonsense. You, you, you can't just take every character and try to finagle the worst of the worst out of them. You know, hey, Adam Strange, he's, he's a genocidal mania. All right, this is great. I love. And then, then he has the nerve to be on Twitter and go, I love comics, and ends up putting up these panels of all the, the fun little things he did. I didn't see him showing Wally as a murder. Did, did so, he show at uh, Mr. Miracle with his wristlet? Nope. No, it was veggie trays. And it, no, actually, the thing was for the uh, Mr. Miracle that he loved, it was that. Why is this the fourth world? Isn't there a third and a second and yes, a first? Yes, there are. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, there are. He didn't know. There was. And then, you know, oh, my God, Firestorm. My hair is on fire. No, it isn't. It's an illusion. No, it isn't. But, yeah, this is all going to be fixed. And it, it's, it's, it's great. It's also heartbreaking. Well, at because... this point in time, when we have this whole thing go sent through with the tachyon burst, it does create a situation where Wally does go back into his own body during the Heroes in Crisis explosion of that period. But with this tachyon burst, it also creates a time bubble. So everybody who was affected by this energy burst of Wally West at that point is trapped in this, like, you know, frozen time filter, except for Roy Harper, who is sitting there wondering, hey, Wally, what's going on, buddy? And the idea that Wally is face-to-face with one of his oldest friends in the world, Roy Harper, who he knows is dead and again a moment has to from die him again him, yeah, yeah and this whole situation you know like what's going on with the speed force everything like that because with that we know we're trying to expel something out of the speed force to make it so wally can stop quantum weeping around and get the speed force back on track because each time you know wally was going and doing this barry would get a little bit of power back but ultimately the, uh, the speed force besides for wally was affected so this is something we need to take care of but we have Wally face-to-face with Roy Harper, face-to-face with his darkest hour with all these people frozen in time, about to die. And then that's what the thing is. All this amazing emotion. I'm telling you, I am sitting there with like with Wally grabbing the sides of Roy's face and holding him close like, oh, my God, it's you. You're alive. Even when he speeds over to hug him and stuff like that. And then when we have the connection with Barry, Mr. Terrific, and Oliver Queen back in our present time, connected through, like, you know, you can hear each other, you can see each other, whatever thing. Didn't know that Oliver Queen was like, He's with Roy, like Roy's right there. The idea that, look, even having to call back the flashpoint, like, like we can stop this. We can save everybody. And Barry having this tell Wally, like, like, no, look, I have tried this. Shit didn't work out. I destroyed the universe. We can't do this. I'm so sorry, Oliver, but we can't prevent what is going to happen is going to happen no matter what at this point in time. Like, it is just a gut punch of emotions that makes you just want to like, you know, I honestly, in this moment with the way that the characters are represented here, I want to stay in this moment of DC comics. Cause this felt like the camaraderie, the family element of justice league and everything involved that I always want out of each issue. And this is what I loved about this. When you ended up having the rebirth special, you ended up having Wally come out of the speed force and Barry hugs them. They hug. I remember you. Oh my God. And what I like about this, and I'm even going to, I'm going to make myself cry at points here. I'm telling you, I get real emotional with this. What I love to play first off, I love that they are kind of getting that clay man art style as well, especially when you end up seeing Roy and he's like, Hey, what the hell just happened? It looks really good. It looks really, really good from like a, a heroes in crisis point of view, whatever. But most people, a lot of people do look at heroes in crisis because of the idea that while he came back, that was rebirth. Oh yeah. my God, this is great. Making him a murderer was the door slammed shut. The coffin's lowered. Rebirth is dead. You have buried it, Tom King. You ruined it. It's over. 
me and you talk about it, it was already heading that way. I'm not going to say that, but it was the poster child of that. And you ended up having that rebirth deal as Wally coming out and getting hugged. And in this, it's the same look when Wally goes, but he's hugging Roy to say goodbye. And it really got to me. It really got to me because it's very much like Barry, the the thrill and, and joy and love that Barry had getting back Wally and remembering him is the heartbreak that now Wally has to say goodbye to Roy and knows that he's going to die, even if Roy doesn't know, but he wants to figure out how I he wish can Roy stop it. In our infinite frontier present day cut would just click the phone and call some people so that like you you obviously you never want to say goodbye to a friend, especially twice in this situation. But the idea that yeah, Roy's just out there. The people don't know about him, like you son of a bitch. And with that, Roy kind of comes off as like a, a dumb bro at points in this, which I do like. And that is and, what he was and, in yeah, this era. And he's looking, he's like, well, what's going on with these people up here? And he's, and Wally doesn't cut, like, I, I killed you. I, I killed all of you. I'm going to end up killing all of you. And he's nah. like, come on now. What are you talking? You're Wally. You better kill us. And it's almost, again, it's Roy who will be, and yeah, you have Lagoon Boy, you have not, like all these people will die, but it is Roy that everybody was centered on because that's his best friend. All Nobody cared about Protector. Yeah, no. And so you end up where, you know, well, I solstice. thought I lost control. I did lose control. And he starts to say, all this time I thought it was my fault. But the problem is here, they're still, they do it right here because if you ended up just going and saying, Okay, while well, he stops at Roy's life, we would have been happy. But the idea that he goes here realizes that it wasn't his fault, but he can't stop it. His buddy is still going to die. And he wants to figure out a way. There's not enough time. You know that he knows there's not enough time and whatnot going on. But as that's going on, you go back to Oliver and Barry and Mr. Terrific, where there is, they can't do anything about it in multiple ways. We can't change things. Because even with that, call Rip Hunter, get Booster, and you're like, Oliver will do anything. And one of the best things, again, made me cry. I cried probably five times reading this was where, and he's right. You said you would do anything to save Wally. Save my boy. Save my boy. And and I just, I started crying because, and while that's going on, seeing Wally being able to say goodbye to Roy and Roy accepting all this and actually Roy being the hero here where he realizes this and says at one point like this is a guy who knows in two minutes he's gonna die and he's making hey we all die eventually and you know this wonky stuff i'll be back you know that same thing about the idea even how jason todd took the news of roy harper's death and the idea that he knew that like you know yeah this roy knew what he was doing kind of thing getting into this life this is what we all do we all have this understanding so when roy is talking about the idea of like look wally I know you're my friend. I know you didn't mean to do any of this, but all of us here, we will understand because we're all in this line of work. We all know the risks involved. We're all going to die one day doing what we do here. It's not your fault, man. You got to get past this because you're better than this and it's not your fault. And this is who I feel like. I don't forgive him. (laughs) Somebody's pissed in there. I don't forgive him. It's so Caveboy and pissed. It's one of the, really, Narc, shut your mouth. Good Narc is where you used to go. The thing about this is it's like, in this, it's so it, it's gut wrenching because Oliver is saying exactly what we're saying as well. Like, isn't there a way to save? At one point, I thought they were going to play kind of the easy way out because Roy wasn't in that time bubble. I thought that everything was going to be contained, but no, Roy has to die. And you know, even when he accepts it, yeah, Wally, like, no, no. But then, you know, the Annie gets up, and this is why I guess you need Savitar there because he comes out then, and you do see. 
pretty much Roy just he's kicking ass. I mean, his last deal, this is his last hurrah going down, and he's going to try to protect. Well, even if it is just shooting an arrow at a guy who comes out as the embodiment of the speed force, which is not going to do anything, but he's smart enough to even, you know, be able to at least delay him and things like that. But the big thing is they can't do anything about it. And I do. And the only way to do any of this is to pop the time bubble to force the energy back in the speed force, which will force Wally and Savitar to our present time. And then then the Tachyon trail. They're going to they spell it out to Wally. We're going to give you a trail to come back and then he can go back. Unfortunately, Savitar's, you know, following and they know that. So they call even that calling in the Justice League. It, it ends up because, again, it's got this stakes. It feels like oh, this yes. is what the heroes would do. Like, and we we bitch about it all the time when you get to a yes. certain situation. Motherfucker, call Batman or Superman. Call somebody. And you know what? That's what they do. And you know why it's great, too? Because, again, this is an annual, but it's also taking care of what happened in Heroes in Crisis, which was, you know, everybody involved, including Batman, Superman. Wonder Woman, unfortunately, isn't around right now. But you end up having this go down. And when they call, like, it ups the st- like everything gets bigger and like, bigger. Like, Batman and, and Superman don't do anything here, but it's appreciated that they were called. Yeah, yeah, they're there. I mean, Superman tries at one point, but yeah, then even then it shows it is like almost like that puts the exclamation point of, yeah, they had to do this. I mean, this is crazy because with that, Roy ends up doing what needs to be done. Wally can still not do it, he doesn't want to do it. His friends there, he's talking. And you have Roy burst. He bursts the bubble. Yeah. And he makes the choice for him. And then as it goes, even this, I get cut when, as Roy's about to die, says, I love you, Leanne. Like he ends up in that. And again, and that, I'm telling you, the thing is, at that moment, I'm like, what are you trying to say right now with this book where Roy is like at Sanctuary, Heroes in Crisis, New 52 Rebirth era, you know, comics and stuff like that, where we never heard one peep about Leanne the entire time. When he says, I love you, Leanne, I'm like, does that like mean that you love your daughter who's dead now in your mind? You know she's alive, and that's the thing is, especially with what we have Infinite Frontier this week. Like it feels weird. Like honestly, I want it out of Roy Harper. I wanted it out of Roy Harper the entire New Fifty Two, but that wasn't the case because well, that didn't seem to be a thing. But like but I like it here. I just need to know I what like it. it means. Well, what the deal in in my mind is, I'm seeing all these heroes dying in a, a vortex. Seven of ten aren't even in that continuity. I mean, if you're going to go with the, you know, tit to tat deal, Tom King had already thrown that continuity out the wazoo. But it might just be, you know, here I come. I'm dying. Here I come, Leanne. You know, I love you. That's the thing. Uh, is, though, this is the cleanup crew. Don't worry about what Tom King. This is the cleanup crew. No, but I'm saying right. no. with that, though, maybe that's kind of getting that where we would have seen before. But no, you it's do great end because up everybody for who dies. the character is and everything like that. It's just for what we had with that Roy at that point when he died. I he never once talked about Leanne, and I want to know yeah. why. Yeah, and so you have that Savitar comes out, and there's a big fight, and Wally ends up. I mean, where you don't like Savitar as much, like you already explained, the idea that Wally gets that extra burst deal—it's almost like I love hey, that Wally gets that extra I, burst. I, of speed. All it is to me is like, listen. We screwed you over for, for a while now, so we're going to give you a little bonus. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that I needed it to be something that is his overall power whenever he needs it, almost like Superman's solar flare for that little time. Like he can get like a, a freaking a NOS boost for his body. But when we have the showdown between Wally West and Savitar right now, because Savitar is going to be draining the Speed Force, he's going to become one with the Speed Force just like he wants all along. But the thing is, Savitar, he's only a poser. He wants all this, but the Speed Force 
it chose Wally West. And Wally West is the true avatar of this. So the Speed Force gives him the boost to make Savitar look like a little bitch through and throw him. Like it's so satisfying. Wally's like, oh, I'm going to give you a head Savitar. start. I like he's looking oh, at this so cocky. He's, oh, my God. He's like, yeah, love it. Three seconds. If you're so good, I'll never be able to catch you. And like, you see him coming up from behind. And then just yells yes and, and stops. And I'm like, yes, this is Wally the West, the fastest man alive. And this is what I love to see. I just, like I said, though, don't need it to be a thing that he has all the time, but it is. But it's fine. And I love the way that, like, you know, when, like, push came to shove right now, who is the greatest speedster of all time? Like, Sabotar is going to say it's him, but it's the speed force is going to say it's Wally West. And that's the difference. And I love this conclusion. They're getting, you know, Sabotar out of here. It, it did nothing for me because bringing him back did nothing for me. It was just a way to, like, you know have a Flash villain in this whole overall story. Like, next up is Heat Wave. I want to see how Jeremy Adams deals with an actual Flash villain in an actual situation that makes sense. But right here, having Savitar show up was the downer part of the story. And that's a shame for all of the feels, all still of like the emotions. everything else, though. Everything he's done. It was, this could have been a 10 out of 10 it book with We'd all the done. characters involved. You would have given it a 9-9 because you couldn't so drug yeah. it down yeah, for Yeah, drug it down for you. Uh, with me, I, I liked it through and through. Uh, but yeah, even then, and, and again, this is where I'm saying, like, with Wally, and he comes out of the Speed Force, Barry hugs him. All right, we got Rebirth going. Then in this, going retroactively, going back and saying goodbye to Roy and hugging him the same kind of way, having it like, okay, that is the end of the. But then in this, it's almost like the rebirth again of Wally when you have Oliver come over. And again, I'll get, I'll get all, you know, choked up because he comes over. And just hugs him. And it's so good. It didn't need to be more than this. It was so good that he just comes over because he knows how sad Wally is and all this stuff and whatnot. And and Oliver, like, I would love to see oh, more well, of not Oliver even as a broken man here. Well, like, not it's even so that. Sad. It's, it's not even that the idea that he sees how sad, but after all the shit that Oliver gave Wally at the beginning of this arc, talking about like how could he be on the just like he killed Roy and all this other bullshit. And he's, he's wrong. And he had all this stuff. This is, you know, his boy, Roy Harper's pretty much his best friend, essentially, like, you know, with the Teen Titans from the get go. Like, I don't want to pick and choose who is whose best friend in the original Teen Titans, but these guys are best friends. And the idea that you're going to, like, you know, talk all this shit on Wally, who's hurting just as much as you, who feels that he was his fault and it wasn't his fault at all. And he's been feeling this guilt and everything like that. You need to have this hug moment. I'm like, just the, I loved it. It's so good. The yeah. sadness within Ali for everything that's been going on. Because not only that, his own guilt for being a shit heel all this time yeah. to Wally, and it didn't even feel like it yeah. didn't matter. Even when he just he just says "kid," and they go and and hug, and again, it's so good. And even before that, you end up where remember this was Wally saying, "Hey, let's go run through this." Thing. Like, I'm gonna retire. Let's go one run, and ends up getting sucked into this. So Barry's like, "By the way." I don't know if you should retire. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of left that behind. I realized what I have to do and all this stuff going on, the family, all of that. And even then they're like, didn't you tell? And they're like, oh, I don't know anybody. in the we'll gap And you end up where, you know, you get the family at the end. So there's just like one after the other, just greatest hits here. Of Like there's the family comes home. They're all happy and off he's going to run. Uh, you know, with and even people. having, and not only that, but having this little thing as he's running, like I'm Wally West and I am the Flash. I would like to have been the Fast Man alive, but he's the Flash. But as he's running, you're getting a little preview of what's to come in the Flash book because you have these little pages of stuff like flapping in the wind. A picture of Gold Beetle. We have a picture of Doctor Fate. And we have a picture of what's coming up next with Heat Wave. Yeah, Heat Wave. So that's really cool. And yeah, I'm I'm wondering what you're gonna do because we this startup, the first deal prehistoric 
speedster, whatever. We were like, eh, you know, whatever. But we had some really cool things, not even just this ending. You know, you end up having a, a lot of, you know, the Bart Allen's that maybe not I the greatest. But it really up, started to turn and became really good when Jay, he became Jay, uh, Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. Well, that was when it was. That's definitely because then you were like, okay, you're showing us some things that we haven't seen in a while and showing us in a cool way. Uh, so, yeah, Heatwave, I am like you. I'm going to be very, you know, excited to see how he deals with just, you know, a normal a flash flashback. Story, yeah. You know what I mean? Now it's back to just being a regular flash deal. But, boy, he, he has me. This is now, after this issue, this is my favorite DC book right now. Trev had asked me, I think, yesterday, like, what is your favorite? And, like, it's definitely Flash right now. I'm really enjoying this, and it's, uh, it's a book that I love. So uh, what would you give it? I love so much about this book, but with the Savitar stuff not making sense when it really could have been, it felt real. Because even the idea, like, Wally at the end of sends him back in the Speed Force where he's in prison, which he did originally, and he got out in Flash Rebirth, where then Barry Allen touched him. He was disintegrated, destroyed because of the black, like, the reverse power that he had, the, like, reverse Flash gave him. But for some reason, this, he was like, I was stuck in a place. It just looks like a metal room. And then he, like this whole backstory, it doesn't work for me at all. It doesn't make any sense at all for the Savitar. And then we're just going to put him back where he was before he died. And I'm like, I don't understand where you were or why you're acting the way you are. Or why it's just back to basics for Savitar after all this shit happened. It's been so long now. It's been over a decade since Savitar has been gone. Him being here and acting the way he does. It just it just takes away so much of this book. That is an amazing book. I end up giving it an 8.5 out of 10 though, because Everything about this besides your Savitar is amazing, and I just love that we got Wally West back on track, and the book is a Wally West book. It's back to the Flash that I like reading about. Yeah, I'm going to go full out uh, 9.3. 9.3 for me. I, I just really like the bigger moments. I could, you know, Savitar back on. Uh, it was more the feels and stuff like that, and an issue that really, I, I think I cried five times through, through this each time, even when uh -huh. we were talking about that, and that really means that you had me connected to everything with it. Uh, even beyond you go out the to idea. After this, get some French fries. Yeah, I might. You jerk. Look at <laughs> so, you. Some hey, hamburgers. Look at you, that hamburger. You jerk. I'm gonna cry <laughs> that I've been doing this <laughs> no, shit no, with I'm you thinking, this long. I, mean, it was I, so I teared good. up during this whole thing. I, I just seeing the connections also, between these people that I love. It was a weird deal. You're a Wally West fan, sure, but not your favorite character. But still, you love Wally, Wally Harper's right? Fan too. Yeah, and so I didn't. I didn't actually realize like the pent up hurt. And, and and sadness I had of what happened in Heroes in Crisis, especially with Roy, even with Roy being back as a Black Lantern sort of thing that we'll talk about in a little bit. It, it ended up where I, I then realized, oh, my God, I do love these two characters. I'm more of a Roy fan than a Wally. Uh, but still, I, I didn't really realize that so much emotion that I had and seeing it. That's because all I've been thinking about since you, it happened every it, single it, night as I close my just, eyes. Yeah, it's not even just Wally and Roy, though. Like I said. It was the idea that we had let, or DC had let the rebirth slip away. There's a lot of other things around. Poor Narc. I mean, who didn't shed a tear for that caveman? Sure. Okay, boy. Uh, we hardly Yeah, I realized like that whole deal and having this and, and seeing people, you know, outraged, it seemed that you, how dare you change a Tom King story? How dare you end we up didn't. doing this? And you had already, they've been trying over and over to change things anyway. Like, but just to shift went it. And save the entire multiverse from a dark multiverse infection. Still didn't do it. The trick. We had to yeah, go back and, and do something new. I think that that's DC's like, listen, 
We know that he murdered some people here, and it's a shame, but have him save the multiverse. Have him save everything. People will forget. When we see that, it's like, oh, that's fine, but he's still a murderer. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got long memories, murderer. With all of that, that is it for this section. And we're going to go off and do some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no humor. Ah, yes, it's Mail with Eric and me. I'm Jim. I'm Jim. He said he didn't need me, though. But if you want to get involved in the mail section, just like our man Joe will in a second, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And here is Joe, who says, hello, Jim and Eric. I wanted to inform you guys you are the best DC Comics podcast around. Sweet. All right. Jim, you do a great job on the Marvel side as well. You right away when I tell you, you're like, you got mad at that. Well, it's didn't funny. You? No, no, because it's funny because you say really. great this time, but I swear you told me, you said, do a good job over there. No, or it's great. Okay it's job. Said, it says I feel great. Like you, every time you read it, you go down a little bit for your inflection on to, it. I want to have uh, Joe verify that he did. I could send you the screenshot. He says that. But even then you thought that I'd be mad because it's not saying it's the best. And and I didn't. I actually thought, oh, man, do I have everybody running scared that they think that if you mention, what about the manga, Eric? What's oh, no, going Jim's on pretty here? much a jerk. We better What's say something over here about Jim this. Jim is such an asshole that you have to compliment him out the wazoo. Yeah, it's true. You'd never say hello, Eric and Jim. I'm driving me nuts. I have a question for you guys. And this, this question is Thank great. You, and it is something of, 
the idea uh, of something you always it really hits uh, the head of what you do with the state of the current JLA book. Do you think DC would be better off going back to the original concept of the league and using characters that can't support their own book? Green Arrow, Adam, Black Canary, Hawkman, etc. We're kind of doing that. Say that Hawkman, people get married. But yeah, they, no, they, agreed. They, they Hawkman deserves, but like that's why we have Hawk Girl on the team as well. They're like, you're always going to have your Trinity to really push the book, and then you get everybody else to come in here and fill up the gaps. And I love whenever we get to do that. Like even right now, like we have Black Canary and Green Arrow. They don't have a book. Apollo, Black Adam. Well, here's what, the oh, deal. I'm going to tell you. I'm already because of the idea. Green Arrow's on it just to get off to like Brian Michael Bendis is not in my mind doing it in the kind of the you know the the way you would you like. I think he's doing it because you also have Naomi Black Adams there, but it makes it like he's he's not doing it right. But he is he's expanding the thing. It is what it is. Whether he's it doing is, it right, but he is following the I rules mean, to a degree. Naomi, you, you end up having uh, you know. I, I with agree. That. I don't believe that she can support her own book. Well, and and here's the thing though too. Like he isn't. She don't you, there. That's the thing. He's not putting characters. This is the Bendis League. Like you, yeah. And it's not there because they can't support their own book. It's there because he's setting up. The next book, or making it so that you remember them when they get to that Which book. Which again, he, as a whole, is not a bad concept, but it's just because Bendis is doing it, he's going to bend us the shit out of it, well, which will turn out yeah. poorly. Yeah, like he's not going to add a character in my mind without any ulterior motive, except that you know, like, like I would love to be able, like we're doing it with Black Adam, but like let's just say we're not doing a regular Bendis team, but we have the idea of like you know, it's a new Justice League. Everybody like the idea of Hawk Girl being there is great because even my favorite, you know, the Brad Meltzer. You know, J- JLA of the early 2000s, where you had the Trinity, but you also had Black Canary, who was officially the leader of the team. It's amazing, but you had for a time how Jordan, then John Stewart replaced them. But Hawk Girl, Black Lightning, Roy Harper is Red Arrow, Vixen, Red Tornado. It's an amazing team. I want to get back to something along those lines, except for whenever you do it, though, it's like, even when, you know, Scott Snyder took over the Just League, pretty much like, I like that there cartoon. Let's do That's that. That's what I was going to say. A lot of this team is still a remnant of the cartoon team that he had. And you remember, hey, John Stewart, he's leading the team. He's the leader. And then you're like, eh, no, he's since when? Yeah, really. And not now. But yeah, all that. And Hippolyta is cool and makes that play of wonder woman isn't around so that that's a cool deal but as again well. as, as cool as that is it does feel a little bit unneeded because the thing is while like hippolyta taking the place of you know the wonder woman for her daughter we could have had another character who's not like you know the mother of a character taking her place like hey what's vixen up to or like even a supergirl let's like elevate supergirl here mary marvel let's do something with some female characters that can replace her that are a little bit more relevant in fandom's eyes except for this character's mother like it seems weird to say the mother just because i'm taking my daughter's place right now okay yeah, here I, I am uh the last time that we had a team that was kind of like that was uh steve orlando's jla where yeah. you had a lot of crazy things lobo True or that, you know, yeah, yeah, that was a, a crazy team, but I, I like that concept, and that's where you would get, and, and that's the thing again. At least it wasn't Green, Harley Quinn. Green Arrow could have a book now. Like we're talking like I Firestorm, agree. right? Oh, like God, things I wish that Firestorm you want, could be yeah, on the team. like even you know Adam, Shazam, stuff like that. That are, and, and that's the cool deal. Where it is a shame, and I, I thought, and I said this to you when we first got the mail. The idea that you have that JLD backup is great. Everybody loves it, whatnot. You're continuing a book that always was. But I don't know that I wouldn't have liked to have had 
some varied other teams, almost like an away team, and you have a backup that you can have some fun with. So you talk about like, like they had in the nineties with the Justice League Task Force. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have that as the backup, so you can kind of you know mix and match and have you know three issue arcs or maybe one shots where you could see a Hawkman, Firestorm, and a Blue Beetle going so out cool. on a mission and stuff like that. And again, everybody, everybody seems he has to come up. I, I wouldn't push Blue Beetle. I mean, like I not Ted Core. Yeah. I mean, like Jaime oh, Reyes. But like, I, mean, I do that, like like Ted feeling like you know maybe he does belong on one of those like teams i don't even think yeah. about it because he's still dead in my mind it's the weirdest thing to think about but like or even like an adam like, strange he, he, wasn't though, in like, strange he belongs on some young team somewhere he does uh, we like him i i would even like like say you have a backup and you could even yeah you know, i think he might need to be reintroduced now the way that people jumped on and have him in a story with ted have like a you know that sort of story mantle story well, and then like, you could I, really mix this. things up no but i'm saying not many people who are just jumping on now would have even known that so and For really 2016? That, that Keith Giffen, yeah. So it's yeah. you know five six years ago, and Keith Giffen that was not great. No, <laughs> I mean the idea. No, oh it my was God, not. I got the heart problems. Is what I got. Yeah, you your got heart isn't scarab. into it anymore. Yeah. So I would like Jaime to be like like you ended up having that signal one shot that seemingly hey remember remember Duke and we're gonna have yeah. a book. I'd like to have a Jaime. Reyes thing, which like is weird that, though, but... because you don't need to have a Jaime Reyes because the idea almost feels like almost like let's keep the trademark alive with the signal or whatever it is. But so if you're mm. going to have a Blue Beetle book or whatever it is, yeah, it's blue and gold. But you're still having Ted Cord going around. Yeah, that's as what I'm the saying. I think they're trying to get you know pretty much. Hey, we don't even know if Jaime made it through from the whole dare say frontier. Shit like that. We have no idea. He might not have. It doesn't seem like. Jeffrey Thorne just brought up the reach in the Green Lantern book. I want to have that connection again. Well, you might. You might. But yeah, you you always like that. And one of the things that we said we would go through is little different teams and we would go against each other and you know i'll have my heavy hitter we were even Doing talking my entire a little life. earlier like you're there I, I, if i got rid of superman but Look, i have all my imaginex figures right here all around me where i'm grabbing picking and so choosing put in front of me right do you all but zero like, of them who am i gonna put here because you also want to have the idea of the classic team of seven but i like you don't really need to follow those roles do you yeah yeah Some no big old team you just have that infinite deal where you, you go out and they're all there. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it would be cool. But even with Again, the various have what we had before, backup. like the, the last Justice League team before the New 52 had her flashpoint in the New 52 when Dick Grayson was Batman and leading no. the team where you had a weird situation like Congaroa's on, on that team and it was full of women like Jesse Quick and Supergirl and all this stuff. I don't think that sold very well, and I don't think a lot of people read yeah. it. And it was a weird That's series. That's why I that wish that you'd much. have like a backup to to have that task force feel, and then have the regular book. Uh, I think Jade was on that team cool. too. Really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe when Bendis is off the book, we'll mix some things up. But even when you have like a last ride. And out of continuity deal, the biggest thing is, oh, look, it's Wally West. Same team. Right? It's and Wally, Wally West, West, pretty much. And, and, and John and Hal. He, right now, he is a part of the Justice League. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't mind. Like, I wish you could have mixed it up there it, when you have this Elseworlds deal kind of out of continuity. And you still go with the standard. So it is a shame. But there, there it is. That is Joe's. Melanie said it he appreciates everything thing. we do, Eric. Like at the time, though, when Grant Morrison was taking over JLA and it was just becoming JLA kind of thing, and he the idea through all like Wizard Magazine and all the talk at the comic book shops when he was going to do the original Justice League group and make for the new generation in the 90s, the hardcore team, like there was such a buzz, like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, well, it's, it's okay. Like the thing is, like at the time, it's okay, but now when we can't get away from that idea, can't I'm like, get away. Well, let's do something new and different and crazy. Yeah, it's the problem is, though, it, it usually doesn't sell. 
So that's a that's an issue. But it's like even when we get the new fifty two, it's like everybody you know, but instead of Martian Manhunter, we got Cyborg. Yeah. I I like Cyborg on the team, actually. I do like him. And him and Shazam playing the video games up in the last even later on when he came on. I like that. And even when they freaking before Forever Evil. Even even before that, when they had the new roster, which I got all excited for. Like, we brought in, like, uh, the Element Woman, Firestorm, and Atomico. Then Atomico, she was, like, Atomico, she was a, you know, a double agent for the crime syndicate. And that was a great way to lead in. But you had this great additions to the team, which I got excited for. It was immediately gone. And then forever evil happened. Then like, hey, Lex Luthor and Captain Cold are Remember on the how team. excited we are for Captain Cold? And he became yeah. pretty much security detail for like an issue. issue. <laughs> it was nothing. We were so excited. Lex was Shazam, fun, though. Lex Luthor and Captain Cold on the team. Get out of town. Yeah, get out of town. Remember when and they Lex, did? Yeah, they did. Well, but right before that, Lex went over to talk to Bruce and like, yeah, I kind of know he's Batman. That was cool too. But yeah, all that he says. I appreciate everything you do. Look forward to hearing your response. And see you in seven, Thank Eric. You. He says, see you in seven. The guy is drunk. I don't know why I just said Joe was drunk, but we'll go with that, Eric, right? You, you think so? See you in seven, Joe. See, <laughs> see you never now. He's like, screw that guy. All right. But that is it for the mail. And again, thanks, Joe. And we're going to go off now to continue with the books. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks that tear is Well, that's just every Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hubcap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well, that's just every That is just Eric Shea Eric, that's why we love you all That's right. why this is an anniversary An is anniversary all that moose, Eric. I don't use all moose. of I don't that like moose, all that dippity do, everything that you that end thing, up doing. It used to be. It was this green gel. I'm a dapper that, damn man, it Jim. It used to be. It was a. It was a green gel that came in this jar back in the '80s. That my one buddy. I guess you say that. I'm like, I totally have used that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it smelled kind of odd, and it was a it smelled like cleaning solution. I I didn't use it, Eric. I had uh, a bit of thinner hair than yeah, some. Yeah. Not thinning. It's gone. Thinner. But, you know. Oh, I love that you say that. It's longer right now than it's ever been. It's a I don't shock know. I of hair seen, right you know. now. I'm gonna. You're I'm a gonna cut it liar, soon. Jim. I don't know how I to talk to you about this thing. I am gonna cut it soon. I mean, I did say that it was a celebration of you earlier. That is a lie. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I'm gonna cut my hair only because it's like getting in my ears and things. It's, and it's just weird. old man ear hair. Now it's weird. It like goes, and then I'm I'm waking up. Look, and it's all in you my need eye. is you, you just take that hair that's around there on the sides and put it in the pigtails, Jim. I don't like the pigtails, Eric. I just they I don't, outside. You don't, don't worry about how you look. I just don't obviously. like that that feel and look and things like that. So I just go grow it out like me. We could be man bun bros. Is that it? What are we going to be like wrestling tag team here? Right? Yeah. The douchebags coming Step to the ring. ladder and the douchebag, we'll call ourselves. I mean, really, I don't know what our gimmick is, but we're jerks. It's like douchebag and the douchebag. Whatever is what it is, you get up on my shoulder and our, final, our finishing move is going to be oh, called seriously. the Master Blaster. That would be awesome. I'm telling you, do that. I put my arms out and you start spinning and me and you go around and we get sick and I throw up and it'd be real fun. Right? That'd be pretty no. cool. I, I want stuff. I, I end up, I go, you throw out the steps. I go up and I jump off. You catch me. We have a lot of things going on there. You carry him out and me around like a baby. 
<laughs> be the awesome things, right? At one point, I come out with some other guy. I don't think we're, we're going to become a WWE superstar. We're in a, a trench coat, and we got me and the other guy there. We're going around. I'm smoking a cigar. It is the awesome. I'd like I to can't see you smoke a cigar. There'd be no way. I, I wouldn't be able to. I, I just, I, my body's a temple. I, I eat a lot of shitty food. That's it, though. I've never really smoked anything. Except maybe some suckers in a race, Eric. I mean, really, Ooh, I am. A, I got uh, and I don't, I don't do the illegal drugs. I'll say because, as you know, I, had, now. I have taken, you know, the Adderall and stuff like that was prescribed, but I'm not even doing that now because it was making me feel the funnies. I was it feeling wasn't. funny. It wasn't right? acting like non-prescription drugs. Yeah, it just wasn't working. I'm like, I don't feel any different. This doesn't act like cocaine no more. I ain't yeah, taking really. this bullshit. Exactly. I mean, that's what it's supposed Let's to get back to like, crank, honey. Where's the cocaine? Is what I kept saying, and nobody had it. So I think the idea, though, no, no, he they do. I know. He wouldn't up my my uh, dose, and I had already, you know, I had outgrown that dosage, Eric. I, I'm an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look at me, children's I'm Adderall. I'm a man. I don't need the Flintstones vitamins. That's all they were giving me. They're like, okay, you, I'm like, well, I just love I, the idea where you can say I outgrew something. So I, I can never buy you saying that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna seriously at one point, <laughs> I'm gonna smoke your ass. I'm gonna come there. I'm gonna kill you. Uh, it, it's just, just because not a good day. Just because I can't figure out how to open them childproof things and stuff like that. And, and then Tanya goes, here's your two orange little bear aspirins. I'm like, thank you, mommy. And I'm taking it. Ah, oh, yes, sir. You say that I had to take those for my heart problems because I'm an adult. I got heart problems. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Look at you and your heart problems. That your heart isn't into your life, Eric. Is what you got there. And uh, I have I have heart problems as well, Eric. So there we go. That's those why are called we emotional up- problems. And no, it's the lack of them. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like, I do not have the empathy, Eric. But we have a section of books here that has the empathy. Right, Eric? Does it? Uh, I don't know. At one point, I think half the sections have the apathy, but that's just me, Eric. I mean, who am I to say? <laughs> ah, but yeah, we're here with Super two, two, two big books. One really big. It's it's an event, they say. Honestly, this feels like it should have been in the first section how big it is. No, I, I wanted the Flash to be in there, oh, and I, I didn't want to separate the Batmans and whatnot. I thought that we could end up, because I and do Batman's like this. Batmans get pissed off when they I get do, separated. Yeah, really, they do. I, I do like this book. I see that some people are still confused about what it is, what it's about. Like, you know, they come in and go, what it is, and I'm like, it's pretty much well, giving the you the timeline of multiverse. But we act as if this is a roadmap for the Omniverse, for the Infinite Frontier, but it's not so much a roadmap, because if, a, if this was a roadmap, it'd be like, Maybe you want to turn oh, yeah. right. Oh, Maybe. I'm telling you. Do you ever have a GPS that's like, it's well, still playing coy? Do you really want to turn right? Like, it's not going to, it is playing very coy. And and the problem is, that's what I had the problem with last issue. It was the first issue. Like, it's I ended acting up as even, a mystery, but you don't realize it's a mystery when you're going in. You're looking for answers, and they're just giving you questions. Yeah, Sark, you're going, oh my God, wait till you hear my blurb, Eric. It oh, might be Eisner really? Award winning then. Uh, but with that, I don't know why, but. If you remember, last issue, I, I wasn't like you gave it a pretty good score. And I think I was around like seven or seven, five, something like that. And I said, you know, and that ended up making the anomaly that Harley Quinn was my book of the week still yeah. ended up getting crap for that. But all around, though, I, I ended up like I wanted more. Like you're saying, I wanted more answers in a first issue. Even I thought we're going to be told to. Now I think I'm kind of settling in. And again, we say first issue, but you're not you're discounting the zero, issue zero. So, so it was yeah, the second so, issue. So with that, and I think that I like this issue more in a way 
that I understand the lay of the land now and I see what's going on. It's getting real. And I'll say, I know that he's not the most popular guy. Oh, but this is Joshua Williamson in this, in my mind, really feeling like Jeff Johns. It feels like that sort of issue. It feels like, like a rebirth or even some stuff, not event stuff, but even Jeff Johns stuff in his past runs and things. And I think it's really good. The thing that I'm worried about is it's going to get away from Jeff Johns. It's Joshua Williamson. And a lot of times things do get away, but it feels like this is a little different for him that he does have because almost everything that we get in this, I am intrigued by and I really like. So I'm not going to give, you know, I'm not going to diss it just because it's not giving, but I do want answers. But it is Infinite Frontier, number two, written by Joshua Williamson. Uh, art by Paul Pelletier, Jesus Moreno, Zermonico, Norm Ratman, Ramalo, Fajardo Jr., and Tom Napolitano. Eminent Frontier continues with a lot of questions, but not many answers yet. <sighs> I like Joshua Williamson's dialogue a lot. And while the art was a bit inconsistent at points, I, I'm getting more and more excited to see what is going on with this new Omniverse and timeline. I just hope Williamson starts explaining stuff before it's too late. So basically... My blurb was exactly what we said, and and I'm glad that you feel the same way. With that, though, I really do like this. I like the pacing of it. Yeah, I want answers. I want some more things. But going through this and getting your little vignettes and things like that of the characters going around, including starting out with Cameron Chase, who goes and pretty much you know puts Batman and Superman you know, their balls on the anvil, if they say that, right, on, well, on the it's, stove. It's, it's so funny, it. too. It's the characters involved and in how we have the vignettes going from different, like, storylines to next. It almost feels like a 52 or, like, a countdown situation that we had before, but in more limited capacity. And I, I'm enjoying everything they're saying, especially with the overall, you know, the omniverse feel that, like, you know, there is something out there. And it is all connected, but like, you know, what is that? Oh, you're gonna have to wait and see. I'm like, oh, I don't want to wait and see. And you son of a bitch, you, you're gonna, you're gonna make me fucking wait and see. And you're gonna reel me in because I'm along for the ride. Yeah, I am too. And again, I, I really like the dialogue here where Cam Chase comes in and Bones has sent her. They're doing their thing. I could deal with, I could do without her calling Superman Super Clark. No, I didn't like that, but I think that. But that's beyond a, that, I think that's a diss. I think that she's remind. Now, again, it might be Joshua Williamson tried because there are some things here that almost feel like recap, almost feel like remember this. But the way she says it, I think that she's like remember your identity's out there, jerk. I'm on you. You better not mess up again, again, again. Uh, with that, even then, I love what it's like. Didn't you try arresting my wife the last time we talked and things? But what I also really do like is Cameron Chase comes in and Batman's playing the bad cop. She says there, oh, I see. We're doing good cop, bad cop. And Batman just knows everything you're working with. But like he just oh, yeah. throws it out there. I'm telling but, you, her ass could have just walked from that cafe where Bones met her over here. And Batman already knows. But that's not the case. He's just done his due diligence and yeah, he's on the case. Yeah. And it's awesome. But the best thing with that then is. She also shows she's done her due diligence and she's read their report oh, yeah. of what had happened. And really, the, I would the big read thing, this report on how uh, things work out to the point where, that in the back, right? where they talk about the idea of, you know, beyond Perpetua, the Batman who laughs, but also they had a report about how it seems like they're talking about Thomas Wayne taking over the city, even though it was like, you know, the city of Bane, but it was Thomas Wayne. So the idea of Batman's father from a, from a, dead timeline coming in taking over gotham before the perpetual and batman left stuff and the idea like look we got two bad batmans going on here what happens when bad superman shows up the funny thing in that i actually and you might be right the thing that i laughed at is i'm like oh barbados you are nothing <laughs> i actually thought oh, it was again. like yeah i always thought i didn't it was even like think about idea. it as barbados yeah when they're like perpetual and then then there was that other thing that west with by another being i'm like 
they're not even mentioning you by name anymore, Barbados. I think it's Flashpoint Batman. It might be. It might be. But I just took it as Barbados, and they don't want to because nobody even remembers because he was pushed aside. It's called hyperdimensional. Let's screw up everything. Because of the whole deal with, uh, you know, the Batman who laughs and things like that. But I thought that the Batman who laughs was that deal, like what happens when we get a dark. You know, Superman, Superman like yeah. that, and like, well, there's a lot of shit out there, really. Where's uh, Ultraman? Also, I love the idea that Batman. That's the best part too, because you don't, you can't even have that version of Superman. Because even when you have a bad Superman, he's just kind of a dummy. Yeah, you get a yeah. bad Batman, he's the greatest. Oh my god, everything. he's the worst. He's the worst. And, and it's you don't Batman. gotta worry about a bad Batman. Love, Superman, you can take him down. I love the ba- the bad Batman is the full out concept of he's just as guy. good as Batman. But he has no limits. He's no limitations. And he it's is crazy. the ultimate bad guy. Oh, He's my evil. God. He's crazy. Now, with that, again, I like that Cameron doesn't back off. We like Cameron Chase. So yeah, when she's, she's like, oh, oh, you know about me and Bones. Oh, by the way, I've read your report, that nonsense. And people are afraid that there are. Yeah, they I should be. What happens? What, and we're. I told you government got, agencies. I things. told you when we got done death metal and we saw everything like there's no way that they should have continued on with the story where the general populace has memory of fighting for their lives or being killed in a death metal universe because you can't go on living after everything's brought back with the memory of that. Everybody has PTSD and can't leave the house anymore. And with that, they're going around and checking out some suits. This is in, you know, where you can go around and check out some things in the Just League, whatnot. But I love the idea in my mind. That Batman has like this little button where he presses on on his belt, and it's like boop boop. We got an emergency going. <laughs> it seems like somebody's like it's almost like pretending you have a call with like what what's going on? Oh, tell him we'll be there in a second. And they barely. Uh, we even we say got goodbye. one of those uh, fourth world brimstones going on. We got to take care. of Oh man, it's the, it's the third one this year. But the whole idea too is like that. Actually, this would like like mention the idea why Superman and Batman have to leave. Aquaman and Hawkgirl are dealing with another freaking brimstone. I'm like. I want to know more about that because I desperately want to know what's going on with Apocalypse right now. And if this is the, you know, the third freaking brimstone they sent this year, but like this year, as in since the things like the world's been recreated, what's going on with that? Because what's going on with Apocalypse? I don't know. And why do they keep sending brimstones? Yeah. Yeah. So they go off. You see them go off. And with that, you end up where I really like this too, because of the idea. It, it, it gets you angry because we want to know. I want to know what Batman and Superman think about this, but as they're about to like, Hey, but what's up with Wonder Woman? Like, where's she been? Because they haven't seen him, and that's a that's good call-out. That's what's that? No, that's it's not the report, I'm guys. telling you, that's redacted. And, and she wants to know, and they leave. You know, I want to know too. Yeah, I want. I actually want to know what they know, what they think, because well, they I, might not sure actually that, know. Well, that's the thing. Is I say that just in a joking matter for what we're actually getting out of Wonder oh, Woman. Yeah, yeah, that's they, true they're too. better off because, like, hey, Wonder Woman ascended and saved us all. The end. Yeah, the end. <laughs> That's, that might be just what it says. That's what it should be. But back. here we Why are doing Val, like Valhalla and Olympic shit and it doesn't really make sense. And, and it's cool because the idea of what you're playing with in this, with the idea of who's coming back, good or bad, uh, things changed. And she wants to know, like, where is Wonder Woman? Why didn't she make it back from this? And I don't think that they actually, I don't think there's a way they could know that at this point. Uh, but well, with she that. Didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have this where then you go off and you go through all the multiverse and you have all these fragments being scattered from the ship. This is a big thing going on. It, it really, the problem I have here is it feels like it, it could be the ship in the action comics, but I don't think it is. You have the part of the thing in Atlantis, but maybe not. Like it does well, end up confusing is, me a little of what's going on with this. This is the most confusing book deal. of it because we have a multiversal ship that's being used to kidnap people throughout the multiverse. And the thing is, it seems like almost 
that it was a, like what Thomas Wayne showed up in was an escape pod of the ship that came crashing through the dimensional barriers and a piece broke off and every, you know, like, you know, universe it crashed. So, and they're trying to put together a ship to figure out what's going on. You're like, we're going to collect all the pieces and rebuild it to see what we're actually dealing with. But like this little section is just so weird because even when we have to go like, Hey, we recovered another piece. President Superman, take that, uh, flashpoint Batman go, Oh, we're on earth 22. There's a Magog. And now that's in- interesting because. While you're telling the setting up the story about saying this weird spaceship that crashed throughout the multiverse, we're putting it back together. That's a little confusing. But when you get to the point and Magog is there and Magog is evil, the, like we're, we're seeing for the first time for the most part that when the multiverse is recreated, we have characters who have gone back to their old standards and have not, you know, moved on through the progression of their characterization throughout the timeline. I'm like, you just have the general standard bad Magog here. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Tell me more about what's going on in the multiverse and what we have. Is Red Rain Batman still alive? Yeah, maybe, Eric, and maybe he doesn't like the Bloods now I, because oh, you could change because he said you could revert, you could change because he says. Uh, hey, that's Magog. Magog just shows up like, how dare you? You're no longer welcome oh in our world. And he's like, oh, it's Magog. I like the idea that we they're just there. Like, they almost like push it aside. Eh, that guy's name's Magog. I thought he was reformed. Uh, if the changes to the multiverse reverted him back to his old ways, I must ask who else has. Yeah. And that's a cool deal. Plus, with the idea of what happened. Now, you do get a little meta where you have the multiversal guidebook. And I don't read is, comics. I didn't need that. That was there I, from the get-go. Yeah, though. I always hate that. I, I just always hate that idea of just spelling it it's out. more comics. Stuff. You want to read this one? But yeah, that's because it was part of that. And you see the multiversal map, but I do like that idea. And again, why is anybody fucking around with the multiversal guidebook from what we're doing with Justice Incarnate right now? The multiverse has been reshaped, reformed into the omniverse. We for Maybe they're using that as the old guidebook to then figure out what has changed. I I don't. It's weird. Now, why do you need the entire guidebook though? Because you have the gigantic map on a hologram projector larger than life in front of you. Hey, check this comic out, Eric. Uh, and with Look at the that, chibi Batman universe. You find out when what the whole deal with Thomas Wayne is the same kind of deal that happened with uh with Roy last issue where trying somebody is going and trying to kidnap people who shouldn't be where they are. And that is again, if we're going to go with these wink winks even of what Tom King messed up or didn't mess up, whatever, with the whole flash and heroes in crisis, this does end up almost saying like yeah, you shouldn't be around. Like, Thomas Wayne, you're not part of the multiverse. You're a timeline deal that was erased. You're the last person of it. We're going to come and get you because you don't. Have, and he was able to escape, which was a cool thing going on well, with that. Even and I want to see the more. progression that we have here with President Superman just talking to, you know, Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint as they go and continue on this mission of collecting these pieces. It was like, I was angry at Bruce. Like, the idea, don't you want to get back to your family? Like, no, I, I, it's better off he thinks I'm dead. But, like, I was angry at Bruce. Betrayed myself. Fell harder than I ever have. And I don't deserve to see him ever again. If he believes I'm dead, it's for the best. I thought I was protecting my family, but I was wrong. And the idea, like, now we got to take steps to, to you know, the right <laughs> to wrongs again and not ruin Thomas Wayne for Flashpoint. It's always these retroactive deals where you have to fix because he always ends up making characters pieces of crap. And then if you want to continue no with reason. them, nobody wants to continue with them as being pieces of crap. So yeah, again, you have to fix things. Well, it here. never made sense for well, him to be make that sense. piece That's of why crap. I like that where it didn't even make sense for him to be there. It seemed as if you ended up having the idea of a multiverse when it was more of a – it was. It was a timeline. A, like even that thing, he even had to say, though, I think having my whole world destroyed, erased, it messed me up more than I wanted to admit to myself. And this is the like the, the reason that I was a piece of crap in the Batman run. And like this is the, the trying to throw away stuff and I'm going to move on now and not try to be some piece of crap no more. Let's move yeah. on. 
And I do like that, though. It's like you, you're not supposed to, you know, you're, you're an anomaly. You're not supposed to be here. And he wasn't. It made no sense. So I like that. But he's able to escape. So you can have that going on. And, and then you end up having Alan and Obsidian. And they're still trying to figure out what happened to Jade. Yeah, and the thing Jenny is, yeah, and, and Obsidian realizes that there's more going on here. And even his dad knows Well, he more. doesn't even know about the totality. The group that was put together to discuss the idea of people who have come back, who didn't come back, how the world has changed. And like Obsidian's learning all about this. Like Dad's like, Daddy, Daddy, what did you tell me about what's going on? Did you know about this? Did you let Jenny Lynn get kidnapped? I'm like, look. We don't know anything. We just know this totality stuff. And Vandal stabs in the background. Like, I don't believe this is bring your son to I work don't day. Think this should be going on. <laughs> the funny thing about it is Vandal Savage is Vandal Savage, right? Love you Vandal know, Savage. he does what he does, whatever. And it's weird. Like, for some reason, I got this idea that that setup with Magog was to tell everybody, look, Vandal Savage. He, this is the bad that it's always the bad like he's always just vandal savage it was weird like what are they playing with with the idea of some people came back different some people because he isn't the, the thing that shocked us with this totality and and this group was you had some odd people going Choices, in and out yeah. with you that had good and guys and bad guys, guys all together guys. To try yeah. to figure stuff out and it almost felt like listen with this going on this is not a good guy bad guy thing this is a thing that we really need the best of the best going on vandal savage immortal all that he should be involved let's go and i don't know it just kind of like played out like that Joshua Williamson wants to really push, like, hey, by the way, Vandal Savage, this is the bet, but he's always like that. And I did like the way he was portrayed, though. And I like, like you said, it pretty much is this doesn't bring your kid to work day. Like, this here. is totality business. This. And the idea that, you know, pretty much Alan seeing how, you know, Vandal's treating his kid and even, like, you know, Mr. Trivix saying, like, yeah, look, this is something the totality has to deal with and we can't have you running off and doing a thing. The idea that Alan is with, you know, the solidarity, which you never get before, was always Todd Rice's problem, Obsidian, mm-hmm. where that you don't have the fam- familiar connection is that, like, look, I'm here with my boy. Fuck you guys. He pretty much gives him the finger and just says, I'm out. I'm going to go take care of this myself. Yeah. And, you know, with all the JSA members that are missing and stuff like that. And yeah, my and daughter, that's what they this show, is all yeah. the family stuff. So you take your totality and you can show it up your ass. Yeah, pretty much. Because, and, and the funny thing is, you're, is an there's, there's, you're an asshole. Uh, Alan's like there and Obsidian's, I'm going to go. We're going to go kick ass. We're gonna, you better tell your boy what's going on. And I don't even know why he's there. But then. Vandal Savage goes a little too far now and Alan gets pissed and like, screw you, I'm with him. We're leaving. Uh, but I do like what that. What are you gonna that get to, Alan? Gonna go yeah. kick some ass. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna kick some ass. Like he said, that's what we're doing. I like though that he's like, when I get done with you, if you say anything about my kids again, you're gonna wish you weren't immortal. Because I'm gonna that's destroy trash talk. you. And that is awesome. And well, and Alan really Scott. just the idea that he does use that full out construct just to knock him down and has while he's talking trash, Vandal said because you know how Vandal, dare you? Vandal Savage. Really, I have to hit that. Vandal How Savage dare you? being talked down to, even in a physical way, there, you know, drives him nuts that he's laying on the ground while Alan I'm sitting. So, yeah, he's going to go off and kick ass. They go off into the darkness. They're going to use that idea of, do you have that connection with Jade? I can tell she's alive, but I don't oh, yeah, know the where she is. Yeah. yeah, so they're going to go off and do that. And you use that darkness. And this is, again, this felt very Jeff Johns. In even this transition where they go off into the darkness, the darkness well, it's becomes so funny. the Black Lantern so ring. Jeff Johns because Jeff Johns has built the groundwork for pretty much everything we're doing here. Even the JSA and bringing Todd back and doing all this stuff, moving into the Black Lantern ring, which he created as well. So 
all the stuff that you're thinking about is because Jeff John laid yeah, the groundwork so we can build it up from it there. That's what it must be. And even like the, and, and the art kind of looks like that st- like of him and doing his like stuff. All and, the and, great stuff of the 2000s, the JSA that you wanted to read, even when Todd was fighting his dad and stuff like that, you're getting all the, like the re- what feels like the resolution of that stuff here moving into a Black Lantern story. And I like this – in a way, even if it does so, okay, Josh Williamson, he's doing a little Jeff Johns, he's doing a little of assist thing. But remember, in Death Metal, it, just us personally, it was, oh, look, Scott Snyder's doing Grant Morrison, and that didn't hit as well with us. That's why I think that this story already is getting me more excited than I was at Death Metal. Also, it's a contained thing. It's not something that seems well, overblown. It's not, it's not trying to be goofy with like calling itself Death Metal or giving Batman a scythe guitar. Yeah, yeah. Or I looking like, you know, making that. Superman look like Glenn Danzig with a stone arm. Damn like the whole right. thing is the basis of Death Metal, amalgam Batmans and goofy shit. And like this feels like it's actually doing something in the like along the lines of stuff that I care about in the DC universe here. I'm like, you are building here. You're not just going off and doing some weird freaking drug hallucination trips. Yeah, really. And like you said, the idea of a Jeff Johns feel is because he did bring back characters, did do those. And that's what I think I like. And best expanded about upon this. them. Yeah, and, and the I thing like, is, not like, only that, but when he expanded upon them, he used the, pa- the past to do that. So even when you have Roy show up here trying to figure out how to use a black lantern ring that he has here, he thinks back to when he was speedy with Uncle Hal and trying to learn about the willpower stuff. And like, you know, I'll in the background. Don't let him fill your mind with that willpower nonsense. I love that whole thing. So he's thinking about the stuff that Hal told him about how it feels when he uses his ring in order for him to activate his black lantern ring. Like this all feels. You know what's crazy too? It it actually reminds me of the Jason Todd flashbacks in even this week in the Urban Legends where he thinks back and it's used to actually do something in the present. Like like most flashbacks like this do, but it has that fun feel because of the characters involved. Plus, you end up it's Roy, so it's it's cool deal. And yeah, he ends up being able to use the Black Lantern ring. Now we start getting things that are the questions. And, and now on, then on, that's yeah. the thing is this Black Lantern ring, like you think you know about a Black Lantern ring. You don't know why it's on Roy besides for the fact like what we saw before when Necron came back initially in Blackest Night. And the idea is like we're going to get we're going to like take over the people who all died, who deserve to stay dead, but came back anyway, like Superman and like Barry and all that other stuff. Everybody else like Green Arrow. Pretty much everybody in the DC universe at that point, but like the big heavy hitters who died and come back. Roy's along the lines of those ranks now, so you can kind of say, okay, what's up with that? But what's up with the Black Lantern? But when like the, he's like, talk to me, Ring. How's Ring talks to him? Talk to me. And it just shoots out this gigantic plume of black energy. And you see the world is being, you know, written around us right now. And at the head of all of that, though, it seems this dark side. And on, like before where like the anti monitor was, you know, the power of the Black Lantern ring and the Necron was the avatar. Seems that everything we, like Darkseid is, and that is the basis of what we're dealing with right now because we have the Omega symbol on uh, on uh, Psycho Pirate on the Omega Earth, and it seems like he's connected to that. And it seems even with his black and gray costume that he has on, this might be a freaking Black Lantern Omega, like you know Psycho Pirate. So what we have here is at the heart of it. Darkseid is. He seems to be in control of the Black Lantern rings and the reason that they're out, because even when Wally sees all this, he seems to be consumed and taken over by this energy to where the Black Lantern symbol on his chest becomes an Omega symbol. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now, but it feels fucking big. But it's crazy because you have Dark Side there. You end up having the Omega Psycho Pirate, like you said, but you also see Barry was in chains there. And yeah. that's where they the Omega Earth. he went to the Omega Earth. But then he sees Leanne. And she's alive. There. And he's, alive. Yeah, and he's all excited. And then you get Thomas Wayne there as well with something that's going on. So with that, it's cool. I do I just like the progression though when he sees this 
almost sort of like construct premonition and like of what's going on all around him and what's going to affect him in the like you know the few, like the short future but you have like Thomas Wayne Batman you got Barry in chains you got Omega Psycho Pirate you have Leanne alive but at the head like I said you have Dark Side and when he sees Leanne alive which I saw her I'm like I didn't recognize her until no, he said it for how it worked. I but, actually thought it was Jade. Actually, and like, that's the thing is, and I didn't know either because of the coloring. You usually could tell Jade because the bitch is green. Well, yeah, you yeah. Had the oh like, my god, Leanne, <laughs> Leanne alive? No, no, no. So what, as this thing is just going over, the energy keeps just billowing out of like you know his ring like smoke. He's like, "Show me my daughter. Where is she? Tell me now." And I love the first response of the ring for everything's like talk to me, and he's freaking out now. The emotion is going overdone because that's how the like yo. Know, Black Lanterns would see the and feed off the idea that to see emotion. So when you have all this emotion coming out of Roy, he becomes a fucking buffet for whatever this thing is. If it's old school rules, but tell me now. And the only thing it says, Dark Side is, and that Omega symbol just takes over, like you know, Roy, and then shoots him off into the cosmos. And I'm like, well, shit, I didn't want this for Roy, but I need to know what's going to happen yeah. next. And and again, if this is where. The dark even side that, is that looks like that black lantern ring took him over to the point where he almost looks like one of those zombie black yeah, lanterns in Blackest Night. He does, and when you go off, you know you can go. Well, it's dark side. He's controlling the deal. We obviously saw the but again, you know, Omega deal, or this could be the black lantern ring telling him in a premonition that he's got. But if anybody's going to be in charge and going where he might be able to stop that, I'm glad that's Roy because he needs a little bit of you know a focus and things like that. And we think he's pretty awesome, Merrick. So you can go off. And with that idea of centering on Leanne being like, like all that stuff is really cool, but I don't understand it yet. No, uh, I'm interested though. No, I mean, you're that, talking that's about a that crazy shit. deal. You I say you it. don't understand that because then you're just like, oh my God, I don't understand that, but it seems cool. But then you go into your next little vignette, your next segment here, and you want to talk about not understanding with the idea where Cameron Chase has to go meet up with, you know, Captain Adam because. He's a guy who knows about space and time and stuff like that. We need to get him on our Mr. Bones team over here, the new DEO. So Cameron's going to go talk to old freaking Captain Adam. But she, you know, he's acting a little funny, Jim. He's acting like they're a little bit too familiar for that. And like, you know, Cameron Chase does. So she brings up like, oh, you're retiring, Captain. That's not, that doesn't seem like something you would do. Remember what you told us when we were doing that thing in Morocco? Yeah, those were, that was a long time ago, Chase. We ain't never seen each other today in our lives. The oldest trick in the book. So even the idea where, Whatever's happening in the multiverse right now or the omniverse, some people didn't come back and somebody and like, you know, some, it even seems almost feels like a faction, but somehow, some way, other people who are the doppelgangers of the people we know in the multiverse are using this chance to fill into their shoes, just jump right into their spot in our Earth Prime, our Earth Zero, and just jump right in there. But when Cameron calls him on this, He's like, you know, he's he's never going to let me live now that you pointed this out. And this goes, dark side is, rips his containment suit open, and a nuclear bomb goes off. Blows up. So it, 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 I, dark Cameron side Chase, is. Cameron can't be alive. I mean, she has. There's but I no think that possible way they're going to say it's a hologram. <laughs> I'm telling you. But I, it is the oldest trick in the book. But I like that. And it does oh, tie no, it in where Cameron goes to Batman and Superman. Hey, I saw this thing. You know, I'm working with Bones on the deal. But it is a bit you know focused on these doppelgangers like what happens are there bad superman batmans whatnot and when they go it is weird because we're being duped because when she goes right into it it almost feels like she is there because hey captain Adams not you know doesn't feel right whatnot and goes right in with this test when it did seem like bone said hey we got to recruit him yeah. and i thought that that was a little forced because the idea of what we were kind of led to believe by seeing exactly it you got to go and recruit him she gets there hey well you know what's going on i i wish it was just like hey captain adam go see what he's 
up to. And I even would go, and maybe this is too on the nose, but the camera would be like, like, I have no connection with him. Like, why would you want me to do that? And like, just go and see, because she seemed to have a set plan. This seems like a setup dupe of, and I, but I still loved it. I love when she's like, you didn't tell us that when we were in the shit back then. And, oh man, we said a lot of crazy things back Long there. Time no chase. And then I even like the idea where, I mean, Cameron, I do like her a bit because he's like, you oh, liked man. her. I her ass died in a nuclear I like explosion. When, I know when, when you end up With having Captain blast. Adam and he's like, oh, shit, we were really good friends on my earth. Even says, you know, the earth he's from, all that stuff going on. Which and, I want to know which earth that is. Yeah, yeah. And when you end up having all that, she's like, well, we might be able to be here as well. Right. You know, we might be able to be if you if you will. Uh, come with it. me quietly and he's like nope he can't do that and that's the thing i think that he's completely Dark telling the truth though when he is. says she's like where is the real captain adam because mentioning captain adam ended up dying in the big deal and uh he's like i don't know oh yeah I he, don't he know. died in death metal never he came died back. in death metal never came back and then you're like but on my world West coast yeah, that's the thing is yeah Captain Adam blew up in Death Metal setting up the whole t- terrain of like I, I think it was in the dark multiverse guidebook but he, he blew up I the barely, entire West I, Coast. I forgot about it, actually. And until they said it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. But even then, I'd never, like, like. Just he, think about that, of, though. He died I in know. death metal and took out the entire West Coast. What is this Captain Adam opening up his containment suit going to do? I don't know, Eric. We're going to see. But, yeah, he says he'll find out. He'll come All right, Pete Chase. You know, with this, you don't understand what's really going on in the multiverse, and I know too much. I can't let you take me in. What you're, he'll find out. He'll come for me. I'm sorry, Cameron. And again, I think that he's How is dark side again, involved, like, Jim? the dark side is like, you know, dark side is the big bad. And because it does seem like he's pushing that idea of either that or his agent, psycho pirate, whatever of like, they'll come and they'll destroy me. I'm, I'm just going to die here, though. It's a shame that he's just going to take everybody with him. I mean, seriously, yeah, yeah fly up <laughs> in the air the like breaks. a firestorm or exactly. something, right? Yeah, he just goes there. Yeah, them to breaks. Look at that. Look at this that Captain Adam comes from a world where casualties is not a big problem for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, it doesn't seem. Uh, but yeah, that's how it ends. I liked it. I liked Crazy it a lot. I thought that it was really cool. I liked all the things that are being set up. Yes, I want more answers, but I'm going to have to think we'll get those. And so having, I mean, just oh. seeing Obsidian, it makes me smile because you love Obsidian and just having Alan Scott, like all Obsidian's these things okay. are really good. I, I like these But you like having them being there. I like being because, because Todd was thing. always a jerk. I was more of a J. Ginny Lynn fan kind of thing. It's like I always thought her brother was a jerk. But man, I liked her, like her and Kyle together. Hopefully, hopefully Obsidian doesn't come in here and ruin this. And, and maybe Kyle will stop being missing. Eric, right? And missing he is. But it just looks like a lot of the chips on Obsidian's shoulder from the past have pretty much gone. And now that him and his father can have a relationship, they're willing to do this. And we're going to have an Obsidian that just doesn't fly off the handle all the time. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe if something happens to Jade, which would drive you nuts, that might I love get Jade that so much. back. But yeah. And then, uh, what would you give it? I, I was originally at an 8 out of 10, but I'm an 8.5 out of 10 oh right God, there Eric. with the Flash. You and son I, of a jerk. I like all the stuff setting up. I, I really don't like the, the coyness of it all. Cause like I said, my biggest problem is maybe it's my own like misconceptions of what I thought it was going in where I think it's a roadmap for what yeah. the new frontiers, uh, infinite frontiers going to be. That's what screwed me off in the first and which is all of the questions on top of questions that I can't always, especially with Joshua Williamson. I like, I like what he's doing here, but from past the stuff, I can't see that he'll always get back and finish up all these questions with answers. So I'm a little bit worried in that front, but. I just, when I leave this section here, I'm like, oh my God, Roy and there's Dark Side and Dark Side and Omega. I'm like, what does that mean? Going on to the next section, what does that mean? I'm like, I, I want to know something in these things that I'm enjoying, even though I am still enjoying them. 
But I'm at 8.5 out of 10. I'm going to go up just because I like talking about it and I like talking about the world that's created now and all the mysteries that are out there that I want to get to the bottom of. Do you like talking with me? I do. Um, I want to go to the bar and talk to some other people, though. Okay. They don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, I talk really. at them. But but I, I, I listen to you, though, sometimes. Uh, the funny thing when you said that, and I said, son of a jerk. I don't know why I said that. That's but, all right. Uh, I'm just saying, I gave it an 8 on the side. I'm going up through an 8.5. I sat there the whole time. Like, the middle, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to have to go up to like... Well, it's a good thing like, when oh, we recorded know. last night that we didn't go into our book of the week then, huh? Yeah, really, it is uh, for you. For me. For you. Yeah. Uh, yes, because, yeah, I went up and, and it was talking with you and just realizing, like, yeah, everything in here is pretty darn cool. It really it sure is. is. If it doesn't pan I, I really out, want a Black Lantern Roy Harper figure now. Yeah, he looks that, really cool in the that costume cool. for whatever reason. Seriously, I want the Psycho Pirate, a mega Psycho Pirate. That looks I, awesome. I actually don't want that for whatever reason. Really? I have no interest in that. It's funny with that. Uh, I saw at least two reviews. And then you see the Omega Dr. Fates. Oh oh. All right. All right. Then, then one review. They were mad because, oh, my God, at the end of the uh, Flash annual, it says that Wally's alive. Oh, my God. Like, really? Like, you got to read other books. But with all of this going down, Eric, what's next? Next up, we have The Joker, number five, written by Matthew Rosenberg and James Tyne in the Forest, with a backup by Sam Johns, art by Francesco Francavilla, and Tom Napolitano, Sweeney Boo, and Ariana Mayer. Sweeney, everything's coming up, Sweeney Boo. Sure is. We're, Holy moly. We're going to have a brief pause in our story to go back in time and show us just how obsessed Jim Gordon is with the Joker, even though it's worked fine through narration thus far, and if you've pretty much read any Batman before. I'm pretty sure you already know that's po- the point of this book. But after the Joker was originally caught, Jim Gordon let a lot of people down in trying to make sure that this new monster of Gotham stayed locked up. And on top of that, Jim, we got a punchline back up. Yeah, and the weird thing about this is is I, I go to read this, and I think that James Tynan, he falters a little. He stumbles but a little. But Matthew here. Rosenberg as well. Well, I think that the thing here Co-written. is more about the background, Just, but it's, not, it's nothing great, but of Samson and the family, you know, the cannibals, yeah. and he was a cannibal. I think it's more supposed to be about that, but you're all – like you're so pushing – the Gordon angle still because of what the book is. Let's just talk about that. Let's just let's remove ourselves from the Gordon and being obsessed with yeah. Joker as because we've we seen for that. years and years and years. We know that it ruins his family life. Like they, even nothing. if we like, you know, even if we go past the idea of like, you know, past nineteen eighty nine, I think it was when you know the Killing Joke came out. Obviously, that is a big point, but it's always been that, and we've seen that through the progression of the narration that has been overly narrated that we've talked about throughout this. I used to think I was a good man, but I let my family down because I did this or I did that. Like we've been told this story in the background of every issue previous to this one. So, and now we're going to spend an entire issue to show us pretty much what we already know. But when you're talking about the idea of the Samson family and the connection that we have with these crazy Texan crime family that we have here, who's, you know, the, the, the matri- the, the patriarch that we had before he was locked up in Arkham and he was killed during a day. So his brother, who's run everything since he's going to get revenge and kill that Joker. Do we really need that much idea of the Samson family to the point where, yeah, his brother's locked up in Arkham Asylum. This is a really good wing that, you know, his like the Samson family has built for this single guy. And like, but the Joker really does need this. So Jim Gordon gets him to spend some money on a, on a like, you know, an additional bit of wing to keep the Joker in check as long as well as his brother. I just don't understand why we needed to up the ante with the Samson family for a financial sense. Yeah. And well, I think that what you had to show or what they wanted to show here. And again, it, it's almost like. It almost feels like, you know, remember little little boy Mr. Wayne deal and the Tom King deal, that, that whole Master deal. Bruce? That was, Master Bruce. Like you ended up 
taking the side to show this origin story and whatnot. And it feels, it kind of has that feel to me with this. There, you're trying to round out the way of why the Samson family is so upset, which is, you know, combining the idea of the money, maybe all the money they put into it. But there's not enough there. So they decide, well, we also like, have to tag in a lot this, of the Gordon stuff. I would have well, rather have had is, we don't need every to tag other in the Gordon characters. stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I think that what they end up deciding is, it's too much to have a full-out background story of why the Samson family is upset and going after the Joker. It can't sustain a whole issue, uh, so let's throw Gordon in as well and just keep showing. Because it is, in my mind, generic Gordon, and it feels like, okay, we'll throw the Gordon in. What should we do with Gordon, though? Because Oh, just show that the family's going to end up well, having problems thing and is, things like that. It never, the it family, does, that doesn't progress anything. The family's not having any problems. It's just that Jim Gordon called up the patri- the new patriarch. No, of the I Samson mean, I'm fam- saying the family of his. You know, they're oh, right, right. Yeah, he's, been, he's letting them down something fierce. But either, but the idea of the Samson's like, all right, Jim Gordon, you've done touched my heart with your, with your words about the Joker. I will give you money to actually, you know, make better accommodations for these people. Not even better accommodations, just more secure to keep these, you know, inmates in check over at Arkham Asylum on top of my brother. Okay. Okay, here's like, the deal now. You say this now, I got another idea that he also screwed them over with Gordon as well. I think that we're going to see there's going to be a little bit that the Sampsons are after Gordon as well. And this will well, set it up. Well, that's the thing is, he was telling Mr. Sampson how bad the Joker was and why they needed this money, the Sampson money to go and build this extra stuff. And the thing is, he didn't even ask for the money. He just asked him to move the Joker into where Billy Sampson is right now. Just please do that because he has more security. Now, if he would have gone back and done this issue, he want to explore the Sampson family. And we got to see the evolution of the Samson family, how they became a crime family and where Billy decided to kill and eat people. I kind of want to see that. And what's I, I did too. And it seems again, like they're being pushed as cannibals as well at one point, but even then what's the odd people, what's the odd idea though, of like, what is going on with him in prison and why they even care about that? Like they could have, they could have killed him at any point. Like, and they spell out, He's the reason why we have all our fortune, yes. things like that. So it almost feels like there's something else involved that he needs to remain alive for this to keep going. And that would be another reason they were pissed, but we don't get it. But yeah, with all You don't this, piss on family. You don't yeah, piss I mean, on hospitality. It's so weird, the idea. Like I said, I think that this is to set up, oh, yeah, this is why these Samson. Because, but you don't even go because this is in the past. The idea that he supposedly died in a day. Yes. I think it's supposed to, though, go with they're also pissed off at Gordon, too. Not just because of the only reason why a lot of this might have went down and something in the past. And this God thing damn with it, the Gordon, if you just would have taken that fuckwad and ate him when you had a chance, yeah, none yeah. of this would have happened. My I, brother I, whatever, Billy would still whatever. be alive. It's just weird. And it's it's very vague Tarnation. with some things. And I think they play off with the Francavilla art that it's, you know, it's a cool little look of like a hard deal but well that, even that it gives a flashback style with the way that it comes off as well but you look at this book and you could see the era of like you know the batman year one or it's even cool. the long this is Halloween. his style with anything he, this, yeah yeah you ever see his uh it's like the darth vader castle it's just this as well but it works they got yeah. somebody good to do it and it really works but just this pounding in of gordon 
Gordon's obsessed with the Joker. Gordon's family is suffering because of his obsession well, not with the that. Joker. Like, Harvey that, Dent, like, he wants to bring down the like the, the Falcone crime family, and Gordon's supposed to be there. He's supposed to contact Batman, but he's too worried about keeping Joker in his cell now that he's moved, moved to Arkham. And on top of that, he's supposed to go and do stuff with his family. It's even Halloween. Like, you know, he's got to go and take out. Actually, now I'm thinking it is a long Halloween because along those lines. But he is this character that you've seen over and over again who is obsessed not only with the Joker, but his job. And the job comes first. And you just see that over and over again to the point of the anniversary that he misses, yeah, he misses. and all this other stuff. But Sad. ultimately, it's just Jim Gordon. I like it. He's like, oh, man, I missed the anniversary, but I don't understand why we're eating black and white turkey. Uh, but with with all this, again, like you said over and over, and I said, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> it sounded like I was making fun of you. The idea that we know why Gordon's there trying to get the Joker. We, sure we know this. So the, the over-the-top pushing of this more, it's nice enough, but we need to get remember last issue i even said at that issue i wanted more we were just you ended up liking you know what was it vengeance is that you vengeance know, the daughter of bane like i wanted more of a background deal and i think that now we're going to get these every so often of these backgrounds of these characters so that we can fill in the blanks of why they're doing what they're doing and how and and that's fine but this one if that is the case that you're showing more of a Samson, fa- you're not. You're just ending up reminding us of us something that we already know. We know that the that's the basis of this whole series is that he is obsessed with the Joker and always has him wants to end it finally. And now you have to tell us again. We didn't need that. And I think that it was a bit over the top and a bit overrun. Now, with all of that. I could barely read through this this punchline backup. You know, I love punchline, Eric. I've heard that. I, I sent you a message. I said it is barely readable. What is going on here? And how, how about this? It to progresses. make you feel better, can we call it a Harper Row backup? Well, to make I you feel do. better. We get to say, did you get the idea when you get their father, Cullen and Harper's father? They go and talk. Boy, when he last was talked to like this. There was a little different times where you're allowed to be real over the top with the language because he was a real piece of crap. Marcus was not a fan of the idea of his son being gay or his daughter. He was the biggest homophobe, and it was right in your face about it because, hey, he's a piece of crap. You can't do that anymore. So, hey, what's your brother doing? What are you doing? I'm like, yeah, times have changed since you last were seen there, Marcus. Uh, But even that, like this idea, the dialogue. When you end up having Colin, hey, let's go to the arcade. Hey, there's this guy. Oh, I really like to see the videos and the things. And then this, this over well, the like, idea I, where like, you know, Colin is questioning why he's here and going for the, like the, the punchline bandwagon when the people he's hanging out with, with his new boyfriend are like, I love that punchline. You know, she kills people and it's so cool. The idea that people are on the punchline bandwagon because they just think it's cool to, you know, be anti-establishment and murder folks. Colin's like, maybe I should not is be Colin here. thinking of Harper as well. Like, Hey, those self-righteous and annoying robins and birds, those little birdies and everybody's laughing. Like, he's like, I'm telling you, this kid, that he's talking to is wearing a shirt in Gotham that says Joker was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, at it's one like point, assholes walking around with a Charlie Manson shirt. Yeah. And, and so, but this deal, this this whole waste of time. Like, Colin, what's going on? What happened to you? I, I have to explain. I messed up. And then you go through a whole page of listen. This kid, and, and you have said this a lot. That kid, you Chuck, have, he is trash. You have explained to me this situation that everybody knows about usually that you have a piece of shit friend but you're always there because they're just that's all the connection is they were a childhood friend chuck yeah and so you end up with but it's so overly overly explained 
with, well, you know, I know, but I'm there to tell them stuff. You didn't tell them stuff. I know, but I'm really th-. And I'm like, I, I don't care. I don't care. about. I like Colin. I love Harper. Not here. Show me what's going on with Punchline. Show me not the stuff where then Harper goes to her dad. Hey, what's going on? I don't even know what he knows or whatnot because well, he that's shouldn't be anywhere weird situation. near Punchline I know. in a jail. Well, that's the thing. Is you're in black gay prison. I'm guessing you have the women's section and the men's section. Yeah, but this whole black gay penitentiary. What is it, whisper down the lane then? But the he idea where know. he is, seems to know things. Maybe he's a made man in here. I don't know a lot about Marcus Rowe and the background and stuff like that. I but don't like, think you know, how does. he's connected with anything crime or why Harper thinks she can go to him and have a visit and talk about need a favor, pups. I need to get you know one person in, two people out, and I'm like. Again, I, I know he's a piece of crap, but beyond that, I don't know if he has the wherewithal to really allow you to, and especially, you know, going from the men's section to the women's section to be able to get somebody in prison I mean, and then maybe get two a, people at out the of prison. department store, but in prison. Plus, I'm thinking, like, you're not spelling out what he does, what it is he made, man, whatever, because seriously, somebody's listening to this conversation. Somebody is taping this. These phones in prison, it's not just like, hey, I, you can talk about whatever. Th- these things are monitored, and they're just going on and on about what they're going to do, get them out and all that. It just doesn't even make sense. I know we need to spotlight Harper because she's our main heroine for this punchline storyline, which I love Harper getting some spotlight here. I'm like, it's the best part of the book, honestly, in my mind, even though she's not doing much. But when we have a situation that involves breaking in the prison and then breaking two people out of prison, including yourself, obviously, being part of the two, but this feels like a bat family problem. You might want to call some help in. I'm glad you said that because I almost said it a little bit ago. And the idea that Harper now is involved in prison breaks and things that's way beyond. In fact, it's way beyond if she was even currently really a big bat family member, but she's been kind of on the side for a while. She's going to school or whatever. And now all of a sudden she's right in prison. Break. I mean, it's the great escape going on here. She should call Batman. And even then, Batman should be involved anyway, or Oracle, or the Batgirl, something going on with more than just her. Also, just the idea with Cullen, it's almost like at the end here, they're like, oh, we got to get Cullen and show that he's not really down with the punchlines and he's upset at some of the people involved. And it just felt the thing worse. Is, he's not into the punchline for the wrong reasons, at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, hey, you listen to the Punchline podcast? Yeah, you see that Grizzly videos? Well, no. Oh, it's awesome. They're Did awesome. you see the Punchline Faces of yeah. Death video yeah, it's from West Coast video? When I ended up working with Big Bob at my old work, the guy died. Uh, he was like, hey, tonight when I get home. Yeah, that was it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> hey, when I get home, you want me to send you some beheading videos? I'm like, I, what did you say beheading? Because this better be somebody saying, hey, I'm going to go to that dude's house and I'll beheading right there or something. I don't know what I was trying to make. A sexy I'm joke. I'm no, you want to swear no, Yeah, no, these, these were bad. Like, beheading the 7-Eleven. I'm like, no, I'd be heading away from that. I don't need that. He's like, it's awesome. I just imagine this. I don't understand. It's one of those things. Honestly, I am Colin, Colin Rowe here talking to Chuck in this freaking arcade. The idea that. Yeah. And Chuck's like, a big oh, man, guy. It reminds me of Big Bob. Agreed. It's this whole thing. Like, man, it's been a hard day at work. Just imagine if you are this Chuck or this Big Bob kind of mentality in real life. Oh, Big Bob but like so bad. Shit, it's been a hard day at work. It's like, I need to go home and relax and sit down and watch some motherfuckers get their heads cut off. Yeah. What? I mean, th- this is – and and oh, I, could ju- I could go through all the th- the things that this guy – 9-11 hits and, oh, my God, he, he wanted the purge right away. Just, hey, let's go get that. I'm like – what, what do you mean? Like, like he's pointing out. It was awful. He was. He awful. was also like not the um, 
Smartest guy? No, he was I wouldn't dumb. Say that. I'm actually trying to say it in a wor- worse way just to make him even more disparaged. Well, but he, was a, he was a piece of crap, number one. His parents were just his IQ was probably 75. And, and a thing that I will give him a little benefit is the idea where his fa- – like he didn't go to school because his dad made him and his sister go to their work because he was a night uh, watchman. And he would fall asleep and they'd go through and do these swipe cards, what they had to do, things like that. His dad ended up making him get a job at a diner at 11 and obviously under the table. But Bob never got paid. The money was paid to Bob's dad, who set that up pretty much indentured servant deal like deal and convinced Bob that that's just what everybody does, that every kid has to work at 11 for their family like that. And they don't get paid. But once you hit a certain age. Oh, he said about racket. even the idea when he worked at Denny's or whatever. Having kids home. is such a racket. He, he brought home steaks, and his dad ended up throwing the steaks in the alley and, and beating the shit out of him. <laughs> Plus, Bob ended up saying that one of his best days was when he turned 18 and finally was able to buy himself a toothbrush, Eric. Yes, that was him uh, with all of that. And just the worst, the worst. The I would things not have that talked he, to this man. The things that he thought at one point said – well, Jesus had to be white because I saw his photograph in a Bible. I'm like, all right, I, I get you. I get you, dude. You, you don't have but a lot for of intelligence, line. right? But punchline. I just, you end up where you see punchline and, you know, it's just, she's gathering she be, up. The she team. had Orca beat up the Queen of Diamonds like last issue, I believe. And now, like, punchline is in charge of the Royal Flush Gang, at least in the women's, like, you know, blacky penitentiary section. And now she wants Kelly Ness. And I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't either. Is that the girl who was that side girl? I think it might be. That other girl that they couldn't find? Don't I know. don't know. I like the one guy who has the espresso yourself shirt, Eric. That's pretty clever. Espresso right? yourself. Espresso yourself. But yeah, th- this I do like bad. to stay caffeinated. Yeah, I do too. Th- this is um, this is not a great chapter of, of Punchline, and they haven't been great. Uh, no. You're really diminishing the character. You aren't. I like seeing Harper. Me and you are Harper fans, but uh, you know you can do something. Well, Harper's better not than doing this, much right? here, and she was no. taken down. She's by over a, her head. Just, so. She was taken down by just some dude in the last time we saw her actually being Bluebird, and it was very disparaging to the character. Where like you know, finally Harper Row Bluebird has time to shine. And each time you see her, she sucks. Well, you say that too. What's funny is like, oh my god, that random. They're not booking dude, this well. That rando, he took me down. Is that but Adrian, is yeah, that his name? something like that. Adrian ends up like, well, that didn't work out. Now I'm going to do the great escape at the prisons. Like, no, no, no. You didn't, you didn't, your head? You didn't do real great with that rando. Call up Dick. <laughs> We're fucking Tim. Call up Tim. Call up anybody. Wait, even that the idea, like we are so far removed from the regular Bat family. This is to the point where the regular Bat family gives such a little shit about punchline. But all right, we have Harper Rowe and her liaison, Doctor Leslie Tompkins. Well, you're not getting anybody here. All right, yeah. Uh, like you said, like I said, Steph was involved heavy with her. Also, I mean, I'd even go with the. I wonder what Anarchy's doing nowadays. <laughs> like, I never said that in my life. Maybe she should. Eat anarchy. Right? Maybe she should. She could even call like Luke Fox. I, I don't know. Just call somebody Duke. I mean, all these people were involved. You, Duke would be cool, right? Duke would I think, be cool. I think he'd come in and start trying to. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure at that one point, we're like, I don't know if it was fut- uh, Future's End that we had before, before Future State, when we had a five years of the future, but I'm pretty sure before he, like, you know, no, it was even before that. I think it was Detective Comics number 27 of the New 52 where we had a look into the future because in that we had Harper for the first time in that future being shown as a Bluebird character and Duke was known as Lark. 
and they were the sidekicks of Batman. So, like, obviously having Duke and Harper together could be good. Yeah, that'd be really Both cool. Snyder creations do it. And basically, you end up, he, she calls Batman and says, well, what time is it? Is it daytime or nighttime? They're like, well, it's afternoon. Call Duke. Ugh. He does the day shift. Why'd you wake me up? And then she's like, well, I thought you seven seconds till you fall asleep. <laughs> that nonsense. You only need two hours, jerk. And you don't dream unless you want to. But yeah, by the end of this, I thought that this was a down issue of a book that you've been liking more I than have. me. I don't think it's one of those issues that like, oh my God, I'm done with this. It's just kind of like an, a shame well, it's a, because we're liking other stuff. Yeah, you don't need the law. And the thing is, I think that Franco Frank, uh, Francesco Francovilla here does a good job of giving you that that old-timey feel to the way that he draws for the flashback era issue that we're dealing with. I'm telling you, I look at it, I can totally see like a Batman year one slash long Halloween type feel just because of the time frame and the way the art looks, you know, in stylized format. And I like that aspect of it. And I like, I, I like the stuff that we get in here. I think it's good. I just don't think it's needed for everything that we already know about this story and Jim Gordon going into this. This feels like it's just a weird lull in a story that I'm really into. And you're just like taking us off track for no real reason. Here's the deal. Listen, in, in the landscape now, what this reminds me of fully, and, and in the way it reminds me of the issue we just got with Swamp Thing and the Catwoman Father. Like, we're getting these side deals. Now, the Swamp Thing drove us nuts more because it's a limited series. So you end up, but even this, though, we were at a point where the excitement was hitting. I mean, it was really going. You're, everybody's on the run. You end up having these characters and, and everything's, you know, pretty kick And then a lull, it's weird. It's a weird pacing for the whole series issue. itself for a fifth issue. Um, and again, is it like, is it one of those where this is something where they're going to have two trades, five issues each for this arc? I don't know how long this arc is. I always forget that this is actually an ongoing. It feels I know weird. it happens. But, you know, is this one of those where it's to set up a trade the way they want to go? Because then you I go back know. to it and go, I don't know either. But I, it just I just feels look at it weird. as a story point of view, not how it's going it to look just, in the trades. It just feels weird, though. Having this at this point and and having more of a focus than what I think it's to show the Samson connection, uh, which we don't know much about the family. Still don't because you're still worried about. Well, oh, my God. Is, look at Gordon. He's my obsessed. family member died. We're a vengeful folk. The Samsons are. I'm going to kill you for killing my brother. And I don't need to see the financial angle of it, because if you're going to show me more about this, show me Billy Samson killing and eating people and getting sent to Arkham. And I want to see why that made them, you know, did he eat just all the competition? You know, because they said what he did ended up making us rich as hell. So we always want to, you know, I accommodate him I imagine he went out least. there and killed the competition. That's, it might be. I don't know. Or ate him. You know. Or actually, I th- actually, I th- honestly think that, you know, Billy and his brother, who's the head of the crime family, I think Billy killed and ate his parents and they got inherited. Like well, he got inherited the money. I mean, he ends up saying that that's what gave us all the deal and that's why they're nice to him and, and keep him drugged in this. Oh, Uncle deal. Billy. He get, he sacrificed oh, everything by guy. eating his parents. Yep. There you go. Eat the rich, Eric. That's what they ended and up he saying. Did. He right? heard Aerosmith's yes, Get a Grip he was album. Hurting he it. lost that's his what, mind. That's what ended up making him go. Or maybe <laughs> Motorhead, Eric. He could have no. heard that. So you go just Aerosmith. Get a Grip. You jerk. It's a great you album. Jerk. But what do you get? A single us? bad song on that freaking what do you album. Yeah, it says you. Says you. Not that that's not what I heard Joe Perry say. Oh my. He what would never self, say anything bad about a, that. What a self-hating guitarist, Dan. I ultimately ended up giving this a six point five out of ten because while I was disappointed in the story, 
I thought that the artwork worked great for what the story they were telling. It's just not for me. And the punchline backup, it looks great in my mind. It's just not doing much overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a seven. I'm a little more because I really do like the art and that first part. And I do get a little bit of like, I don't know. It's not info, but I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Like, what is that? connection but with samson family was there more and we're gonna get you know and stuff like that but the idea it's gordon he's a sad sack his family life was ruined because of his session with it he's not a sad sack he is just career or or like oriented he's a sad sack i'm saying even now but what i'm telling you is that's the basis of the book i didn't need to stop and be reminded of actually the reason why this book at this point, the story exists and why Gordon is doing what he's doing, because we know that that was a given because of all the things that ended up happening before. You're not expanding on that. You're just telling us again. And so, but it's like, like I he, said, he was obsessed with Sarah Essen. She's gone. Now he's obsessed with the Joker. His wife can't catch a break. And he likes smoking. Who he doesn't? does. And he's a ginger. He said, uh, first, that, that uh, coloring in this really pointed, like, oh, really yeah. pushes the ginger. Well, honestly, that's too. the best part, too, just the idea for how hard that orange is pushed. I'm like, yeah, he's young. I got to say, yeah. I like you too, did that. It. it is the week of the gingers because we didn't even say it. Point this guy Roy, Roy and Warley are like, let's do it for the gingers. And like, all right, let's go. Yeah, where's Guy? Getting punched, probably. Or drinking, or maybe, no, you know. He's off being a god on another planet. He's, future states he's going off past. with his freaking alien DNA. Baldarians? Baldarians. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go seven to be a little more positive. But we're going to go up now. We're going to go and hear from Clay from uh, doing the uh, spotlight, the digital spotlight. And then we'll be back to finish up with a bunch of books. Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? Man, it's been so long since I've used this thing. Uh, well, hey, guys. Welcome back to another uh, installment. I can't really say episode because uh, I'm in the middle of an episode with Eric and Jim. Now, welcome to another installment of, of course, the Weird Science Digital Spotlight. I am your host, Clay, and I am going to play catch up with some of the books that we were talking about. There is going to be one title I will not be talking about partially, mainly because it was hot garbage, that being the truth and justice story with Robin. I went ahead and just skipped that last issue. Instead, I'm jumping right into issue 19 with Zatanna. We will get there eventually. It's going to be one of the last books we talk about because unfortunately that one wasn't great either. Um, but it has potential. Maybe uh, we'll get to it. Uh, but of course, we will be talking about Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, we will finish the story with Azrael. And then we will get uh, to this story that has to deal with Scarecrow, but not really. And there's this other girl thing. I not entirely. I, did I just call somebody a thing? Oh my god, I'm gonna get canceled. Anyway, but we are gonna be talking about Justice League Infinity, the Batman Adventures Continue Season Two, Number Two, as well as Batman and Scooby Doo Mysteries Number Four of Twelve. So let's jump right into that right now. We're gonna do. Let's do Justice League Infinity first. I think that was one. There's not a whole lot to these issues, unfortunately. Um, honestly, we could have just skipped all of these and then jumped into like the next issues that come out next week. But I really do want to talk about these uh, because I promised that I would be talking about digital sales. Or not digital sales, but digital books. So uh, Justice League Infinity, of course, we all know this is a continuation of the Justice League cartoon series, uh, specifically Justice League Unlimited. Uh, JMD 
Uh, I did have a brief conversation with him over at the weird, uh, not weird science, sorry, World Finest True Believers podcast. So go check that out. We have a creator spotlight there where me and my co-host Chris did talk to him. Uh, and we talked very briefly about this. It was near the end of that episode. Uh, here, though, in this book, it is uh, heavily narrated by Martian Manhunter. And the reason why it's narrated by Martian Manhunter is we find out that Martian Manhunter has actually stopped being a Justice Leaguer, um, which is an interesting choice. Uh, but we also open up with Amazo. Now, Amazo, of course, is the android that can copy basically every single hero's uh, uh, techniques, powers, what have you. Uh, there is a big storyline in Justice League uh, Unlimited with Amazo, which uh, JMD actually wrote, and which is why he chose to put this as like the first arc or issue or whatnot. But um, he Amazo ponders the question while traveling the universe, you know, why was he created? Who he, Who is he at the core of everything? So he's seeking answers that really no one can answer. Uh, but, I mean, what kind of journey is that? You know, he's an android. But it, it gets it gets really Pinocchio in here. But uh, he jumps into this, like, open dimension that's not really a dimension, but it, like, uh, visualizes itself as like an opening door to a different dimension. Very, very weird. Um, but we see that Martian Manhunter is in fact hiding as uh, a woman on the other side of the world compared to the Justice Leaguers. And he is basically just wanting to like live carefree. And it looks like he is like, since he's left, uh, the Justice League, he has lived as possibly five or six individuals, um, which is very, very interesting to kind of see how much time has passed since, like, the quote-unquote last episode of Justice League Unlimited. Uh, but this issue in particular is really fun because uh, it's Wally West's birthday. And remember, guys, in Justice League Unlimited, Barry Allen was not a thing. Wally West was the Flash uh, of that series. And they're actually throwing him a birthday party. And in the midst of this birthday party, uh, granny goodness just shows up out of nowhere with a whole bunch of parademons. And when they are fighting him, uh, who is it? I keep forgetting his name. Calabac, sorry. Calabac, the son of, uh, dark side also comes in with a whole bunch of his army. And I, like, I can't remember if he is technically, he, he was raised. I think it's this one. No, no, no. So Calabac is technically the son of, uh, I forgot his name, but in new Genesis. And then the other guy is actually the son of dark side that's what it is but they're adopted whatever i it you know the lore i'm sorry I, very confusing so they have this giant fight uh calabac and Grady goodness they get on each other's nerves basically and are fighting each other and the justice league members are trying to like keep it tame they don't know necessarily how they're going to defeat them and then all of a sudden mr miracles like i got a plan i know what i'm doing and like 
Barda is like barking orders at him. And she's like, I can't believe like you're just standing there in the midst of all this. What are you doing? Uh, and he, he explains, Hey, just trust me. Uh, and just give me some time. She's like, fine. So during this time, Martian Manhunter actually has this because he has been a justice leader for so long. He had this like telepathic link with them and he can sense when they're in danger. And it's almost like a reflex. He's about to go like fly out the window. He's like, no, 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 can't do that. You know, they're always in danger. They have chosen that life. I have chosen a life of peace. I am not a part of that team anymore. And then he goes back, of course, to the Justice Leaguers. Uh, Mr. Miracle actually uh, reversed the polarity on the boom tubes and sent each corresponding uh, member and army uh, between Calabac and Granny Goodness uh, back from where they came. And that's basically it. There's a little joke at the end, like with uh, Flash having to like clean up after his own. Uh, this is his birthday and they're like making him clean up. Uh, but Clark is telling Lois this all at dinner. And and she's like, you made him clean on his birthday. He's like, ah, it's fine. He cleaned it in like seven seconds, whatever. But what I really like about this is it harkens back all the way to the beginning where Amazo was in the other dimension, like full of mirrors and stuff. Um, he had like punched it at one point because he was what seemed like he was going insane in that small dimension. And what he didn't realize is he cracked the glass in it. Like this, like plasma or energy of some sort was seeping through. He was unaware of it. And somehow that energy is affecting earth in the sense that the Superman that we know immediately turns into the evil Superman from one of my favorite episodes. Um, and I don't know if this is the right one, but I do know that the emblem on that Superman is the same. There's an episode of Superman, the animated series where Lois is like sent into an alternative earth, an alternate earth where um, apparently she had died and Superman didn't know what to do with himself. So he teamed up with Lex and he became like basically uh, a not a like not like a god, like in the sense of like everybody was worshiping him, but he teamed up with Lex. And so he was just like an evil Superman at that point. Um, and with that evil Superman, his suit was black and he had this red and black, like almost a lightning bolt type thing on his S emblem and that Superman did not have a cape, but this one does. So there are some differences and it says next, where is Superman? Um, I really did enjoy this. Uh, the art was, although slightly different from the cartoon, very much still kept the same tones and the same shapes from uh, Bruce Timm's art. So I really did enjoy that. Um, I enjoyed the banter, uh, this whole new look at how like Martian Manhunter is not part of the team is really, really nice. Uh, so it, it is something new and we talked briefly. I can't remember who it was in the Slack chat, uh, over at weird science, but, um, the conversation came up on whether this even counts as continuity, you know, because one is a cartoon while the other one is a comic. And I completely understand that because I believe even Young Justice had comics while their cartoon was still going. And nothing in those comics has ever been referenced 
in the actual show. So I can understand the reason to kind of hesitate on reading this, but because there hasn't really been a huge push via DC or WB to ever continue this series, JMD keeps these characters very much in the same light of the TV show because, of course, he wrote some of those episodes, so he knows how these characters should act uh, within that universe. So it really does feel like a continuation, just like how Batman the Animated Series um, and this Batman Adventures Continues feels like it's within the same universe because they know their research and they do their research and they know these characters. Um, so for me, if you were reading Batman, the adventures continues season two or whatever, or the adventures continues, um, there should be no reason why you're not reading justice league, uh, infinity. So justice league infinity, I would give a simple 7.5. It wasn't the greatest book I have ever read. Um, but it was a nice fresh start for this new continuation of that universe. Uh, but speaking of Batman, the adventures continues. So let's go ahead and look at that issue too. Um, really nice cover. This is unfortunately already the end of the Court of Owls story. But if you're a fan of Batman, the animated series, you know that when it comes to larger stories within that show, there's nothing more than just a two-parter. They never go into three parts or four parts or five parts or anything else. If there is a story that kind of goes longer than two parts, it was normally a crossover where it was two and two. Um, just like the, um, I think it, on both parts, it was, or on both sides, it was the first Superman and Batman team up with Lex Luthor and Joker. And then there was another crossover with Batman and Superman. It was with Brainiac. So those are, are very fun, but it was more than two episodes because it, kind of was able to piggyback off of the other show. So in here, we do continue this back and forth with uh, uh, Dead Man and Batman. And it's really weird because in this continuity, and I didn't really s remember seeing this in uh, Batman the Animated Series. Now, I haven't seen uh, the Batman and Robin, I think, is that what it's called? Because I know there's two seasons. There's a total of four seasons of Batman the Animated Series. Two of them are Batman the Animated Series. Well, the other one is like Batman and Robin Adventures. Um, I have not watched all of Batman and Robin, so it may have happened there, but I'm not entirely sure. But it seems that Nightwing or Dick Grayson is uh, has a relationship with Batman, and more so because of their connections with. Uh, the circus. So like dead man goes into Alfred and is like doing all these like handstands and flips and stuff. Um, they make a joke afterward when he like gets out of Alfred where Alfred is like, huh, I have this, I did have a strain in my neck and now I don't anymore. You know, uh, just very, very playful. I do enjoy dead man in this issue. Um, he does bring a lighter tone, especially since, Nightwing or, or Robin or Barbara aren't really prevalent in this issue. Um, having that somebody to bounce off with, uh, in a book like Batman is always fun. So I do enjoy that. But this Court of Owls story is slowly getting to an end where, uh, Batman is, uh, needing to 
go to the funeral of the mayor. And uh, while he's there, he tells freaking uh, dead man, hey, go do whatever. I will, you know, figure out what I can at the funeral. Does dead man listen? No, he actually goes inside of the mayor's sister. He's like, hey, have you been paying attention to the family? These people can't, they, they seem kind of suspicious. You know, maybe you should check them out, whatever. Um, while Bruce is like, well, you should actually look at these guys. They've been watching over us since we got here. And Boston Brand actually follows these people into a church and he sees a member of the court. And we do know that the court, for some reason, and the Talons are able to see Boston more so because we know that they can reanimate dead bodies. They're technically dead. So that's probably the reason why we can or they could see Boston. And this one member of the court is always wearing uh, their mask. So we don't know exactly who it is, but there is a reveal at the end. Uh, Batman actually ends up saving dead man. And remember, the only reason he can actually see dead man is because of this talisman that Zatanna gave them in the first issue of this season two. Um, we find out that the mayor's uh, wife was kind of like not really loving the relationship, if you know what I mean. And she was only there for the money, of course. Um, but her son has now full control of the money, the flow and all of this other stuff. And so she's like, well, if you don't give me all my money back, then I will make sure to put you in prison, basically. And I'm just like, geez, what a love, what a loving mother, you know, you, you, everybody has them, everybody. Um, but that interaction ends with her leaving the office and a zombified Talon behind um, uh, the mayor's son. And he doesn't seem to know it because we find out that that Talon actually kidnaps him and takes him to a condemned building, uh, which is the place where the Talons and the Court of Owls is hiding out. We find out that masked Talon is actually the, the mayor. He is not dead. He has now been reanimated. And it's not like the others where they're all zombies. This, he is actually reanimated to almost perfection and, he actually looks younger here. He actually has like not gray hair anymore. And he's explaining to him, Hey, the money that you took is going to fund, uh, the medical research to keep us going. So you need to give the money back. And he's like, no, this is insane. You kidnapped me. But not only that, you are part of this cult. It's absolutely insane. And, he says, no, I'm, I'm not going to let you do this and I'm not going to join your little your little new zombified family. He's like, well, that's a shame because now I'm going to have to kill you. And that's when Batman comes in. Um, and, you know, Boston joins into the fight while jumping into the mayor's son, fights off some zombies. Um, prior to this, Batman did was it was able to find some research on the Court of Owls. And learn, okay, this is, these are legitimate zombies. They're not necessarily alive. And so I can fight at full strength and I don't have to hold back or anything. And of course, he learns about their weakness to the cold. And so he 
has like a cryo gun and all of this other stuff. Really, really cool gadgets here. But in the end, he does uh, save Boston. He saves his uh, the mayor's son. But uh, when authorities and the firefighters get there, uh, no bodies are are like remaining of all uh, of the mayor or of any of the talons or anything like that. So that's how it ends. And yeah, I, I, like I said, it is a little bit of a bummer that this kind of just ended the Talon story. I'm sure they will be back, you know, um, just like any Batman story, you know, once a big entity enters uh, the story, uh, there's usually a way to bring them back if people enjoy it. Um, but with this, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, it was a fun story. Like I said, I, I love the addition to Boston. Uh, I felt like it was a little weird that just because they were both in the circus that they automatically had to know each other uh, with, with Dick Grayson and him. Uh, but overall still just a fun read, which I really do have uh, with these continuations of the, uh, of the animated stuff, uh, just like justice league infinity. Um, so this one, I did like Justice League more than this, and I gave that a seven five. Right, uh, I would I would go seven with this. Um, it wasn't a perfect book. I felt like the art could do a little bit better uh, if I was completely honest. So yeah, I'll give uh, Batman: The Adventures Continues season two number two a seven point five. Now, the next book we're going to be talking about is. Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries. I really did enjoy this because this actually included Nightwing um, instead of Robin. There is a little bit of a time jump here. Uh, there is a whole bunch of monsters or quote-unquote monsters, uh, people in masks throughout the city. And the Scooby and the gang are very, very confused by this. And... You know, of course, they have made a living out of unmasking villains and uh, monsters. So when they are confronted by two monsters um, that are trying to bully them into getting like monsters insurance, they in a very Scooby-Doo way, like take off the mask. And they're like, oh, you're not monsters. You're just normal people, whatever. Well, uh, Nightwing and Batgirl come in when more masks uh, villains or, or mass thugs come and try to uh, attack Scooby and the gang. They are introduced to Nightwing. They, you know, he tells them, Hey, I used to be Robin, remember? And so they're, you know, getting reacquainted and everything else. Uh, but they're starting to learn that uh, there is a problem with Black Mask and the, uh, the society of, of, what is it called? Black Mask and his False Face Society. That's what it's called. Sorry. Um, so, you know, they're giving them the rundown of them being Scooby-Doo and the gang, the rundown on all of that. And, you know, they they basically have this elaborate plan of, hey, let's scout the parade that's coming into town. And hopefully we are going to be able to catch Black Mask. And I think this is so funny because there's a point where, like, Fred just sees this random dude in a mask and he like picks it up. He's like, I gotcha. And it's just like, he is so used to unmasking monsters 
that he has like this like reaction of when he sees a mask, he just has to pull it up. And I just picture it doesn't show here, but I just picture Fred just like freaking out and just running into the parade and like pulling everybody's masks off. It's actually really, really funny. Um, but we see that black mask is actually being pretty bold in this parade by just having a float and showing off to everybody. And he's going to just basically attack everybody at the parade. Uh, he does so with a monster sphinx, a griffin, as well as there is something else. Oh, a, uh, a sea lion, like an actual lion that is morphed with a sea serpent. Uh, but they find out these are all animatronics that are being controlled by the terrible trio. Uh, which I completely forgot the terrible trio was even a thing in DC, but they are there controlling them. And the Scooby gang is actually able to take the remotes away from them, use the animatronics to stop black mask and the terrible trio. And even Fred tries to take off Black Mask's face, but he's like, no, this isn't a mask. This is actually my head. This is actually my face. And he apologizes. He freaks out a little bit. Um, but during this whole thing, they're kind of wondering, where is Batman? Where can he be? And Nightwing says, oh, he's undercover somewhere. We find out here he was actually undercover at the uh, False Face Society. And the biggest thing was the Black Mask was like, hey, you know what? That's fine. You can capture me. You can capture the handful of thugs that I have. But I have a society of false faces in a giant city that are full of masks because of this parade. And conveniently, Batman just shows up and he's like, oh, here's the name of all of your members. Um, don't worry. We're sending them all to jail. Uh, <laughs> and... I found it to be funny, endearing, and it's, of course, a Scooby-Doo comic. So I had a lot of fun with this. Um, I did have more fun with this than I did the other two books. Uh, this is a solid eight for me. Um, and I did not know that they're making it official, like, 12 issues. Now, of course, this was a, a pure digital comic. And the books that we had reviewed here before uh, were all basically what everybody read in the initial uh, I think first two issues I think the third one was the first time it would uh, be in print this one is also in print as well so you guys uh, who are going to your local comic shops right now can get this um, it's really really fun I, I I genuinely enjoy this scooby-doo comic I didn't think I would ever be able to say that but it is really really fun now um, I'm already running down the clock on this, so I will take these books very, very quickly. I'm going to be talking about Legends of the Dark Knight issue 14 and Legends of the Dark Knight issue 15, as well as Justice, uh, Truth and Justice number 19. Now, in Legends of the Dark Knight number 14, uh, remember, uh, Azrael was protecting this, uh, vase or Voss or whatever that, uh, Razagul was wanting to get. Now, uh, during this time, in the very beginning of this issue, uh, they are confronted with Razagul, and Batman is forced to team up with Raz. Now, uh, we do see this like sanctum that Ra uh, sorry, not Raz with Azrael. He teams up with Azrael. Sorry, um, 
and they flee the fight because they are they're too overwhelmed. Uh, they actually uh, run into Azrael's sanctum, and there there's like a a joke back and forth and stuff. It just this was a very awkward thing to read, just because this didn't really feel like Batman and Azrael. It just felt like a conversation between two people that didn't like each other. But I know you could write that for any character. It just didn't really make it compelling to think, oh yeah, this is the converse. This is how a conversation between Batman and Azrael would go. And the problem that I have with this, there's like the small history of how um, uh, St. Dumas kind of started and how the Knights uh, of St. Dumas and the assassins kind of like got their names and stuff which doesn't bother me at all. But like Batman continues throughout this entire issue to take shots at Azrael. Like, Oh, well, um, uh, just basically talking crap about his religion. And I'm just like, uh, okay, I get it. I know that a lot of people, you know, have interpretations of Batman being agnostic recently with Tom King. He was like Catholic and, you know, it really doesn't bother me whatsoever, but I don't think Batman would be the kind of person to make fun of somebody's religion. That's the only thing that kind of, it didn't rub me the wrong way, but I just felt it was kind of stupid. Uh, and he keeps telling uh, remarks like, oh, so you are uh, stealing from the collection plate every Sunday. And it's just like, what's wrong with you? Like he, he may be a psychopath, but like, he leave the man's faith alone, you know, but they do confront Roz. And the only problem that I have with this is it's one, two, three, four pages of the digital, uh, of the digital book. There's one page where they're getting out of the, or one panel, they're getting out of their little ship that or, or boat or whatever that Roz or that, uh, Azrael had. The very next panel, uh, away from water in the middle of the city, they're fighting like hundreds of ninjas. The very next one, they are crashing into a room with Roz. And the very next one, they're already like met like in a like within a fight. The progression, the panel progression for this is monster. Like it is horrible. It's monstrous. And I couldn't really make out anything just because it was. The dialogue was so boring, but the panel progression was moving way too quickly. So it just didn't match very well. Uh, but I mean, essentially it's almost the exact same way as the, uh, Batman, the anime, uh, Batman, the animated series, the adventures continues ends, you know, uh, the building collapses. And there's no remains of Roz or Azrael. And, you know, that's how it ends. And you kind of see the ending where you see uh, Azrael, like, go to the shrine. It looks like he's praying or whatever. And that's the how it ends. But there was nothing to this issue, unfortunately. Um, and I, I would have to give this a five. Uh, it was just so boring. You could have really had something there um, with the characters. And giving me really compelling conversations between the two. But instead, you wanted to make uh, church jokes and you made the issue. You rushed the issue. So for me, it just didn't really cut it whatsoever. But um, 
Issue number 15, um, sorry, the last issue, I can't believe I missed that. I missed all of these. I didn't even talk about, well, I just say uh, uh, JMD uh, did, of course, the uh, Justice League Infinity. I forgot to read all of the stupid um, credits, so I do apologize. I will do that a lot better next time. Um, I am just really tired. I'm sorry if I am making this last a little bit longer than usual, but we are almost done. Issue 15, story written by Shay Grayson, art by Belene Ortega, and colors by Alejandro Sanchez, letters by Adida Bidikar. This, there was a, uh, a, ro- a jewelry uh, robbery going on at night, and it seemed like they were a bunch of kids. Um, and Batman is subduing them. One of them got away and, uh, she, uh, Batman's like, Oh man, this guy is different from the other goons. He's quicker. He's smarter. And he, uh, and he, and he's fiercer than any of the others. And he finally captures them. He unmasks him and it's a woman. Uh, he says, you're, you're just a kid. And I feel like. He was like, it, it looks really bad because he's making all these remarks and he's, he's stereotyping this goon, right? He's like, he's fast. He's smart. He's, he's more fierce than any other goon that I've ever chased down before. And it's a black female teenager. And he says, you are your. And then when he looks at her, he has this face of disgust. And I'm just like, oh my God, Batman's a racist. But he says he's just a kid. And then, you know, he tries to convince her that, like, hey, how'd you become such a thief in Gotham? Um, you can either give me what you stole or you're going to go to Commissioner Gordon. And she's like, fine, here you go. Uh, my name is uh, Ghost. And uh, basically telling him that she has always been different in Gotham. It shows her little backstory in the panels here about how she has never felt normal amongst amongst her friends or amongst her uh, fellow students at school. And it kind of shows the parallels between her and Bruce, Um, her being bullied, him having uh, the time of his life at home while she had to sleep in the cold on the street. And he was in front of a fireplace, you know, just showing the two differences between how they were brought up. And, uh, in the end, she's like, so you're either going to arrest me or let me go. And he's like, fine, well, you're going to give me the jewels and then you can go home. And she does go to this like under a bridge where like a whole bunch of homeless people were hanging out. You see that her mom is there and she shows them oh, but I got this and it has a piece of jewelry. And Batman is there. He is kind of like watching them overall. And everybody in that community is really excited about this jewels because it can like feed them for like an entire week. And then Batman gets to talking to Commissioner Gordon. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't really. Uh, it says uh, he's like, I found the jewels. So he didn't tell Gordon about the one piece of jewelry that, you know, Ghost stole. But he says, I also came across something that you should look into. What do you know about the Winstons? And the Winstons looks like a a business or whatever that was quite possibly. uh, It was the I think they said it here. 
it was the Winston Jewelers that she stole from. They owned a insurance company that basically like took everything from them uh, before they were homeless. Um, so he's going to be looking into it. But it, this is all just a one shot uh, because the next one, uh, the next story is dealing with uh, Scarecrow. So there is that. And the last last one for t- uh, this week, guys, is Truth and Justice number 19. It is written by a pretty uh, Shabir artist, Lalit Sharma, colorist Wendy Broom, letterer Janice Shang. So this is Dream and Little Dream Part 1. Uh, Zatanna wakes up in a very unfamiliar place. Uh, she doesn't know where she is. Um, she's trying to use magic to go home. She's like, okay, well, I can't do that for some reason. Uh, th- these pajamas look a little weird. Okay, I'm going to get dressed. And so she uh, tries using a spell to change her clothes. And a lot of these spells, although they try to write them to make sense within the story, is just an excuse to write backwards in this, in, in the comic. I can clearly see that. And she's very confused by her surroundings in this place that she wakes up in. And uh, she eventually hears someone. And so she follows the noise. She finds out that it's this little boy. And he's just playing around with, like, army men. And she questions him. She's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, oh, this is my dream. You you found me in my dream. Here, let me show you around. There's not really many people that I get to, like, communicate with. There's not a whole lot of people that I get to hang out with. And so he takes them all. She he takes her all around like the pool. There's like a castle. There's a train. And he's like, "Well, who are you?" And she's like, "Well, I was a magician of sorts." And he's like, "Oh, like, can you show me a trick?" And then boom, he like puts basically like magically has her outfit on. And so like. She is like narrating this part and she's like, okay, who is this? Uh, this is kind of strong magic. If I'm not even able to really control any of the things that I want to control. Um, and she uses a spell again, uh, basically saying, reveal yourself to me. Like, who are you? Doesn't work. Um, then you get to learn a little bit more about like his past, his dad, his parents, um, and it's a really dark, like his parents weren't really around. Um, and so they kind of sit down, have a little heart to heart while she's still narrating of like, man, I really like need to get out of here. This and, and I need to save this child. And this kid is still having the time of his life during this whole thing. Um, and she is feeling very anxious with like, hey, this is making me feel very unsettled. We need to figure this out. But eventually, uh, she tells him, oh, well, this is who I used to be. And uh, there's a little bit of like a flashback of her like teaming up with Superman and teaming up with Batman and kind of remembers like the very last thing that she was doing before she was in this kid's dream. And she was she remembers falling and falling and falling. And the next thing she knew, she woke up here. Um, and then all of a sudden a giant hole opens up beneath them and she continues to just fall. Um, 
this is kind of nonsense. Uh, the art is not great. The dialogue is not great. Um, I like the flashback with Superman and Batman. The art got a little bit better there. But overall, um, what happened to the better issues of like, honestly, Truth and Justice has really only been good for that one little Superman arc um, where he was saving somebody who was wrongfully uh, incarcerated. Um, that's really the only Truth and Justice story that I've actually enjoyed. Um, I understand a lot of these digital books, for the most part, are getting new writers, like brand new writers to DC. And they're like, hey, here's a test run to see where they are. Um you need to put another, like just a random big writer because we had Becky Cloonan on a, on the Solomon Grundy story. That was great. I love that story. Put some bigger names in this because this is legends of, well, this is truth and justice, but I feel like you should still put it on there regardless of if it's Batman or not. Like just put some really good names in here and make it a really fun collected, you know, a uh, collected book of stories. I don't know. I don't know. And it may just be because I'm a little bit tired today. But I really only enjoyed the the first three books. The Scooby-Doo book, the Batman Adventures Continues, and the Justice League uh, Infinity. Um, I'm really hoping we can get better... Uh, Legends of the Dark Knight stories, and I'm really hoping we can find better truth and justice stories. But that is it for me, and let's go ahead and jump right back to Eric and Jim. But before we do, you can always find me at Twitter or on Twitter at Fanboy Clay. Um, go to the little uh, link tree in the bio right there, and you can find the links to all of my shows. But with that, guys, I will see you next week. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. Ah, yes, Eric, ring the bell. You're going to do a lot of those blurbs here in this section, right? All your books oh, at yeah. the end here. Yeah, yeah, we can have all of them there. Uh, but we have three books to end things here. And, yeah, I mean, usually we... We leave the best for last, so that would make complete sense with this lineup. But there's a lot of books this week and a lot of books that we're going to have people love, it seems. I, I mean, there are some of these books in this section where people are swearing up and down that they're the greatest books they've ever read. Unfortunately, I'm not on that boat, but you'll hear why. And at least with that, I ended up having a discussion with some people this week about the idea of negative versus critical. And I think that we're more critical, Eric, is what I'm going to say. You know, we want to critique things. We're reviewers, is what I say. I'm putting skew on my review, review hat here. Yeah, I hear somebody says that at the beginning. That's what we do. We skew and review. 
just because, you know, we don't like something as much. I'm running scared, Eric, because people really do love these books. And I'm reading them, and I think that a lot of times, too, you, you end up having this landscape of just because something is bad, don't elevate something that's not so great to make it greater and things like that. But we'll get into more of that. As we go, we'll see what I'm talking about, maybe. Batman the Detective number four is the start, Eric, and that is written by Tom Taylor with art by Andy Kubert, Sandra Hope, Brad Anderson, and Clem Roberts. Oh, Clem. Clem is there. He's going to letter the shit out of this, Eric. Tom Taylor continues his slow burn story with Bruce Wayne getting duped and more and more people dead. We will get the official reveal of who Equilibrium is uh, and the multi- at next issue, finally. And the, the multiple times Alfred is brought up in this issue, you end up, I should ding the bell, Eric. I messed up. Oh, I know. I read it wrong is what happened. Uh, the multiple times that we bring up, Alfred, I still think it is his daughter. But which one, Eric? I, I have a why, feeling Why are we going to say which one? It's a weird situation because of what we're dealing with with Infinite Frontier right now and what that means. And, like, I just... I think he's going to play with the idea, and we'll get to it. There is a Julia Raymarquet that is Julia Pennyworth then, right? (laughs) Raymark. And I think that what he's going to do is try to do a clever little switcheroo to say that this is a daughter that Alfred never knew about and use that in a way that you kind of have a twist from before. It's a character from before that ended up being – well, it does if you go with the idea that the Julia Pennyworth we have has always been Julia Pennyworth. And this other person has always been somebody in the shadows they didn't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. You bring her as a different split deal, which it seems like we're getting some of that. And it even brings out the idea of things in the Infinite Frontier. Now, with this book, it's odd because this is an older Batman. It feels at points like this should be an Elseworlds story, even though it isn't. But you're playing with a lot of weird things. But I'm telling you, Alfred comes front and center over and over in this issue almost to be the reminder of, hey, by the way, aren't you all upset that Alfred's dead, that he's not around? Yes, Yes, I I am. am. Guess who else is? Equilibrium. And I think that that's the play. But I actually, in this issue, the only reason that I went with the idea, you even say it looks like you kind of see the person and Bruce sees the person whatnot, but... I just don't know that they would want to ruin Julia. So why not bring out the other one? But that even was the her. idea of the other one, the one that, like, you know, it is still her, though. Well, I'm saying, though, it's her. But when she was reset, we don't know because in the Symphony Frontier, the idea of people coming back in different iterations and things like that, they could even say, take infinite frontier out of the whole entire deal i'm saying you just end up using a character that isn't in this continuity using it as a new version of a other daughter i mean the idea it's of such that, a weird idea to that, do though. that though but the idea that like you know you had the julia remark the like the idea of the origin of julia pennyworth where she was raised by another man jacques remark who she thought was her father the whole time and like you know he like you know she then discovers that alfred's her real biological father goes and finds him has a long career, but even in the New 52 universe where she's brought back in and like, you know, he, she was front and center for a long time in the Bat books to say that all of this doesn't happen now and like, oh, this is a different version and this is well, how that's like, the thing. When you brought Julia Pennyworth into the New 52, she was never Julia Remarque. I'm still going with because she's French and, and because that was just taken away, that the crisis ended, that that's just the old continuity of a character that they reinvented then. And so with this thing in, in it seemingly now, Alfred always knew Julia, all that stuff going on. This Julia Remarquet, you know, is the thing. And I think that he might try to play with the idea that it's just a separate person now, not reinventing anything or saying anything, just saying 
that there was another daughter and just going with that name or maybe even saying a different name, but using that same deal. I'm telling you, I think that some of the things that we go with, we're starting to think too much about everything matters and whatnot because of the idea that they do say that. But, you know, to play the idea that he did have another daughter that Alfred didn't know about or whatnot, I think that that would be the play. I think that he's trying to be a little too clever is what I'm saying, because she even still looks like Julia by the end. I mean, that looks like Julia with long hair. I just don't know what the play is and, and whatnot. But I still think it has to be something with Alfred. We have too and that's many the thing things. Is, I agree. It does feel like it has to be something with Alfred. But with let's just say we have this new character who's brought in who doesn't have the backstory as the Julia Pennyworth. As we know, why would she blame Batman for her father from another multiverse's death? Well, I'm, I'm saying no. I'm not saying that it's the one from the multiverse. I'm saying that they could just say there was another daughter. This is just a with the same name. Yeah, but that's the thing. This name has never been mentioned in the new 52. This is the continuity that we're in. Yeah, you say that it's a everything matters deal, but we don't know what that even means or whatever. I'm saying that if this was two weeks in the new 52 and we ended up saying that Julia Ray Marquet was a different daughter, we wouldn't even blink an eye. We'd be like, okay, they're redoing some things and going with it. This could be Julia being this other Julia just being in this continuity this whole time. She just didn't know Alfred was her father, figured out whatever. I don't know, but it's not anything that we haven't seen. This is just a redo of a character from the past bringing into the present. Like I said, I don't think that this is going to be the play that things got split or whatnot. I think that he's just going to play with a continuity and say that Alfred had another daughter at one point that she, you know, was that he wasn't aware of. Or it could just be Julia. I still think that it's something of that. It's something related. I mean, you could end up, like I said, I think you're getting too into the idea that this Julia Ray Marquet ended up being Julia Pennyworth because that's not the Julia Pennyworth we have now. All right, she, let's just say that is, that. why would she blame Batman, though, for Alfred's death since Alfred is front and center here to the point where she becomes equilibrium and she's going to bounce up the scales for everybody well, that Batman that is I think that they're going to say that she was in the background and then realized that Batman ended up letting her real father die. And then because just getting this, the upset. thing is here is that like, you know, you think you'd have that connection because Alfred Pennyworth and Bruce Wayne, whoever this person is, wants to kill Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Well, wants to kill Bruce Wayne, but also seems to have him. a lot of deals could have ended up. That's why I still think it's regular Julia. But I just don't think that they'll let him ruin that. I guess you, you can ruin the cat. Like we said before, Julia knows that Bruce is yes. is Batman. She is part of you know organizations that are able to get all that tech and all that stuff so i still it just seems weird by at this point when the the the, up the ante and even at the end when it seems as if batman doesn't understand now again it could be somebody totally different Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but with that it seems going this far and you know we we get we're gonna get the reveal next issue that was in the solicit we have two like the reveal seems to be held off because it's that big that it's something that would wow you and you, oh my God. Mark Shaw's daughter. That's what I'm saying. If all of a sudden it's nothing, (laughs) I'm just saying the idea that I don't know if he's going to ruin the regular Julia, but maybe he's going to play some weird play that well, it's even something. This, it wouldn't make much sense. Is, because I, you and I, were, we're looking for this big reveal for Equilibrium. We're looking for it to hit home for us as Batman readers to be something that actually makes sense and is important, especially because we have this Equilibrium who's a person, group, whatever, but they're all dressed in white Batman costumes going around murdering everybody that Batman has saved. And it's a weird situation where it does feel like it's a personal one. But like when you have this going on, it's like, 
I, I don't understand why we have to be doing this in Europe. Like, if you're going to, like, be equilibrium. Because like, Julie is European. I, well, that's the thing. It's like, I just don't no. know why you don't start in Gotham. It, but, again, this is where, this is the, the problem I, I think I have with this. Like, these me, are stragglers in my me mind. And you don't, oh, my God. Me and you don't love this book. And, and again, me and you, the, the way that I'm thinking about what this could be and what you're thinking, you're actually thinking more of what they should be doing in the current deal so i might be completely off but the thing is when this book came out the idea of what the big thing was you know the, the catch word you know, all the things the, the buzzwords and things it was batman in europe i actually think that the play here was a story built around just not a lot of info the idea let's get batman in europe that'd be fun well what well, well henry Descartes. okay we'll do that i think that this was one of those things that this book was assembled in a way that wasn't necessarily i have this full story in mind i actually think that it was a way to get another batman book that's out of gotham and going even the idea that it like we said this is an older batman he even says an older bruce wayne ended up saying at points i've been doing this too long he seems way older seems a lot bulkier uh but it almost, feels, it almost feels out of continuity at points and stuff like that. And I think that that's the whole play. But with all of that, at the end, I don't know. And I think I said it. I, I didn't even end my blurb, but I think oh, I said at the end. Well, it's not your fault. We started arguing uh, here. I did like this issue enough. Same as I've liked the others, but I'm not sure I'll remember the series. The minute it's over. And that's kind of how I am. We kind of go in. We see what we got. Oh, my. We like Squire. Hey, that's oh, cool. yeah, Maybe we can see some cool. more night, but we're not getting. You're not getting enough of anything. You're kind of spreading it thin. And even the idea where Henri Descartes shows up and, you know, pretty much takes over the focus of the book for two issues. It ended up you know, like equilibrium kind of got pushed to the side a little. It was more but we're not really getting anything overall that I'm saying. I have to read every issue of this and I can't wait till the next one comes out and things because it just kind of feels like another. There's too many Batman books anyway. You got to do something different. And I don't know what this is doing different besides being in Europe, which you do not like, Eric. You're yelling well, about Europe. But it doesn't really do anything I just for the don't story, know why right? For what they're trying to achieve, we're going to kill everybody that Batman has saved, but we're not going to go to Gotham City. You know, they're, they're mad at the Europeans. I, I don't know. That's the thing. Once he heard everybody who I saved, he better tell get his ass back to, to Gotham. But now, I will tell you this. You were right on the account before where it seems that Henri Ducard is still alive because they have him in for questioning on the attempted murder of Henri Ducard. And that's what brings, you know, Bruce Wayne in for questioning from the last issue into this one, which serves as a set piece for like, you know, feels like half this issue where he's just being questioned by the Interpol or police. And the thing is, it could just be Interpol because we saw before where and Equilibrium was talking about how she had connections to Interpol, and that's how they found Andre Ducard and stuff like that. It could get them in the door here to actually question Bruce Wayne, but I just don't understand why this actually works out where we have Bruce actually just being a dummy this whole time to where he only – he is being questioned by these two – Interpol agents, I don't know what you call them, officers, though, about these deaths. And like, hey, every time we find somebody, it's a negative one Batman or something like that. And at the end, he's like, hey, can I have a drink of water? But he already had some. He realizes now, I've been poisoned. And now they have me here handcuffed. They stab me. I'm going to lower my heart rate. I'm going to lower my metabolism. So I'm going to lay here and play dead and hope that the poison doesn't take me over. And once they leave, I'm going to break my handcuffs, steal a dead. And I just, this whole idea where Bruce Wayne, has to escape. Let's just call it a police station. I don't understand Interpol and everything like that. Let's just call it a police station here. Up, but he's gonna. He walks out of the interrogation room after Equilibrium has left him be because they believe him being dead. 
He sees a another agent officer dead on the ground, throat slit. He puts on the hat and jacket and leaves the station where he finds Amina, like, you know, Squire and like, you know, the idea of getting out there. And then he has to, you know, get the poison out of his system. He has to take a bunch of pills and then he's passed out for two days. And I don't understand why anything about this makes sense in the idea of this story, because after those two days, he wakes up. He's got to get Batman stuff going on. A lot of people have died while he's just been resting, getting the poison out of his system. And he contacts Oracle. It's like, look, I need you to go in here. I need you to scrub this video. I'm like, man, you've been asleep for two days. They have found I'm, I'm sure that somebody has found a dead body by the interrogation room or Bruce Wayne was just that. And I don't know why you're going to scrub all of this now because everybody knows what's going on. Or even the idea is like, focus in on this one person here. Oh, like, yeah, it's her. I'm like, you were face to face with this woman throughout the interrogation. If and it's it- her, because again, though, they don't seem to know that Bruce is Batman here. Yeah. And it seems as if equilibrium, I think, does. But I don't know the, the idea of time because they're like, what's your connection? You know, that whole deal. We think you fund well, that. It even feels stuff. weird, too, because and- we have a Knight and Squire in this story, right? But they don't understand Bruce Wayne's connection to Batman, even though the reason there's a Knight and Squire is because of Batman Incorporated, where Bruce was openly funding Batman Incorporated. And, and the weird thing about this play is also like, you end up having equilibrium and all those, you know, white Batman deals going around and whatnot and fighting that they're pretty exact on make like they're real. Now they didn't kill Henri, but they're going into places. Why didn't shooting, they go shooting, kill shooting. Henri? Why didn't they just slice the throat of Bruce to make sure that he was dead? They stab him in the, the shoulder and poison him. Yes, but not like the other ones. And it almost felt like to me, like, oh, I know you'd survive that. I wanted to say, but with that, it does look like this could possibly, even though if you look and I'm going just by art, the girl that's interrogating has very straight hair, and the girl who they show at the end that looks like more like Julia Pennyworth has very curly hair, at least a little bit more curly than this one has, but you can't really tell. And no. there's that weird play of keeping the woman in the shadows, but even at the end, this is about equilibrium. It, it didn't quite feel like that was the be-all, end-all, that that was going to be their fight. Like, hey, I'm going, we're, they just go around shooting people. Now they're going to play coy with a Burning Bruce Wayne. Down. So weird. And so but I we're don't also know. But- not going to go after Andre Ducard who's in the hospital i'm like he, he like you know you went after a night before who was in the hospital but not an honorary new card i just don't understand why they're picking and choosing their targets i don't know and I, I think that this is a weird play with the interpol that's actually part of equilibrium but might be equilibrium but then at the end we see another girl kind of looks like her but not exactly so we'd have to see what's going on but with that the problem i have is bruce because like you said he goes he takes a drink uh, that they have there now again they're duping him, thinking yeah. Interpol, whatnot. So he drinks this seltzer water. He's like, oh, you know, and, and maybe that's a cool deal if you looked up. I don't know. Tom Taylor has to watch himself. Maybe it looks like ways to hide poison in drinks. Like later it gets him arrested. <laughs> but that might be a thing. That when they do this, history. a seltzer might cover, like, you know what I mean? Like it might actually make it seem like it's not. I don't know. But he drinks that. Right. And he's there. And they're like, oh, look at these photos. He only figures things. He's like the Batman who not only doesn't prepare, but he's the Batman who has the ability to, oh, my God, hindsight's twenty twenty, where he's like, after <laughs> the, the fact, yeah, after the back and after the fact, he says, wait a minute, those weren't crime scene photos. Those were actually photos at that, that like, OK, it's a little too late to figure that one out, Brucey boy. And so then he pretty much does bat God stuff. I'm going to end up making it so that my heart rate doesn't go. But then what happens then when he starts running and screaming and whatever? He should be dead. 
I like the idea he goes into this pharmacy. This is kind of like a street level deal yeah, yeah, where yeah. he runs into the pharmacy. He's getting the charcoal pills and all these things and whatnot. I like too. It looks like Tanya every day with them pills. He ends up like to Squire. I hey, want to get her some help, man. Tell the pharmacist, <laughs> tell the ordinance there. I see it written. Tell them, you know, I need this, that I have cyanide poisoning, all that stuff going on as he's just pill after pill guzzling. Is he I think go that, to the hospital? How, he might. Wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if they actually duped him and they didn't poison him and now he's poisoning himself with all these pills but yeah then he ends up and you get again this is almost like the idea there's not enough story in here so what you go also there's the whole interpol where they're just at their computer there's dead people right outside the door uh, but he ends up going and the big thing is to think like I dream of my old friend I don't need this I need story I need things I'm not you know people I pushed away people I've lost the dead I'm like there's Alfred. I mean, you keep pushing this. The idea where he's going to find out that it is Julia or, you know, whatever. And the idea you don't understand. I'm as upset. But where do you go from there? That You have killed hundreds of hundreds of people. Like, that, that's pretty bad with that. But, you know, the whole idea, oh, you had a butler at once. It's It just keeps coming at him in this issue more than we ever well, had. Well, even the idea when you have this European mobile bat cave going on here, which a girl has, like, been hired by Alfred to, like, roll this thing out. Like, what is it, once a week, once a month or anything like that? And, like, he has to say, oh, he died. He was a nice guy. But when you, Bruce goes in this thing for the first time and you have a little T-Rex toy holding a penny, it's like some little pieces of home, dash A. The whole idea, like... Alfred is thrown in your face over and over here for there. Ha- there has to be some connection just because the thing is a lot of us fans, we're not over Alfred's death, but we don't deal with Alfred for the most part. Even in the books, we're dealing with Batman's grief. Like, you know, Damien feels like he's doing more in the Robin book, dealing with the grief of Alfred and what he feels maybe was his fault and stuff like that. This book more than any other is dealing with the ramifications of Alfred's death. It feels like and for And if it's nothing, it just feels like it's so in your face or just, too, a few months too, like, you know, uh, too far away from where it yeah. should have been. Yeah. And again, that's, I thought right away that that would be the only thing that would make sense, a very personal deal with that. Now that you see this, the, the issue before supposedly getting the huge, you know, named reveal with that, it does seem like it has to be something. I just, at the end, I'm like, why didn't, no, I didn't even react that that looked, you know, if that you is know what the worst Julia. part is I was reading this and the idea of killing everybody, you know, Batman has saved, which seems like an impossible task because Batman with the rest of the judge, they've saved the world countless times. So, like, let's just destroy everything, you know, but like the idea of what Equilibrium is doing is a terrible name. I'm never going to like the name Equilibrium. It just does not flow for me saying it. But this really feels like it could have been a good wrath story, you know, the anti Batman. And I'm just like, we don't get enough of that character. I'm like, this could have been a really cool wrath story. But instead, Instead, we have Equilibrium doing, you know, murdering, like, save people from Batman in Europe. I'm like, I understand. People go all over. They do things. Batman's been chilling in Europe sometimes. But being here, as of all places, feels weird for, like, the, the targets that are going for it. It really throws me off more than anything. And just the... Just Bruce Wayne wearing the clothes of a dead guard trying to get out of here. Like, even the idea of where Amina, you know, the new squire, she brings a lawyer to get Bruce Wayne out of here. Like, people know that Bruce Wayne was here two days ago. Scrub this video. I'm like, scrub it. Like, he's just going to kill everybody. Did, he's did, just a dude. Nobody find the body of the man whose clothes he's wearing. Maybe not. Maybe not. And, but and even- on top of that, you have these people. I'm sure there was cameras for the interrogation as well, because just the idea that you have these other agents who were there questioning him, who somehow got into this place. I have to uh, believe that they're a part of this whole thing as well. Unless as they're well. like inside. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't really. 
the thing that gets me though is when they actually the guy the Interpol deal of you know maybe dupe whatever says really didn't you have a living butler once and really throws it in his face and then he says don't bite they know about Alfred they're just trying to press your buttons good tactic really he was more than that and I think that that's the big he was my lover deal <laughs> you know like the idea of hey, that was my father I'm gonna get you know something like that with it and it's just. I don't know. It's you know the worst part of you and me arguing about whether or not yeah. the person he's looking at on the screen later on, whether or not like that was the same woman in the interrogation room. Cause it, I'm looking at them both. I keep going back and forth to me getting the book oh, to the I, end of the I, book. I sit there and do it. And I'm like, yeah, I think it is. Then the next time I'm like, I don't know. If I'm, I, I'm, I'm on your side now where I'm looking at this final one. It doesn't look like her to me from who we see stab Bruce at the end in the beginning of the book. But when you look at the picture of her, but the other guy that looks like the guy who was in the interrogation room I as know. well, I was going to mention, but the there, thing is, it throws my thing out, has, but it looks like him with a turtleneck on the next And, and the thing is, oh, I he, has, at he it. has different colored hair compared to the other guy, but they look almost alike, and I don't know what the hell we're playing at anymore. I think it's is like, it yeah, problem? just do some with? generic stuff, you know, generic Frenchie. I, I don't know. And again, the, the argument of that, I'm not, I'm not like saying that this is going to be a multiversal switcheroo change right, up right. deal. I think that he might be playing with the idea of, well, that was the original Julia, so I'll make up a new character. You know, may not may not even call her the same name, but it, it would be that same type of way. Somebody who, because it seems like Bruce, at least at the end, either he's playing real straight, but does he reckon that he doesn't recognize them? He doesn't understand who that would be, and then you would get that big reveal, like you know, Ralphie was my father. I ended up just finding out, uh, and then when I went to go. He was dead, and it was because you were left and knew that, you know, the Batman. It's weird, the Batman deal, but in that interrogation, are they playing it up, kind of trying to make him say? I don't, don't know. There's things that know. are weird here. Um, but, you know, you get this rolling. Th- I love the idea, too, that this girl, you know, she, another one, who her and her mom was saved by Batman back in the day. So what you do is drive up this Batcave that is as big as a building. The thing is, I actually like this because it actually does feel like Commissioner Gordon's Batmobile when he was the Batman during uh, the DCYU. That thing might be as bus. tall as that building, though, <laughs> and you would wonder why they're not getting pulled over. I mean, this is just I'm a girl going over. around in this. Holy crap. And the then he's catcher like, for I, that I, I, look at it. I mean, this thing is humongous. It's almost like so Who over the top it? as it's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I love the idea. It's like, you go underground, you stay out of you know, the spotlight. Like like what? Me driving this piece of I just like the idea, too, because they're going to be doing Batman and Squire stuff in the back here. Oracle is doing all the investigation into the surveillance, but also Oracle has to drive this thing, like, you know, remotely. Yeah, why can't you just have this girl kind of hang out in there? It looks like there's a lot of space. He's like, you, like, the idea, maybe he's hooked this family up, whatever, but you go underground. Like, that would be saying to me, me go underground? I'm already here. I'm in my basement. I can't afford to go anywhere else. They're Seriously. dead. They're, they're dead. Uh, but yeah, he ends my up. My main income is driving this freaking monster around the street every this month. Thing is. Things hanging from the roof and everything. I mean, seriously, if this is, you know, full out like continuity, right? Like Batman should get this shit over the U.S. and Gotham because this is way better than that. He can't afford to ship it now. That's true. He needs to get Ghostmaker to do it. But again, just to give you more, there's a little present from Alfred. I mean, you just keep pushing Alfred, Alfred, Alfred. The one, you know, not the one, but the big one that he couldn't save. Because, you know, he was dressed up like Magnum P.I. and having a, a, a vacation. How many bullshit things does DC have to deal with because cleaning up Tom King's messes? It's, it's everything. We're, we're going to keep doing it this week. It's it's everything. 
It really we're is. We're dealing with the Here's- ramifications of Heroes in Crisis in the Flash Annual this week. We're dealing with the ramifications of Alfred dying in this Task now this week. Task Force C. People are like, wait a second. Oh, well, we'll explain why Jason and Bane are there because Bane killing you. You're like, everywhere you go is dick prints are in everything. Everything, Eric, and you have to explain things away. Nothing Look, ever King is like. Oh, didn't do that. a day. I'm not going to blame him for that. Holy crap! No, I'm just saying. Well, he didn't do that, but the idea again. You have a, a task force Z deal that you have to explain what it's the deal so would funny be because and that, that was the big news this week with you know DC versus vampires. Which I laid awake last. I think to myself that name is so minimal. I love it, but like when you have task force Z, I'm like. You're just going against the task force, you know, like uh, 11 Excel? that we had before. Now, just like when we went to 11, <laughs> I'm like, now yeah. you're changing it back to letters. Yeah, they just keep going. Eric. They keep going back and forth. It's like it, it basically happened with the magistrate and the peacekeepers. Peacekeeper red. <laughs> we ran out of numbers. <laughs> we ran out of numbers. You can't have, you know, triple digits. Uh but yeah, so all this is going on. Batman gets a little present from Alfred. Oh, that's cool. I like Squire, but we're not getting enough. How long of do you think I should have been sitting there? Because I feel like Batman's never been in this rolling. Oh Batman no, case. no, that that's been there for years. I mean, really, at that point, Bruce was twelve. He this just, girl, you know, this girl's been up. doing this since she's four years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her pedals. <laughs> she's there. She's short round. She has <laughs> telephone books up on the seat. She's got no the long extensions on her, on her feet. Yeah, just nonsense. Then you get the Oracle deal and. um yeah, and then at the end, and why does all of this look great? I'm telling you, I hate the way that Bruce Wayne looks. I in hate this the book, way but Bruce. Everybody looks. else in this book, and even this gigantic Oracle head, everything looks amazing. But for some reason, even Batman, I think that because Andy Kubert is playing up the idea where those are things that he's kind of been told, like you have to do the older Batman, the older Bruce Wayne, and then pretty much let's do the Zack Snyder in the desert of the dreams, you know, Batman there. And I think that that might be throwing him off a little because. In a Batman book, you would hope that Bruce and Batman would look better, and they are the ones that are a little off because everything else looks fantastic. Like, Squire looks amazing, and when she's out of costume, I mean, she looks amazing. But for whatever reason, Bruce Wayne and the actual Batman, when he's in costume, I don't like the way they look. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm Like, with even you. Equilibrium in their white Batman costumes, they look yeah, great. Looks awesome, right? Uh, that girl who ends up riding the uh, cave on wheels there, I do have to admit that at one point I thought she had a cane. When she was leaning against that rail, I don't know why it looked like a cane to me. But she would have to be like me. a tiny tin that's, that's working me. for Batman in Europe. There you go, the Batman. God bless us, everyone. God bless us, Batman. Especially you, the Batman. God bless all you saved, Batman. The three remaining, because they're all dead. Now, and then she goes, no, she sliced. I'm getting the idea that Equilibrium's in a bus right behind. They just come out and kill her. Uh, but yeah, you get in, and when you go... Batman ends up, because there's no Batman Incorporated, well, there's not that, but there's the European Alliance of the Bat. Which just really? assholes on a screen. I, like, I, I remember seeing Iron Batman Sheik. Incorporated. <laughs> Iron Sheik is You got the genie of the lamp here. <laughs> you, oh got, you got one of the Newsboy Legion with a yeah, freaking you got the Newsboy Legion, he's mouth. smoking. I think he's smoking I think like a badass. You got Artemis Fell in the upper left, Eric. You, you got Deb Donovan's puppet, I think. Uh, maybe Marguerite Benet, one of them. Half the and, women uh, look like ventriloquist dummies in this. They do. One of them looks like, like two beat cops. In, in the bottom middle, Marguerite <laughs> At the far bottom, at the far bottom left, I believe that is Victorian Vicky and her sidekick, the Chimney Sweep. I, I don't even know what these people are. These Give are me the that most, guy in that Russian I'm hat. I you, like. I I have seen I have seen Equilibrium in action. Right. 
please tell me what this girl with the ponytails is going to do. That's when Annabelle. She comes up there. She's an evil I mean, doll. Go with that. You got Annabelle. <laughs> Look at little Butler boy in that up. I said it was Artemis Fowl. This kid's going to come out. Freeze, boys. <laughs> They're just going to slap him. He's going to be Let me dead. get Mr. Ross Jr. There's Johnny Depp in those awful movies that you didn't like with the, the freaking big glasses and stuff. What was that where he's Willy like the Wonka? walrus deal? No, that that one with like Tusk or whatever that thing Ch- was. Oh, like, when he was playing. Yeah, I forgot he was in those freaking that's movies. That's what that looks he like was, to me. He was French Canadian. Okay, well, here he is. Just send him over to France, take the Canadian out. We got the European Battle Alliance. The Batman European Battle Alliance has to be the biggest joke of the entire world, where they end up sending this out. Give me out. all the random give, dudes. Give me the call out. Now, also, like, when was this formed? Because that one person in that upper left looks at, at the oldest seven. Like, again, was this a two-year-old when you started this? Is like When you say that, that too, because I think, I think that dude is like an old man, but he looks like he's a five-year-old at a funeral in a suit. Clint Howard. I mean, he's been around a while there. But even then, what, what about the girl with the ponytail? How old was she Pink when tails. this started? How, how old? How old She's was she? Doll. Uh, the one guy looks like, I, I'm telling you, looks like a wrestler from the 90s with right, that right. hat and the long hair. Now, the right? thing is, too, if you look at this whole thing, now, if you look at Annabelle, Two over to the right. This could be the woman that he's looking for on the freaking security camera. I actually, I'm glad you said that because I thought it was. She's part of it. But then next to her might also be Give Clint Howard cap. from Star Trek when he was there. That kid, right? He's there. Like, what is that? Is that a vampire or is that a Kaluan? I can't tell. It looks like, you know, uh, Captain Boomerang. That's actually Private Boomerang, his younger brother down at the far right. I mean, these people are ridiculous. The one looks like they're just taking a picture where they were out at the park. The, the one at the bottom thing where there's a guy with the glasses and the lady there. Like, that's the Bat Alliance? You got to up your game, Batman. Seriously. I mean, that, like, that's just I know you're just not ridiculous. funny Batman Incorporated anymore, but I'm sure you can get a hold of them guys. I mean, half of the people just look like kids in suits. That's all. I mean, that's half of these. Are, are we to blame Andy Kubert? Is this supposed to look cooler or something? Even in that top one, I'm telling you, I'm looking... Magda, that is not an old man. That is an eight-year-old. And then two, two over, we got another fucking doll. We got a bunch <laughs> of children of the court. Here's what we got. Yeah. Uh, half of these are children. I just like the idea. The European Battle Alliance. <laughs> and the two of them like, oh, those two beat cops. <laughs> and one's just behind the other. Is he involved? Or was he just, was he photobombing? And, and are these just pictures? Or are they on the comms like ready to roll? I'm here, Batman. Like, look at these assholes. Like, this is the worst Bat family like assembly I've ever seen. This actually, like you, the one looks like the lady is out, maybe like putting up her laundry. The one that has like the bandana around, it just looks like a lady is like. Going <laughs> down thing, and I would have think that she's like a, a World War II woman steel worker. <laughs> she's always flexing. Oh, look at these people. I don't get it. Jamie Farr there in Cannibal Run. I don't know. Eric Lane. The one just looks like somebody would like, I don't, I, I, I'm telling you. Some of these just look, look like. you look at the middle in the far right, I swear to God, that's young Bruce Wayne at his parents' funeral. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> He's part of it. <laughs> like, get that guy. They're like, we can't, that's you. He's like, I know he is like me. Get that boy. I want that. I, I mean, need the innocence least, of my childhood. It, I mean, at least at this point, like, Call Superman. I don't know. Like, the idea that you're getting a newsboy. Look at that guy. He's like, just because he smokes doesn't mean he's able to kick ass. 
I mean, he's there with his dude cap on. You know that that's going to be like one of them Irish guys who like trained him or something. It's going to be nonsense. We'll see these people. Suddenly they'll be like big and bulky and shit. Uh, that one guy just with the long hair, he looked, I, I, I don't get it, Eric. I just don't. He I just imagine these are like his, his European alley kids, you know, the, uh, like the, yeah, the strays. The and they're just going to go around and they like, you know, they walk down the street and they pass notes to each yeah, other, whisper be- down the lane. <laughs> they're going to pass notes there. Hey, Batman wants this. It's going to take six issues to get the word down the line. We got two issues left. Then they got the Jamie Farns. Like, all right, Cannonball runs on. That's all you get. I'm telling you, the one kid that that newsboy, I can't. He's going to come out and like, he's just going to get all of them are going to be dead. All these people are dead. Also, that. I'm looking the- at this one. I'm like the Sheik. I'm like, yeah, this Cannonball run. <laughs> Saying so, you end up with Jim Barbell. doing all the stuff, and all you need to do in this. This is like the little like word by like they come out and like, hey, we're part of the European Alliance of the Bat. Oh, really? Tell me about that. Well, I was kind of a street kid. Batman got me in this group. He really saved me. Uh oh! And then they get shot dead because he saved them. It, it's just—I just like to think these two cops are Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. dressed up so they can get her, like uh, past the other cops. I wish that we could make all of this work <laughs> into that. I mean, uh, like, what's going on with the characters? There's three of them on that bottom row next to Clint Howard. Uh-huh. Like the one is barely able to be seen over the guy's shoulder. Like, was it just a bad photo op? I, I just. You don't have Batman Incorporated, right? Batman, this is such a non-version of anything. It is Look, just Batman, do me a favor. Just go have ridiculous. an adventure with Squire. Have some Tell fun. Me, he recruited half of these at the rec center, two at the supermarket, one in an alley. I Really, that's all it was, and it's nonsense. But there it is. I want to see this group in action. I, I, I want to see s- them drive from one half of Europe to the other and see I'm who can get there you, first. I want to see that where they're spray painting different, you know, they don't, they get mixed <laughs> up because they don't know the kilometers. <laughs> like they end up thinking There's they're doing no something, speed but limit. that's the thing. They end up screwing themselves with that. With the why doesn't Cannibal run a thing anymore? I love Cannibal One. And really, that's why we need him. Is him anywhere here? Because that's awesome. Where, where That'd be Captain so Chaos awesome. in this? Captain Chaos is not here. If it was, I, I'd be in. But. You don't have that, but it, we really do need, you know, Sammy Davis and some things in, not in their cop uniforms with Dean Martin. I like them when they're the priests. Priest, Eric. Yes. yes, the priests are the best. But yeah, yeah. That is one that lady. guy from fourth to the right on top? Is that Burt Reynolds? It might be. I, I need Adrian Barbeau, like you said, and I need her. Like if she gets pulled over by Equilibrium, starts on sipping her and Susan Anton. Don't Here worry, Equilibrium's into it, and Equilibrium's, you know, it works out. It works out, man. But we'll, <sighs> battle in Brussels. Does that mean we're going to get Jean Claude? I, I mean, really, just let's throw in. This is the most ridiculous. Jean Claude, a part of the European He's the muscles in Brussels, Eric. That's why. And just the idea of thinking that these bunch of people are part of the European Schmoes. alliance of the bat is one of the most ridiculous things I've seen Look, in the, the Batman book. And it I'm all be for cool. it. It I'm could be cool. It. I want it. I need these people to be in. Hey, Ma Barker, what's going on? Ah, I gotta put up the, the thing. She's there with a freaking jug. Uh, playing some. Ooh, ooh. She's trying to play some jug band music. They're all dancing there. It's all fun until they get killed by equilibrium. Yeah, and I'm telling you, that does look like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous. What would you give it? I would end up giving this a six out of ten. Like I said before, besides for Batman and Bruce Wayne, I love the artist. The the battle to like European Alliance could use some work personally. But besides for all that, I think the art is really strong in this book. But it's really falling off for me story wise because a lot of the ideas, like if you put it base it in reality or even what you're trying to tell, 
I don't understand how any of this could work or why Bruce Wayne isn't one for murder. When there's a dead body, there's video of him stealing the clothes and walking out because he was asleep for two days. Why is nobody investigating this? No, no. The one guy on the bottom where the, it looks like the young boomerang next yeah. to them, is that guy a zombie that's with them? There's like a Russian-looking dude and a zombie. Hey, I don't look, I like to have doing. a zombie on my team. You see that guy? Look at him. He doesn't have a nose. I don't know what's he. Is he Michael no Jackson nose. or is he off in He's Dilla a Creole. Yeah, he's a Creole. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 6'5". I'm interested to see how it ends and whatnot, but I think this is going to be one of those things that when it's done, not really going to think about it again. It's just a story. It's Batman. We have so many Batmans, and you have to do something a little special to get your attention when we do have so many Batman deals. Well, you Batman have to make deals. that make sense. Yeah, well, I'm saying, and this hasn't even done, like, the idea of equilibrium, and then you kind of veered off of that with Henri Descartes to just get back, and it just, it never felt Henri's like anything. It never feels like anything in this book has any stakes or, or well, matters. Well, even that, they couldn't even kill Henri Descartes, which I thought was a big deal. Like, oh, no, no, he's fine. Yeah, everything always ends up not feeling as big by the end because you, that's why, again, this is the things that were going through my mind about Julia. Like, would they be allowed? To, I guess nobody really uses Julia, so why not? Penny too? But, yeah, also... And I ended up, you know, messaging Tom Taylor and saying, hey, is that Julia? I won't tell anybody. And he didn't answer me. But earlier he did say that Julia got a bunch of Alfred's money. Sure did. So that would also be able to fund some things. That might be something that he's that's playing the thing with is, as well. Let's just say it is Julia Pennyworth. She has this, like, that's the thing. I'm like, I, we add money to it. And it like throws away everything. I'm like, why, how would everybody else have this connection to put on bat suits and murder people? You just have to say money. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. Now, <laughs> with that, my biggest reason why I would think it's not Julia is because Julia already has a relationship with Bruce and Batman. I think that Julia would be somebody who would just go right to Batman and, and Bruce and say yeah. what the hell happened. That's my biggest thing. That's my biggest thing that in the back of my mind keeps getting to me, the idea that I don't think Julia would go through all this subterfuge and all this nonsense. And, I, you know, I don't know. I kind of think she wouldn't kill people either, but... The idea that she would just go to Bruce, probably walk in, slap him in the face, then hug him, then they'd cry about Alfred and stuff like that. Uh, because I think that Julia knows what Alfred or dad was involved with a lot and Bruce and Batman and knows that that is something that her father was aware that could happen and that there would be no way that Bruce Wayne would ever, ever let Alfred die, you know, just because. So that's what kind of it, it grates to me because I still think it's pushed towards that idea that it might be her. And then that would feel kind of forced with it. But, you know, we'll see. So, yeah, I'm a 6'5". I do like the art except for Batman and Bruce. Uh, that seems off. But we're going to go to the next book, Eric. The next book, which is Just League, The Last Ride, number three. And this is another one. that look, People love this book. And I just I, I'm getting this deal of it feels kind of like what we said about the book, Batman and the Detective, where I need something more. I'm not getting the idea of what. You know, why I need to keep reading it is, is really the deal. But it's written by Chip Zdarsky, Miguel Mandanka, Enrica, and Giolonini, and and World Designs on Art. While reading and reviewing this book, I kept feeling like a guy on a deserted island. Well, that would be cool if Eric chased me around, hitting me on his, my head with his hat and calling me little buddy. It's not I don't cool be the being skipper. the only one not digging this book as much. I see a lot of people praising it because it's not Bendis. But I'm not going to elevate a book. That I find boring and even cringy at times because it's not as bad as something else. And oh yeah, Batman only dreams if he wants to, which might have been a song in Streets of Fire, but wasn't, Eric. You'll have to look that up. But yeah, you, you go in this. It's, it's a good song. Do you remember that song? It's like, I can dream about you. You had to have heard that. In the, I'm sure you I know, have. Down the deal. It's an okay song. Um, but with that. 
you have this book and the big thing you know you're going with is that idea of what did batman do to Martian Manhunter. That and that is what up, we're hanging our hat on for this entire series. And that's not enough. Like. I said it already. It's not enough for me to keep going. Now, other people are saying that they really love to see a book, The Justice League, without that passion, without the hope, without the... I don't need that. And I, I don't is, like it. Do you have that outside of Superman? Because I feel like everybody's on board with everything that's going on here except for Superman. But even when you play in this issue, okay, you know, uh, we need Superman in space. What did you just say? How dare you say for me to go into space? I'm like, yeah, like what, what? And and so you're you're hinging all this, and even the idea of Batman here, you know, hey, I only, I go to sleep in seven seconds. I sleep for two hours. I only dream when I'm like I'm like. It's cringy. I'm telling you, this is like, you know, Chip Starsky just throwing things in here of, hey, this is my Batman. And look at him. He's so cool. And and I don't need that. What I need to know is what the hell happened with Seriously, Martian Manhunter and with, why I should even care. That's well, even my that, biggest part. Like, Batman is the world's greatest detective. He's one of the smartest people in the DC universe, but he doesn't know how to say s'mores. Yeah, yeah. And that's, he's going, but I'm telling you, he's fully. I saw fully, the s'mores, but I'm like, yeah, this is why Jim likes the Batman. With, yeah, yeah, really. He's he fully going like out with the idea of, oh my God, is he going to eat the burger with the fork and the knife with the bat burger? It's just that. Oh, look at Mr. Fancy Pants who never had a s'more. No, he has culinary taste, Eric. He doesn't want those. They're awful. But and again, the, even fun-loving Wally West Flash being here, it feels weird that we're on this life and death mission, the last ride of the Just League, where the entire universe might be coming after them because they are harboring Lobo, and for some reason, everybody's pissed off at Lobo for killing the fucking new gods, but I don't know why everybody's pissed off about that, but the idea is they're, everybody's going to be coming after him because they want to get to Lobo, and here's Wally West. Alright, we're here. I'm going to light a fire, and we're going to roast some marshmallows. I'm like... Maybe you want to do some Justice League it's stuff. Cringy. Like, how about this? Even even weird things, because, again, the basic thing is they have Lobo. They're taking no apocalypse because that's the last place people would look. And he had killed it. You even get away from at points. I guarantee you that if you would quiz a lot of people, even reviewers who gave this 10 out of 10s, whatnot, what did Lobo do? I bet you they'd forget because that's such a non well, even the idea when they talk about, you know, when we find out in this that people are coming to Apocalypse, they know that Lobo's here and stuff like that. Well, how do they know that? Because the only people that Hal Jordan told were Green Lanterns and Kilowog and stuff like that. Well, there's still some people out there who are pissed off about the Guardians not taking care of Darkseid when they should have. So they went and told people. I'm like... But, but here's I, the deal, Eric. They actually then added on top of that even saying, and also there's other people who ended up using Lobo and de- almost like a Jeffrey Epstein thing. We yeah. got to kill him when he's in jail because if it gets out and there's a trial, he's going to spill the guts and we're all going to be, we were on the island like that sort of deal. But what, do you care? I mean, well, that's the you? thing is, one of the cool things that we had last issue was that flashback to what was going on with the invasion of Darkseid with Earth. Not only that, but the planet Oa, because he was going for the main power battery. And it was a big thing. They had to try to stop him. And, like, all the Guardians are, like, you know, like off-planet and stuff like that. They've been removed. And, like, I want to know more about this. Because we saw Aquaman, you know, actually, we didn't see. We were told Aquaman died off-panel when a bomb was boom-tubed in. But this whole thing is... I want to see more of this attack. We don't have any of these flashbacks that were really interesting last time. When we ended that whole thing, we had people fighting on Apocalypse. We had Wonder Woman kill Granny Goodness. We had Superman and Green Lantern on Oa waiting for, you know, Darkseid to show up. And he does. And he's right there. And that's where we stop. And I'm like, I want to know more. Like, what's going on with the Green Lantern and stuff like that? Because obviously some bad shit happened. They want to make the moon in the new Oa. 
Hey, Nuoa, yeah, that that's like completely pushed like aside. Like him that- even dressed in like the Alan Scott Kingdom come armor. I'm like, I want to know more about this, but we're just going to take Lobo to Apocalypse and like, you know, make some s'mores. Yeah, make some s'mores and then go through a progression. Like I said, a lot of this is just like Lobo there. Uh, everybody's going to get, you know, we got to get Lobo. Some people are mad because of what. Like you said, the Guardians. Tell me how Lobo killed the New Gods. I want to know about that. And tell me why, you know, it's a big deal. And I guess it's a big deal, but it's not. But you end up where they go and this whole thing, we're going to, we're going to go and land on Apocalypse. And there's Lobo. (laughs) You think nobody's there? Like you think it's desolate? (laughs) And then we get there and it kind of seems like it is. But you end up where they they land right there. Oh, what are we going to do with Lobo. And again, I want to know why it's so desolate. What yeah. happened to everybody on a podcast? Lobo stuff said like it that? wasn't. So I don't know what he's playing with. Also, the is it like this is like that idea where you have like man versus wild, and he's there. Oh my god, I'm in the jungles of Brazil. And then he walks up, and then, there he uh, drinks his pee, and then goes up, and there's a highway right there because it's, like are they going to go over a hill and everything's there? But when you go, even even little things felt weird to me, like the idea where John Stewart says, "Hey, Batman." Should Hal and I build a proper prison? Because to me, a construct is not a proper prison. Like, that's a construct prison. It just threw me up. And he's like, no, we can't have you, you know, having to pay attention all this time. I'm like, why did we even have that? Like, the idea, because Batman's there, we're going to put him in Desaad's old place. All right. Like, any of the things that were leading up to this. Oh, my God. When we get to Apocalypse, all hell, and, and they just go to Desaad's old out and have s'mores. And it even feels weird, though. Doesn't he call it at one point Desaad's summer home yeah, on Apocalypse? Summer home. And that's even like Barry, or Wally, I'm sorry. Like, oh, what? Like a vacation? <laughs> like, why? And then, hey, let's have the some last of these ride of the Justice League. And when you talk about the last ride, it almost feels like we're in a, such a dire situation. The Justice League and the members of that, like I'm not saying everybody, but some people aren't going to make it back from this thing from what they're dealing with because, you know, the last time they dealt with Dark Side and Apocalypse stuff and New Gods in general, Martian Manhunter died. Maybe it looks like they they won the day. I don't know how yet. I just know that Superman is pissed off at Batman for Martian Manhunter dying. And it's such a weird situation where we're just like, we're skirting around it all just to see these weird situations. Like it's almost like when we talked about um Sean Murphy when he started doing Batman the White Knight. And at first it just seemed like a bunch of amalgams of stuff he like saw from the eighty nine Batman movie to the Batman animated series. He was just picking things here. Like we talked about in the first issue of this, where it seemed like Chip Sadarsky was just cherry picking stuff that he liked from the old continuity. So when we first saw nobody knew if this was in continuity, not we yeah, didn't know it has if it was to be world. Joshua and, Williamson was the one who finally had to come out. And say well, that's the thing people is, were confused. Exactly. Like I came on here and I'm like, you know, this has to be an elsewhere because everything here does not yeah, make there was sense a lot with of everything. Stuff that didn't make so sense, like yeah. we're spending a lot of these this time though to seeing weird things like what he decided to cherry pick for his world, and I have no idea why he decided the United Federations of Planets is something that he needed to have in his elsewhere. Even with that, like you you are cherry picking some things. You could do whatever you want. And why is this in my mind? Why is it so boring? A lot of people like it. I just find it boring. Also, I just want to point out that. Wally never makes s'mores. He just eats the marshmallows, and he eats them in a way that he is going to burn the crap I knew that out was of his gonna, mouth. It's fine. I He's got it. that speed force heal. I'm telling you, I hate because this has come up twice now in the past two weeks where people had mentioned making s'mores. I, I hate s'mores. I really do. But you if you can make them, make them, make them then. It's not just make it that s'mores now have just been turned into let's roast marshmallows, which I love. I love the marshmallow, but you end up with that. And, you know, they're, they're doing all these things. But here's my biggest, like, 
this is the progression of the story, and I don't think that Chip Zdarsky is on his game here, and I think that this might be something, and he's on a ton of books now, and I think that this might be one of those where, hey, you know, where's the stamp because I can kind of mail this shit in because he ends up having Hal find out, oh, shit, basically I will summarize in, hey, Hal, everybody's going to be after you. The whole, and he does go and say that. They're all around the fire. Says, oh, my God. We're going to have a lot of problems. He says, besides keeping an eye out for his enemies, there's also a massive bounty on Lobo's head. So as always, it's us against the universe. And you use it as a nice little moment, supposedly, where Wonder Woman says, well, we've been here before. It's always us. We're family. They're going to write books about us, a little cringy. And then they go to the league. Well, after that, then Batman goes, you just set up that everybody in the universe, it's a mad, 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 mad world going after Lobo. You are going to have the shit hit apocalypse, you know, 10 times, 10 times it's going to go. Batman goes to sleep and seemingly gets a channeled message from a dead Martian manhunter who says, a lot of people are coming after you and wakes up and they're like, oh, my God, people are coming to get us. And Batman says, oh, yeah, that's they the are dream coming. I had. The universe is coming. Evil is coming. And it will take a lead to stop them. I just told him that. Before he went to bed, how told so him again, this? So, again, the thing. It's like, is Batman off his game a little bit? Because he talks about, I don't dream unless I allow myself to do it. But his subconscious came in and somebody, like reminded who Hal just told him before he hit the sack. I'm telling you, I think this is how he plays that game. I think this is why they're all pissed at him. Because he ends up waking up the next day. Hey, everybody, gather around. I'm Batman. People are going to be coming after it's us. It's funny, and too. And Hal's like, really? Like, if you want to play that. this even more, where Batman is just a con artist this entire time with everything he, he does, because even the thing is like, you know, you get Kilwag come in the ring. We'll get reports that, well, it looks like word is out. They're going to get company soon there, and maybe a lot of it. And as this is going on, this communication, you can see Batman coming out in the background, <laughs> and he puts his mask on. That's Kilwag telling us to prepare for intruders. And like, Look, I understand you're trying to play this whole premonition, but there's like you could have just heard him as well as you were walking yeah. out. And I, I wanted this to be Batman wake up, and he he hears this, like you said. Then after Hal had already spelled out that there's a Lobo's a enemies, are, Lobo's enemies are coming for us, but also there is a bounty which opens up all that. But also there's people who don't want him to go to trial. All this is going to happen. Oh man, it's us against the universe. Well, in my like life, always, for the most part, it just seems like it's going to be street justice in the universe, yeah, no matter yeah, what. Really. Yeah. I want at this point where Batman, he's putting on the deal. That's Kilowog telling us to prepare for intruders. And Wonder Woman's like, all right, let me get my mug again. Hey, it's always us. They're going to write books about us, family. And they're like, why do we have to keep repeating things for Batman? Like, we just did this night before. Even with that, though, it's, hey, everybody, we're going to watch guard because me and Wonder Woman, we don't need to sleep. Then Batman comes and says, listen, I go to sleep in seven seconds and I only need two hours so you can wake me up. So right there, it's it's over the so goes. And then you end up with Wonder Woman then. Well, I know you don't have to sleep, but maybe you want to sleep. And I'm like, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing in this? Because that, I guess, is supposed to show that Wonder Woman sees that something's wrong with, with Superman, the way that they're acting and, and they're fighting. Why don't you ask them? Why don't you say right there, as Wonder Woman, who seems to be the one who has to keep the peace here, hey, are you okay? Like, really tell me what's wrong, and maybe I can get Batman out here after his seven seconds that he falls asleep. Well, you know, like, maybe we go. And also, I only dream if I want to. That's why I know that was important. You know what seems weird about this, that it didn't for some reason dawn on me, or I had an idea that obviously isn't right? It seems like this is an ongoing, and I don't know how that's possible, because there's, it just says number three on there, and I'm looking things up as you were talking about that, where it says, like, uh, 
DC, it's a DC fandom, but it's like dates published July to, to, to 2021 to ongoing. Okay. Well, it was going to be a digital at uh-huh. first and, and it, it plays out. This like feels that. like, it feels like we'll a six see. issue mini to me. Yeah, it does. Well, it doesn't see, have the many like I three mean, of six. What are you going to do after you tell us what Marshall, like this is the last ride. How can it be an ongoing? I mean, even in this, in the three, the third issue here, you even have that step aside, like, these are things that happen in this issue that I never see in other Chip Zdarsky issues where you have Batman call down to Cyborg and Nightwing and they're on Earth now seemingly like I, I whatever they're doing. And uh, hey, I think that we can afford to die. The justly can be done because the youth, they're pretty cool. And I'm like, what, 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 what's going Why are you doing this? What, what is going? Because then Superman. Is he's off his game? Lobo laughs at him, and then you get Charlie Brown Superman kicking cans as he walks out of this hut. I'm like, really? They at least put up a, a one woman told here. me to be better, and she's I'm right. T- I'm telling you, put up a, a thing where Lobo goes, huh, "Look at you, Boy Scout, you're off your game, right? You, you're done. You at least pretend that he's not right." He ends up, "Huh, you're right. Oh, woe is me. I better scare the shit out of Lois by calling her. Uh, she's like, oh my god, I forgot about that, as Kalex is serving her up coffee. Uh, but, like, I just wanted to talk to you. And What's again, that? it feels weird because with Kalex there, it feels like she's in the fortress, like she is in the regular Superman book where she was writing her story. That's like a, a crazy crystalline table that she's eating off of things. And that's what, that was one, like you said, in the first book, in the first issue, there was such a weird Okay, this is what we're getting now, but then there's Alfred, or this is what we're getting now, but then there's Hal and the Alan Scott. Like, there was some weird back and forth, and I don't know, in my mind, you know, we're kind of joking about this and all, and Batman and stuff, but in my mind... If this this is an out of continuity, this is an out of... (laughs) And it's like one of those, like, why are you only doing this? There's so much more you can do. And so much more you can have fun with and things like that where you're just showing a issue where it's Batman and Superman have a problem with what happened with Martian Manhunter and they're off their game and everybody's taking Lobo But Like everything else seems like it's just thrown in there willy-nilly to get the story. And at this point in three issues, I'm already well, wondering what's supposed to be important. Well, exactly. It's like they're constantly burying the lead. But at this point in time, I don't know what the lead is because we have all these situations in a new world that I don't fully understand. And you're saying these things, but you don't really want to talk about it all that much right now. I mean, and, and with this, you, you're expecting. And again, if this keeps going, maybe there's time for it. But what you're expecting is... That Batman did something, and even in the dream, you end up having a dream that Martian Manhunter is going around with pretty much golly gee Bruce Wayne. Golly gee, Martian Manhunter, what's going on? He's like, oh, it's okay, Bruce, and then it looks like in the dream, Bruce Wayne is upset at Martian Manhunter getting killed by Batman. And and so I'm thinking the idea was at a point, even Wonder Woman says to Batman, hey, you do all this training and all this nonsense about not dreaming and sleeping and whatnot – but why can't you deal with real people? Why can't you just let the facade down and be Bruce Wayne? And, and I think that's what that dream was, that he ended up doing something where he had a choice to be a good guy, Bruce Wayne, you know, the human side of him, or to be the tactical. You know, I think that he pretty much went with the idea that Martian Manhunter was the one person who, if he gets killed, the rest of us live. And that's the odds that a Batman goes with. And I think it's it's what Superman wants everybody to live is upset. But why aren't you telling us this so we can see Bruce when that point comes 
does the opposite, does the thing to save the day by actually, you know, not acting like Batman or something, even if it's not that. We need to know what happened because without that, you got two mopey superheroes just, you know, going around well, being told by Wonder Woman, don't be a kid. Because the dream that Batman has about this whole joke about how he's just skewing the numbers like he like he's repeating what Hal told him before with the bed, but it seems to be like a weird premonition slash telepathic. No, he way. says so he to, says to that. the degree where I don't even know if Martian Manhunter's dead because it seems like he's talking to Bruce in his it's mind. It's weird though, because then he says like, Well, somebody could be duping us telepathically, but I don't think it's that. But he's not really thinking to himself, like, but maybe this is one of those like when do we get this reveal because it's already like you said bearing the lead well i've now had three first impressions of what's going on in this book and i'm not getting a very good idea and i'm not feeling good about it but it could be one of those where martian man under when we see he says to to batman i'll do this but i'll end up being you know almost like an obi-wan I'll be stronger. I'll be able to contact you, but don't tell anybody because that'll ruin it. I don't know why, but the idea that he doesn't want to tell anybody, but in fact, and this happens with Batman a lot where Batman, the truth would make him look better, but he leaves that aside because of the mission and things like that. And what they have to do, it might be something like, but we're already three issues in and we have no idea. That's the thing is on top of everything else, we have all the, our other heroes on earth gathered together looking for something suspicious because Batman believes that the Justice League has been put back together, lured off planet because there's an attack coming. This is all a dupe. And like, you know, so we have all of our heroes on earth waiting for the next assault. But again, that's just another thing. You know what I mean? Like, what is the big thing? Because what they're doing in the present here is taking Lobo and trying to hide him for a trial. And when is it? When? How long? I, I don't know. And it's just, you know, everybody, oh, look at this. It's a Justice League without faith. And it's, I, I don't know. That's not and that again, fun to me. And everybody, Superman just, to me. Yeah, yeah, really. Because Batman's just doing his thing. Superman. And even at the end, like the idea where he calls Lois and she's like, hey, uh, you know, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I think I just wanted to hear your voice. And it's just like, but it's okay to be fine, Clark. Not to be fine. Everyone goes through hard times. You're not alone, Clark. You're not alone. I'm like, what is she doing? She just keeps repeating things. She's like, and by the way, what is this snowman thing that I'm supposed to know about? Because I'm really confused here. Thank God we don't deal with the snowman's ticket in this universe. Hey, where's the snowman's ticket? And what are you doing? Are you in Desaad's summer home, his vacation home, making s'mores? I mean, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a good vacation. Like even them when they're there, have them at least lighten up a little and maybe even see an idea where Superman and Batman do really like each other. And that gives you that pain that Superman's having even more not trusting or not liking what Bruce Batman did because of the idea that that they have. Like like even if they're there where there is Wally, where you could even set up the idea of like, hey, tell me one of them their stories while I eat these marshmallows about what Barry like. Barry told me this time. This deal, and it ends up being a, a story where Batman and Superman save the day together, and they kind of like are laughing. But then, you know, you get back to broody Superman again, and I, I don't know. Just have like family. It's it's freaking Fast and the Furious family, yeah. but we don't even have it. But yeah, hey, what would you give it? <laughs> I would end up giving this a six point five out of ten. I like I said, the thing is, I lo- I like the art all the way through, and there's some elements in here that I want to see, you know, come to fruition. It's just that. And again, I think like most of my problem is right up until now, like I don't know how long this book is. And I believe until I just looked that it was only a six issue mini. The idea that it's an ongoing in the last ride, like I'm like, said, I don't understand how ride, many of this works. It, it so, but seem... It's just we're playing with so many things here, but each issue doesn't feel like we're playing with enough. Like every time you get a morsel of something, that's just you push it away. Like I want to see 
that big dark side invasion that we had last issue for the flashback. And even that just gave us little little bits here and there, little bits and pieces. And then we moved on. This we got nothing. And it's just our heroes sitting around talking about some more shit about the idea that people are coming after them. Like, for the most part, I already knew that. And like you gave me a, a Martian Manhunter premonition. I'm like, am I supposed to believe that Martian Manhunter is still alive? I don't know. I don't know the rules of this world. Or I'm not getting enough. Batman but there are things that I want to know about in this book at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I I, I want to like it. I really do. I love Chip Sadarsky, so I really do. Well, it's one of those like, like it's it. not like you have a really big Justice League book you could say well, like, is your Justice thing, League book. And that's the big deal with me going with that. And I said at the beginning, I see some people even in their you know official reviewers, Eric in quotes, with the idea, well, I, I like this because Bendis's Justice League sucks. That's they're different things. I mean, you can't just say one thing's great because the other sucks i don't think that this is hitting and it's it's confusing me why it's not it's confusing me why it seems very scattered and and whatnot even after three issues it's kind of lost a focus of what i'm i don't know what's important so i'm a five five and i like the art a lot i just hope that it ends up being able to be something better and maybe when we get the reveal of what happened and see how Batman and Superman can work through it and maybe be better, that would elevate the deal. And, and if that's the case, then I'll be glad to give it really good scores. But at this point, I'm kind of bored, a little confused, and nothing. there's nothing grabbing me to want to go and read an Elseworlds story like this where nothing really is that exciting. We said the best parts were the flashbacks. Those were awesome. Those are real cool. But we don't even get that here, so... I was a little down overall, but we'll move on to the next book. And yeah, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> Wonder Woman number 775, written by Mike Conrad. Eric, that's what he's down to for me. Now, Becky Cloonan, Andy McDonald on art with Nick Filardi and Pat Brusso. After years of not having the Olympian Pantheon in a Wonder Woman book, they're back after a quick game of Riddle Me This. At least it wasn't solved with another thirsty Thursday, right, Eric? Well, Diana was asleep, by the way. She didn't even do it. But why make it feel like it hardly even mattered? Oh, well, the future Dark Janice needs to be stopped. Because if not, Diana may have to play Foursquare, compete in a spelling bee, or possibly win a battleship to get them back. Riddle me this, DC. When are we going to get a good Wonder Woman book? And that's basically what I want. I want to have. Why a does book Wonder where- Woman look worse in Olympus than she did in Valhalla? And this thing, and not only that, just the art that we have for this section of the story, it's way worse than we had. The Valhalla stuff at least looked amazing through and through. And this is just like when she's in her weird toga and like you know her her headpiece, she looks like she is gaunt and dying of cancer. Yeah, yeah. I I sent you screenshots where I ended up going and you know when i do that on my tablet and then you end up you know getting a little section it does expand it to just show you how bad it was nobody even had a face just walking around but you start off and this, this is the thing that's going i don't understand what is going on now it it seemed as if you i don't know, understand wonder woman, why dead man's here well wonder woman ends up you know the ascension she doesn't want to be ascension she's going to go back sphere of the gods now with that you end up having the quintessence being killed i don't know if that's even involved but the idea where maybe because the quintessence ends up getting killed by it looks like dark sun yeah that things were wacky with her going back to olympus because of that you were allowed to have ratatosk is able to do that because there's that little bit of a blip where he could do that but with that 
That allowed Janice then to go and assume the role of Wonder Woman and then kill everybody, all this with a weapon that was never shown before, but the was God out scraper. of nowhere. The God Scraper, the worst sounding thing I've ever the heard. The Ice Scraper. I just imagine, I was just going to say, I just imagine when this is all done, it's just going to be used to get ice off of a well, windshield. That's the thing. Hephaestus is there. It's like it's a freaking chilly morning in Olympus. He's scraping it against the freaking car. That's why he had it. I, if he explained it like that, I, I wouldn't even bat an eye on this. But God damn it, I got to get to the forge. Come on. You end up having Wonder Woman, who then... <laughs> Oh, my God, the world tree, it's in trouble. Okay, let's climb up and down it, hide in an egg, get a key to get to the Valkyries, but not Wonder Woman getting the key. Dead Man suddenly showing up and being corporeal, ends up handing her the key, then goes, gets knocked out. And while that's happening, we find out that pretty much everything that was happening wrong in uh, Asgard was that the, the, uh, what's it called, the Valkyries, they needed a day off. That that's what it ended. Wonder Woman was knocked out at that point. She had Look, nothing to do Astral with Thor. Doctor Psycho making freaking like Again, you know, cursed he weapons. Made cursed weapons to make then Thor and the Bros act even worse, which pissed off the Valkyries who said, "We're not dealing with the Bros. We need a day off." Okay, what is Doctor Psycho's endgame? You get Thirsty Thor's day. And it'd be funny, they're like, well, what day is that? And he's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like well, Thursday, counts, but I actually yeah. was thinking about it being Monday. Uh, that doesn't work. But yeah, so while, remember, Wonder Woman wakes up and they're like, hey, Thursday, Thursday. That's all it was. It was a work-related HR issue. That's all that was at Asgard. So then you get to Olympus here. And an Olympus that has not been around for quite some time. Every We've had time a lot they were of things. brought up, Olympus was destroyed and the gods had fled. Yeah, there are times when it looked like they were just rocks floating in space. Yeah. You know, that that's okay. It changed a lot the way it was. But the be-all, end-all of it was no Olympus. No Olympus. Yeah, we occasionally see gods going around in them. And you would say, what the hell is going on with here? They said well, Yeah, that. like the idea that Poseidon had just like, you know, disguised himself as a man and then Cheetah kills him with the tear of the, the tear of extinction. <laughs> yeah, I was screwed up because I had to think about it. And then <laughs> Zeus the is there opposite. and then, you know, Darkseid's yeah. killing or uh, Grail's killing him for defeat, Dark's baby Darkseid. And then later, Cassie ends up walking around the Bendis book where, oh, my God, Poseidon's there. And also Zeus. And Zeus. So you have, but there hasn't been Olympus. This is big, and it seems as if that detail has not been told to Conrad and Clunan. Well, because dude, when they get even here, the idea when we have this situation, when the gods are brought back, these gods are the Azarello New 52 Wonder Woman gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that makes it weird. And also, they don't even seem like they can't. We'll get to it. Because you start off on what is, if you didn't look up or whatever, it's Lesser Mars. You know, Lesser now, Mars. Now you end up having Janice. With the scraper on Mars, she does seem to kill Hieronymus, who is the god of death on Mars. Because even when we get to the, you know, the graveyard of the gods, you have the guy chiseling out and starting with that name. That seems to be what she is saying at the beginning. Janice says, it's awesome killing these gods because now I'm all powered up and whatnot. And you see a bunch of. You know, Martians. Yeah. Just there, like tons. They, they're just falling down. It looks if like Martian World Man War Z. was the last Martian before. He definitely I know, is now. Seriously. I just don't understand. Like, I'm not the, like, you know, I love DC Comics. I know a lot about DC Comics. Martian Manhunter is one of those gaps in my knowledge where I don't know a lot about him. Like, I know the basics. But the thing is, how they've changed. How they've changed him over the years, bringing the idea, even like, you know, how Superman's the last son of Krypton, even though there's a shit ton of Kryptonians. You know, Martian Manhunter was the last of his kind, except for like Miss Martian. She's a white Martian, stuff like that. But when you have this lesser Mars, I'm like, 
I don't know how like the the green Martians are here. And when she goes and kills the like the this god of Mars and a shit ton of like, just regular Martians, I don't know why the regular uses, Martians are there. That's the, the thing that I then don't uses understand. the god scraper to tear a hole yeah, in tear. reality, and then she walk teared a, like, a hole. And again, if she's killing gods. Again, even if they're Martian gods, I'm not sure how things work with this, but it should still be in the sphere of the well, gods. That's, I don't know what, what the I'm other Martians are. That's what I don't – because the idea – Or why this is a lesser or, Mars. Or they're all – like is that the whole pantheon? They're I don't only, know. He's they all just look like Martian either. manhunters and, and barely drawn. Boom, right through the – with the scraper, reality, and walks through. But with that – you do end up, the funniest thing about this is it's like, oh, Mars, you, you're never going to get a lot of respect. Like you even said, you don't know much about it. When you do have well, that people deal. people love Martian Manhunter. I always just kind of find them a bit boring whenever you go deal specifically with Martian Manhunter. But the funny thing is, is when they do end up, okay, you win the riddle. When we get that later and all oh, the gods are all returned. You do see the Martian god in the very back. Like, he's the one dude in the back. Like, I guess all these others were just, like, if this is in the sphere of the gods, why are they there? Or I don't is it know. not in the sphere of the gods? Because nothing is explained there. I think it's supposed to be just an aside that is, quote unquote, clever. But it doesn't make sense with the idea of all these other people. Like I said, it looks like World War Z manhunters going at it. Like, just going at you as zombies just tumbling over. And... It doesn't really make much sense, and it doesn't matter because he's back anyway. And that's the thing with this, Janice. You end up in this issue in such a weird way of, in my mind, first off, you, you bring back Olympus way too quick. Is this because they went, oh, my God, we got to bring this back because so of your floor? This could be my word of the freaking night. I know it's just, like, it's just so inconsequential. All of the gods are dead. Okay, I'm going to go. And even that. The way that everything has to be, like you and I were talking before we got on tonight, this the idea of the forced narrative situation. Like Janice being a Roman god but being allowed to be in the Greek pantheon because they don't have a counterpart, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. And then they're like, oh, the Janice, you know, the evil side split off and then killed all the other gods. And now like, okay, they went to the graveyard of gods. And to make this story work, you're taking something that Scott Snyder put together for his Justice League run with the, you know, the seven, like, you know, dark forces of the universe, one of them being the key to the graveyard of the gods. And the only way you get here was with this key. Now it's just, you know, here and like, you know, you, you walk down here and it's just tombstones. Yeah, you said, like, well, wait, wait a second. Let, let's give it the benefit of the doubt here. The tombstones aren't even there. At one point, Wonder Woman goes, where are they? I don't <sighs> know. Okay, I'll stab the ground. There they are. As if that's the key. They and rose then they up. They come up like, you know, some crazy British guy's teeth, right? Like, Is that like, a joke? But, but, they before the thing, though, nilly. Poseidon was there because Cheetah killed Poseidon. The idea of the great, like, it, they weren't buried. They weren't dead and buried. This was a place that the gods go to when they die. And I don't understand why we have a bird-faced keeper of the graveyard now or some dude with freaking his British teeth freaking chiseling names on tombstones. Like, I don't understand what this is now. And, and even with that, I why... I can't say I understood what it was before, but... but why in this, though, worse. where Dead Man, like, he, he knew where they were going. And yet, at the end, oh, my God, because it forced narrative. I'll keep repeating that. Oh, I forgot my change purse. I think he has one of those little plastic ones that you go and it like opens like, like a an mouth. And you, yeah, I love those yeah. things. Uh, also, at points, oh man, you know, you don't know what it's like. You've been dead. Well, I wasn't always dead. Ah, never mind. It, it's so weird the way that they play this. Even that. Well, there's no gravestones. Oh, what like, are you what doing? Don't stab the says ground. There. You've been know. dead your whole life. Yeah. What yeah. is that line? <laughs> it's. I know what it is. It's stupid. And and all of a sudden, these gravestones pop up. And what were you trying to wake the dead? No, I was trying to get some attention. 
are these all headstones? Everybody drunk dumb juice in this one? Because they just keep going around. They're in the graveyard of the gods, but there's no graves. She stabs the ground without any sort of knowledge about doing this. They they pop up. Then she says, are they gravestones? Then they're leaning on them. Then at one point, man, I wish we could find Hermes' gravestone. Radistock goes off and says, it's here. And she's like, oh, my God, good eye. How'd you know where to look? I just look for the symbol, basically. Here it is. It's one of the higher ones there, and I saw the symbol. He's got a gigantic tube. I'm like, why does Hermes have this? I know. Look at look at, at that point, Radistock's freaking uh, tail. I mean, that thing's crazy. Uh, but then you end up having the guy, and he's chiseling, and that is the, what I, it seems to be Hieronymer, the uh, the god of the, what's it called? The Martian god of death. So he's doing that. And that okay, you think that's, that's him? Okay. Because he doesn't look like a Martian to me at all. No, that's not him. The, the oh, name okay. on it. Okay, I'm sorry. He's yeah, doing he's it for there, the, and that's the new why one. I'm sorry. Because like, I don't know who this guy is. No, either. no. That guy's just the chiseler, I call I him. But the chiseler. It, it, it is one of those hey, things, chiseler. though. And he says, um, he actually says, like, at a point, like, oh, man, things have been busy lately. Like, oh, my God. And so I think that's the clever thing. You know, you end up seeing that you know, Martian god dying and now he's setting up the grave because it's coming there uh and then he smiles he's got rotten teeth all right and then we go on and like just this idea oh where where do we find the keeper ha 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 am i I humorous he you find him then they start going i love the idea it's like he finds you you don't find him then you spend half a page going man that sucks we don't have a lot of time we don't have a lot of there he is he's just there he's larger than life 12 feet tall (laughs) giant freaking skeleton bird face comes in he's like hey what's going on yeah i knew you'd be coming here soon this is cool hey i want to get rid of the or i want to save the olympian gods (laughs) you can't do that nobody's allowed to do that how about we play riddle me this okay that's all it is. And then later, I just goes, did see like Monty Python, the Holy Grail, you know, answer me these questions three. Yeah, that's a, and, and he just agrees. And then after the fact, you end up when I knew that you were lonely. <laughs> well, wouldn't you think if he was lonely? I just he had this guy with won- bad teeth over I here. I mean, the idea, like that guy doesn't look like a real conversation. I don't, I don't like this. Like you make him jo- like smile because who wants to see that shit? It, really? Yeah, you I can't tell jokes. Joke. Also, everything that that guy says, like there is the keeper. And he goes over and says, hey, can you get me a sandwich? He's like, get a sandwich for the keeper. The keeper gets his sandwich and then laughs. And he's like, you asshole. But with that, if the play is loneliness, right? Why wouldn't he want Boston, Diana, and Radisak to stay because they aren't dead yet? They would be the ones he could talk to, but they're going to riddle me this. These well, riddles even that, aren't the even rules that just clever. Keep changing, and Dead Man seems to be the guy like he knows everything. The idea is like, well, I'm this moral support here, Diana. Just kind of walking around the graveyard of the gods with you. Okay, she does the, the riddles. She answers them all. Okay, you can have what you want, but one of you must stay behind. Well, that wasn't part of the deal. You don't make. T- and then there's Dead Man like, oh yeah, no, Diana, that's one of them things. Like we didn't bring any money to freak it. I'm like, I just got my change like, purse. Like, what are you doing, yeah, here, Dead Man? Also. Seriously, in between that, before the end of it, in the middle of the riddles, oh, Radistock, he's he's one of the, he's like me, he can't keep his mouth shut, he wants to tell the answer, so then the keeper grabs Radistock, and then all of a sudden it becomes not I'm a, a contest to get him back, but then nothing, right, and then that's where Dead Man's like, yeah, you know, those are the rules, but Radistock, he's not involved, huh, let's see how you scream without a mouth, and <laughs> we have that play. And then you know, even at the end of that, it's like, you know, play. like uh, Ratatosk is going to be kept like, no, you can't take him. And the dead man's like, look, I'll stay behind. No, you're not going to stay behind either. You know what? I want all the Olympian gods and everybody that Janice has killed freed. 
except for chaos. You can leave her behind. I'm like, she's like, no, no, that's, that wasn't part of like, one of you guys had to stay behind. Yeah, what yeah. he's talking also, about. Why don't you just leave behind that Martian guy? <laughs> like, who cares about him? But yeah, it's the setup then in my mind of like, that's the weird play. And it's not to me any, but that, that would be strife. That would be, and even though it's played out a little different here. It's so here, weird though. It's like, it's one issue of Dragon Ball Z for them to collect the Dragon Balls. I want them all alive again. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's like that it. usually and takes a year to watch. Seriously, but here, less than is, one issue. This is Ash going and like, oh my god, you got to collect them all. Did it? All right, there you go. You did it. And and so I think that maybe it's the setup of chaos later being strike. All oh, that will be, you know, a villain down the. Line. I don't well, know. This feels, book is not selling very well. Because the so. deal is with the Olympian gods coming back, it feels like it can finally tie into what's going on with the Wonder Girl right now. And and Eros is the brother of Eris, the goddess of strife and chaos. And, you know, Strife, and if we had the Azarello gods front and center here with freaking, you know, you know, uh, birthday cake head freaking Hades down here. But, like, they're front and center. And one of the big, go- like, you know, villains of that run was Strife. Was Strife. The, was the Who then ended up teaming up and, like, all that. Because that was the the thing. And I'm not a real huge Azarello fan overall anymore. But at that point, it was really well done. The idea that gods... They're never your enemies or your friends. That they're always something. You know what I mean? Like when when they they end up doing what is good for them at that point. So Strife ended up at one point kind of helping, but then not. But was the big villain deal. Yeah. And so, are you setting that up again because we've seen all that, or is that going to be something where, like you said, this might tie but in? It with also Eros feels weird with her know. saying chaos and not Strife. And then but even, even them talking is- about chaos seems a little bit. Over well, it's even weird when Zeus is. is talking about doing things like Diana's going to go off and Hera's like, you're just going to let her leave? She chose chaos. I'm like, now, are you talking about what she chose over here? Or are you saying that she's choosing it now with but what she's going to do? it's clever, right? It's, it's, like, I, I don't know what he's talking about. The biggest thing, like you said, this is Dragon Balls with, with just one episode finishes it, it, it because this is something we've waited. I mean, just the idea that you spent twice the amount of time in Asgard than you did here but i do think that this is just we need to get these cut because there's bigger plans than just this book which almost feels like the idea of like really this is wonder woman why would that happen but it might just be bad storytelling because then she's trying to figure out where to go next i'm telling you some of these things where she's talking to dead men and a coin it's a coin two sides when she gets that that yeah. is one of the worst things I've ever seen draw well, this, in my life. Well, not even that, but even that riddle, though. It's like, I have heads and tails. So I'm like, you're Didn't not you even trying right to away? think <laughs> It's It's like, I breathe it in, and it might be for O2. Like, what? I got, yeah, you, you got it. All right, you're smart. Like, almost like he, he want like, again, though. Because it's still like better this. than Tom King's riddles when it he was is. doing the riddle. It's tough with riddles, but like yeah. you said, but this, I'll give the keeper... The benefit because now he's he's just thrown on the spot. He's like, I'm not a real riddle guy. I remember this one. Uh, the thing, the good play would have been is the idea of this happening and then Diana picking chaos stays. And then somehow you see that this was Janice's plan all along that forced the keeper to do this, knowing uh, like something with chaos. It would have been cool, but it, it ends up feeling really dumb with these riddles, especially when you get to the end, like you just can't figure out any more riddles. Right. So that they end up going back to, like we said, they go back to Olympus. Nobody seems as if it's like that much of a time that's passed. 
And nobody really feels like, I mean, they feel like it's like, eh, whatever. We'll, cool. We'll We're back. back. Whatever. And a little high five. Hey, why don't I also love the idea that Diana's there and I'd be pissed if this was me because this seems like it would be like you going to your party on Saturday, right? You're heading there. Now, tomorrow night, somehow my son, Zach, invites you out to go to McCool's, right? And okay. you're like, well, I'll go. You get smashed, right? Yeah. Then you go to your party that you're going to go with your friends, and then they're like, hey, have a drink. You're like, nah, I kind of drank a lot with this kid yesterday that I don't really know. She shows up in Olympus after all this time with, with the gods of her pantheon. They're like, hey, have a drink with us. Nah, I kind of drank a lot in Asgard. You're like, you sure. Like we're here. Why don't you celebrate with us, you jerk? And uh, yeah, she even with the idea. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of the Ziggy, the Siegfrieds, and and so all of this though goes to the one riddle was a well that they tie it into then the idea where hey, the only way you can get out of Olympus is to go to this well. Well, that's a weird situation. They go in and out of this place constantly. Well, that's the thing is like we just talked about though. If you want to tie it into Wonder Girl, we have arrows show up because oh, yo, Hera told him to go there and stop Wonder Girl. The gods are constantly leaving the sphere of the gods and going to Earth, the mortal plane. And for whatever reasons, like Hermes, like look. Over in that, you know, the field of the satyrs and stuff like that, there's a well. I pass messages down in there every now and again. And uh, if you go through there, I think you might be able to get to where you're going. But I'm like, now it's a scavenger hunt. And I'm just like, we're just going from one sphere of the god place to the other. And I have no idea how Janice is getting from place to place with the scraper of the gods and where they're going. Tearing it in. You don't have the God Slayer that maybe you could do that. But even she's an ascended being. Go where the fuck you want. What I I feel like you should have spelled out something of the idea where. It might be something, yeah, maybe Diana could leave somewhere and go because, again, she's kind of a demigod, like that sort of thing. But maybe, you know, dead men, I don't know, because the idea that the gods go in and out, but you could have just maybe even had Hermes, hey, I'll take you down. Where do you want to go? Like Wonder Woman still feels like she has amnesia here. Yeah, I think I do. And you end up with, I think the writers do as well. So then you end up with the steel. We're going to go to the well. You got to go to the well. The only reason it seems that she is going to the well is because even then, oh, watch out, them satyrs, pretty, pretty bad guys there, right? And you go over and the satyrs chasing around the nymph trying to nail them. I mean, I'm not going to say that that's right, Eric, but this is just kind of how the, the, the thing goes, whatever. And she has to stop them and then even stops and says, like, I wish I could stay and stop all this awfulness. I'm like, are we getting back to Thirsty Thursday again? Are we getting HR problems in the afterworld? And I'm starting to see a theme of this. And this one's just thrown in out of nowhere. Like, really? And she jumps in the well after that, threatening the satyr, I'll throw you in the well. No, 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 I'm going to run away. Runs right where that nymph went. By the way, I think that there's trouble in, in them woods. Uh, but she ends up jumping in. I'm like, why, why? And I saw people like going with the idea. And then you see a scene, one of the best Wonder Woman scenes I've seen in a while, where she ends up stopping the satyr. I'm like, it, it, it's only a good scene because it was forcefully set up to be there. And it's it's just... It's just nothing. And she jumps in. Oh, my God. I'm in the upside. I'm fairy world now. Even at Which one is point- weird because if she is in the fairy world, because no, like the, the satyr tells her if you jump in the well, nobody ever returns. But all around the satyr field where the well is, there's fairies in the trees. Yeah, yeah. And, and she ends like- up even <laughs> with like the Dionysus type, you know, almost like horn wreath thing on her thing. I, I just – I don't get it. Now, and this other, costume changes that yeah, she keeps yeah, having. Yeah, it just yeah. feels so weird. It's like weird. Lady Gaga. It's Cher here. You know, you have that, Eric. Uh, We're focusing the on the too. wrong things in Wonder Woman yeah, here. Yeah, Hephaestus comes up and says, well, hey, 
I really done messed up here. So making that get, god scraper. Who knew that would get, bite me in the ass? You get that scraper. They, they even say like Hermes is like we have no idea. Like that's the problem. There's no reason for him to make that. And then Hermes like I don't even know what he was doing then. I guess he was drinking. Too- Nothing's confirmed. I guess you were drinking too much. He's like maybe, but I put it in a safe place. Like is that going to be something that comes up? Uh, but with that whole deal, when you end up having him, hey, what's that? You know, lasso. Oh, this? It's it's something it's I picked up in Asgard. Not really sure how it works. Well, you better watch it because sometimes those things have a mind of their own. Okay. All right. All right. Just, well, bring like me a, that scraper so she, I can destroy it. She has it. a notepad. Okay. Hesvestus okay. drunk makes weird weapons that can kill gods. I mean, really, well, the that, idea because of the doing thing that. Is, the idea of making this doesn't seem to be the drunk thing. The idea that he put it in a safe place, like nobody would know. Yeah, well, I have seen you with a few drinks and a few ladies. Loose lips sing ships there, Hephaestus. Even the idea of just, I want to know, like, he's even, ah, I was dabbling in some, make it something that means something. Pretty cool looking sickle, huh, guys? Yeah, you know, look at me. Mickey and then, is hardcore, but pretty cool. Even every time I'm reminded of it, and it always throws me off, you have the guy Janice, the present Janice. Like, hey, brain back. <laughs> so at one point, you have people leaning on his back. It might even be Harem. No, it's not Harem. It's somebody else leaning. I'm like, I would never lean on that. Look at, look at that awful thing. Awful, awful stuff. But, yeah, like you said, I, I now see the uh, Hades with the candles. So you have that, yeah. the Azarello deal and stuff like that. At one point... I think the one's even Lennox, freaking Cassie Sandsmark's father, you know, before that we had in the Wonder Woman Azarella thing. At one point, I thought they were trying to do like a brain scan of Janice. It looked like they were sticking things in his ears and things like that. And he, even that, like the idea where Hera, like you said, hey, why'd you let her go off like that? Whatever. Well, she chose chaos. All right. I mean, the, it's doing nothing. It, it does. And. And when you, you had the opportunity to do something huge. That's not huge. <laughs> it, Okay. But it, it ends up where this could be the biggest thing in a Wonder Woman book in quite some time. And it's actually in the book played off as just, you know, same old, same old, nothing, nothing much here, nothing going on but the rent. Here you go. You're back. And, and what, and the overall deal for my last bit of why my score is so low is the idea that you have. I think the one's the first born, though. You have, okay, maybe. I don't know. For some reason, that actually tickles my fancy. But yeah, and I don't even know if anybody remembers the firstborn. But you end up where you have the big thing where you start even this issue where the the Martian god of uh, death ends up being killed. You have had the big thing. Oh, my God. Janice has killed the Olympian pantheon. You get it back with three very easy riddles so where are the stakes going forward i know that you can say well you can't keep going back and telling riddles but you did it the first time why why did you do this it should mean something because she's going off and killing these gods it should mean more than telling three riddles and leaving chaos all this is is for setup some for some reason to get chaos there and pissed even though even play the other side of that one one there was not anybody saying anything except the whisper I'll save you. And I'm like, really? Like, you can't even do that, right? But overall, the art was not good. No. The story was, you know, almost inconsequential. Unimaginative, too, because, like, even the idea of everything we're dealing with here, like the God Scraper, it's a lesser form of the God Slayer. Even when you bring back the graveyard of the gods, you have changed it completely just to be this freaking unimaginative kind of thing where then it becomes, answer me these questions three, which I'm like, 
Nothing feels fresh, original, or good about this. You took away her lasso, and the Valkyries gave her one oh, that she doesn't I got know this, what it is. I got this and, ribbon lasso. Yeah, and uh, hey, you better watch it. All right. And then, hey, uh, I got to get to Chase Janice. Well, you know, you can't go out. Oh, there's a well. <laughs> You're going to be an elf land. I don't know. I saw the last time she like, in the elf Janice, land. Like I said at the beginning, Janice, the Roman god here, being in the Greek pantheon makes no sense, but we need to have it for the story that they want to tell, and it has to force it in here, and it doesn't make any sense. And maybe Nothing the, about what we do makes any sense for any progression. And here, maybe maybe if this was you know, James Robinson was on the book, and, and even, I think, Shea Fontana at that mm-hmm. one point. There was oh, that yeah, little point, right? If this would have happened then, maybe we would have been like, okay, we're just doing this. It's a little... This is at a point where we're coming back where Wonder Woman is no longer in the regular world. is in the sphere of the gods. Things are wrong. This should mean more. This should not be just a throwaway story that seems as minimal as those others. Like where we were getting upset with it, but eh, we're kind of getting used to it. This is supposed to be the big thing. This is supposed to be the thing that's going to actually in our minds, fix the sphere of the gods and fix these pantheons and things. And you're, you're not even playing it well or at all. You just, it seems like you're meandering, don't know. And now I think that maybe it's not as connected as we think, like some of these books. Maybe the idea, so. because really boy, it, it feels like the play of this, the pitch is, hey, what if Wonder Woman was in Asgard? We're, we're done with that now. And now they have nothing to do. We go through one issue pretty much of saving the Greek gods and then get out. Why aren't you spending more time with her thing? And it's just, it's nonsense. Elf world. It's fucking fairyland. The end. Elf deal. <laughs> I'm telling you, nonsense. Uh, with that, I give it a four out of ten. And I'm right there with you. I actually had no idea what you gave this issue. Uh, I didn't check my head of time, but this is sitting right at a four out of ten where nothing really good is about. Like, you could have some situations here where you could give us some points because, all right, we're bringing the gods back. We yeah, can say this ties into Wonder Girl. We're doing this other stuff, but. There's nothing really good, like I said before, about anything that we're dealing with in this book. I could probably even go down to a 3 out of 10, but I'm not going to because I want to remain a bit positive here with a 4 out of 10. But this new run, like I don't know why nobody can write Wonder Woman or how anybody pitches something. I don't think it's because nobody pitches it. I think they go to people to get it. And I think that there's people with Wonder Woman stories that they're just not paying attention to. And it may be for all sorts of different reasons. Who knows? But these never feel like anything inspired. Mariko Tamaki's deal didn't feel inspired at all. Nothing. G. Willow Wilson comes over, a really good writer as well. Didn't feel like anything. Everybody ends up always coming over. And and I'll give here, I'll give Conrad and, and Clunan a little bit of props over, say, a G. Willow Wilson especially, is they seem to understand Wonder Woman herself. Wonder Woman just seems to be thrown into situations in this that are so ridiculously bad that she can't really do much with. I don't but even the know if she feels Woman, I'm telling you, she doesn't feel like Wonder Woman to me. She still know. feels like she has amnesia and she's like, well, I'm saying apart. that that might be part of the whole roundabout deal. But remember, with, with G. Will Wilson came on and she barely wanted to write Wonder Woman. It was with all these others. And even then, the Seder running around and things. And then you end up having Mariko Tamaki, where she seemed more involved with hey maxwell lord like everybody and and liar liar everybody was always the focus was away from one at least the focus here is there it's just not great well even when we had james robinson on like here's jason and the like return of dark side and grail wonder woman i don't know if you realize this eric i i don't know but wonder woman's a pretty big character pretty cool and i haven't enjoyed the series since we had freaking greg rucka on at the beginning of 2000 and even then it took us a while to realize how much we liked it 
because he was doing some wacky stuff that we didn't really, really understand right away. But we realized afterwards, yeah, that was the best we've had. And that's a long time ago. That was like one year. You know? Five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. And it's been nothing since. And unfortunately, with each person, they seem to want to like up the at G. Willow Wilson, Mariko Tamat. But each time, because of what the other didn't do, the sales just never go up. They keep going down. And it's at the point where this book, we don't know the numbers, but where you get the positions is the second lowest selling, it seems, of the ongoings. And that's not what Wonder Woman or fans deserve. Somebody needs to come. And at this point, you're getting to a point, and I, we talked about this before, you know, in all these years we've done the podcast or whatever. You're getting to a point where how are you going to fix this? How are you going to, who do you have to get now to make this book important again? Not even just because there's a very, you know, big fear of mine is you'll get an awesome story, but nobody cares anymore. They've written yeah. one woman off. And that's what I'm worried about now because that's how it seems to be. Nobody is talking about this book now. So, what do you get, Greg Rucka back? Yeah, that might. But even so, some people have written and They're writing off one of the better characters. That is a character that has so much scope and so much, uh, you know, things that you can do. And, and you're not doing it. And yet I look at the reviews. There's a 10, a 9, 6. People saying this is the best run, the best characterization that they've ever had. Thoughtful writing, excellent storytelling on all levels. Really? I got a couple of comics that I might want you to check out before you start making these accolades with this. And it just doesn't make sense to me. But, yeah, four out of ten seem really, really uh, much the deal. It's just very depressing. It really is. How how the hell was Valhalla the high point? Yeah, that, seriously, Eric. How, how is Blood Run snake games. up and down a tree? <laughs> uh, and also, just to tie it all back to me and you, <laughs> the reason why we have this podcast and the site was because of Wonder Woman. Nobody was reviewing it. Nobody was reviewing Wonder Woman. So we thought we needed to, like, this is back in like 2013. Yeah, this is 2000. And and basically screwed every bit of free time we had because once we said that, we needed to cover every book (laughs) and it's freaking, you know, our MO or whatever. But we legitimately ended up starting the pod, well, the site first, and then a couple of years later, the podcast. And it all was because we wanted people to know about Wonder Woman. And know about, you know, how great a character it really was, even though not either of our favorite. So funny. You but. and I are just sitting there looking at the comic book roundup back in 2013, looking at the reviews, seeing how things like, because you and I would sit there at break at lunchtime, stuff like that, and discuss comic books. And what came out that week, we'd go to that whole thing. And the idea was, and then there was the argument, like, how can nobody be reviewing Wonder Woman? She's one of the Trinity. And then we had this little, like, you know, stuff. And also, well, I don't know if I consider Wonder Woman Charter. I'd say Green oh, Lantern yeah. is, but you no. said Hal Jordan at that point. <laughs> me and you had all those discussions it was the funniest thing because we were getting mad there were two things at that point because legitimately again that this is the origin story deal of the idea where we would i read reviews to you it's basically what i do i'd sit there and go get this this is what g-man said we'd read we'd know all these i mean the people it was weird because we we really put these reviewers a lot of times up on these pet like oh my god that's so cool and then even at the idea well we could maybe we could do this right no way we couldn't do it like them, but there were other reviewers. This is the other part of the reason we did it, where you end up and I'm like, I don't even know what this Einstein's saying here. I have no <laughs> idea. So we ended up, why don't we, we're dummies. And, and we said to her, listen, we're going to do reviews where we curse and we do pop culture references. Let's go. And, and we start to do it. Because we need, we didn't review Wonder Woman forever. That was the worst part. We never, we ended up doing it all that. And then we ended up where I was behind on the, 
is so funny. Then I cut up and we started doing it. But yeah, we started trying to review everything and then talk about everything that again led to twelve hour podcasts. So that's how that's how you don't do things. Agree. But yeah, I, I just I hope that something maybe maybe one day we'll get know, a fresh maybe and the, good maybe Wonder the Woman. weird thing like I said maybe. We don't know everything that's going on. Maybe behind the scenes, maybe this is a lot of editorial pulling strings and, and we're, you know, ripping apart Clone and Conrad, all this, and it's really not their fault, but their name's on the book and we go with that and all that stuff. But somebody's got to get involved with making Wonder Woman well, Wasn't a good there book. a problem with editorial? I think when Steve Orlando was on Wonder Woman, and he was, the idea they were told they to put Phantom Stranger. stuff on here, even though it didn't even matter to the book or didn't make sense. It was just, so maybe there is something along those lines, but I'm not seeing anything in this that seems like it was a forced situation. Yeah, but basically what, what we found out was Steve Orlando was told to put Phantom Stranger in a book where Phantom Stranger wasn't in the book yet or was going to be. And he said, that doesn't make sense, the story. And the person said, I saw a variant cover, and he looked pretty cool. <laughs> and seemingly didn't even know who Phantom Stranger was. Not Steve Orlando, he knew. But the editor may not have even known who or what Phantom Stranger was and was basically told, you do that or you're fired. And yeah. that, you know, people like to be And paid. boy, did that story not make any sense. Yeah, and that was the thing. The reason why we know this is because, legitimately, not to toot any horns here, Eric, because you even said it when we talked about it on the podcast, but in the review, I gave it like a 2 out of 10. said, this shit doesn't make any sense. Tens, nines, people just, oh, this is the greatest thing. Oh, my God, this. And Steve Orlando got a hold of me and said, thank you for noticing that that would not be something that I would do. I mean, <laughs> he ended up thanking us for a two out of ten review because it wasn't him. And he felt like that was at least he was happy that somebody realized that it wouldn't be. And that's Steve Orlando is a guy who, you know, we have a, a sordid history, Eric, where he would tell he ended up telling Hussein at one point back in the day that when when well, it'd be yeah, Wednesday back in the day. He would get up and pour himself some wine and then read the reviews from us. And he said he needed to do that because he knew that we were going to rip things apart. and He was going to get upset. And I felt bad about that because he is a really, really nice guy. Oh, sure is. He really is. And uh, but that's not going to change anything we review. And that's so there you go. And even that that book got passed around like you on a Saturday night. Eric. I mean, no, I reviewed it. You reviewed it. I think Hussein at one point reviewed it. like all these. Because oh, you're just saying that. I'm just it. talking about the writers who just kept coming on and then bailing. Oh, and yeah. Well, keep that's true, people on, like I'm we saying just the review of Steve Orlando's yeah. JLA. We, we just couldn't take it. But oh, but he is a nice guy. I, yeah. I like I try to support him because he is a nice guy. But with that. We, we don't love everything, but uh, but with that, that's, that's I'm so depressed now. All right, Eric, with all that, we got to get back to being chipper because what is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie between Infinite Frontier number two and The Flash 2021 annual number one. It's crazy. It is crazy because, like we said, as a little joke, we ended up having to record some things I talked about. You were going to a party, and this is the last thing we're recording. We usually wait till the end to do that. Yeah. Because, so we you know, know, we might. And I ended up saying to you, like, oh, no, <laughs> nothing's going to beat that Flash. And yet it did for you, almost did for me. But I really, really like the Flash annual 2021 number one or whatever the hell they call it. But that is my book of the week. I thought it was great Mwah. and ends up, I hope, bringing back some Wally fans that actually had bailed. And, I've, and I've, were I've been here the whole time, Jim. Well, you have. I'm talking people with like the avatar of that. I saw a lot of people just again. 
just to point out, me and you didn't mind the future state story, but that also ended up making Wally pretty bad. So no, no, no. it was it like did not were, make Wally bad. Well, it made the four horsemen who was the side of again, him pretty bad. Almost like this. Well, don't we all have at least one four horseman inside of us at one point? I Eric, know, it's I one mean, of those really, fat fuck. Really slow. Because I got him inside there. of me, uh, making me look uh, terrible. All uh, right, you know. Uh, but yeah, with all of that. Everybody can, you know, sit back and say, okay, you know, Roy, we, you know, yes, it's a shame, but he's, he's a Black Lantern now. We see that. Yeah. So it's, it's coming up something. And I'm again, everybody who thinks that this retcons anything in Heroes of Crisis, you're wrong because all it is is Heroes of Crisis is still there. Yeah, and, and you just have more information. That's all. And you have, and that's the thing. Again, I even, I'm glad you said that too because I brought that up in the deal where somebody's like, oh, retcons, retcons, retcons. I'm like, no, no, no. no. It actually, explains something that was never explained. I mean, they even reference it. Wally runs out of the sanctuary in a panic attack and then just explodes Speed Force energy, which he had done all those zero times before, and it wasn't explained. So this actually gives you an explanation I, I just and need shows some, what happened. I need some kind of writing wizard to come in here and explain how Wally ran fast enough to go into a computer and undelete deleted files. With that, I also that sorcery? I want to see the sorcery of pretty much the world-renowned, you know, journalist that is Lois Lane, who just then ends up putting out there to the public people's private mental health records, just releases you know, them, you know, just because ethics. Yeah, yeah, it's bullshit. I mean, really. And and then let's not even get in the idea that there was no time travel. Then there was, and the idea of flowers, and I it just look. That, it, the puddlers. thing is. He shoved chattering teeth down Commander Steele's throat because, yeah. you know, reverse flash whispered I mean, right in his ear. There, shove, shoving teeth down somebody's throat, that had that was just being a sadistic asshole. It had nothing to the do puddlers. with anything. The, the puddlers. All right. Well, yes. So we can all it's over now, put everybody. that behind. We can all love Wally again. We can love Wally. And like I said, it, it almost was like a bookend and a restart for Wally as fans in D.C. saying, that nonsense is over, uh, done. So we can go forward with that. If you like Tom King, go and have your fun with the Rorschachs and the Strange Adventures. And the Super Human Targets. Human Target. I mean, what's next, Eric? What is next? Uh, but here's what we're going to talk about next week. Now, we have a couple books next week. Two of these will be on the Patreon-only Spotlight podcast that comes out every Thursday with books picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Beep, boop. I got an idea. What they're going to pick? Yeah, we were both wrong this last week. Well, yeah, I know. I think that what they're going to pick one is going to be because they're going to want to love a book, and the other one is to stick us there. Blue and gold number one. Hooray! That is on the spotlight. I'm telling you, that is no way that's not on the spotlight in my mind. Uh, Catwoman number thirty-three. Let's see if that background of the Father Valleys comes into play, Eric. Let's see if the Saint Dumas comes in. Let's see as we head there. Is that blue and gold? Is that one of eight? That is maybe. How could I know anymore? Shazam we're having, and it's one of four. I mean, I don't know, but I think it is. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So, Catwoman, I'm, I'm figuring, too. I was thinking of who's going to review what. Do you want blue and gold? Is that something that's that you... That's fine. Okay. I, I figured that that's something you would like. I know that you want Shazam, though, right? You're right. I'm doing Shazam, not doing that blue and gold. Well, you know, <laughs> here's the deal. The thing I'm going to be doing pretty much gets me a pass for all this bull crap. But you end up Catwoman 33, Just League number 65 there. Checkmates you, involved. Check, please. Nightwing 82. People loving that Nightwing. I uh, I want to get a little more, so we'll see if we do. Shazam number one. Hooray. Beat Shazam. You ever see that? 
Yeah. Jimmy Fox, you never saw it. That's still on, by the way. It's I weird. remember hearing about that, and I thought, boy, that must have lasted two episodes. It's still on. Unbelievable. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number two. Of eight. We, we talked about Aerosmith, but boy, there's a lot of rock farming going on there. Does, does that make sense? The Aerosmith rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, ah, and here's the book that's going to give me Parcel a pass. Tongue. Superman and the Authority, number one. I will review that. Um, I'm not looking forward to it, but it's Grant Morrison. That, I think, will be the other book on the spot. Uh, and The Flash, number 17 to 2. So we get to see right away. And that's they pretty already cool. push back the rest of that thing with uh, Superman yep. and Authority? Well, here's the thing. You end up having this you know, miniseries, and they wanted to shove out twice a month. And the retailers end up in the news story was after retailer suggestion, they end up not making it that the suggestion was nobody is ordering. We can't this. sell this. And, and with that, it's two things. They're going to change that schedule to have a regular schedule. And the second issue is now fully returnable. That is where you can tell that it's because nobody is ordering. They're ordering the first one, I guess. Well, thank God. It's just speculators a one and stuff. Yes. Probably. <laughs> we'll see. You got some Manchester blacks there. I hate Manchester you, blacks. You got some Superman. I don't care about the authority or Manchester black. What is here for me? What's going on? Yeah. Got which a one? A lot of stuff. Who knows? I don't Grant know. Morrison Phantom Zones. Uh, I was actually uh, talking about Grant Morrison with a guy the other day. And it was funny because he ended up trying to say, like a Tom King was like a Grant Morrison or even a Christopher Cantwell, who I think is like a Tom King over yeah. at Marvel. And I said, the one thing with Grant Morrison, though, that people take like, yeah, you get this idea. Oh, if you don't like that, you must not be smart. But for the most part, Grant Morrison, whether he accomplishes it for us, he does like to have fun. Yeah. He tries to be goofy. He tries fun, to give you a word of pure stuff, imagination. Right? Yeah, he does. And. So that's not like I think that Grant Morrison, a lot of times this the smartness that people are trying to get to is the history of comics and the idea of things callbacks because he throws anything in. But I don't find it like a, oh, the man behind the mask. No, he gets crazy wacky. And uh, I've been told that the Superman and the authority might be crazy wacky. So we'll see. I know that I drive us nuts. I did like his. um uh, Wonder Woman Earth One yeah, Volume One. I thought, and it was maybe we'll get some. Maybe this will be the deal. Now with that, he every time he does a book, he gets done that The Green Lantern season two and announces he's done with superhero books. He's done. He's just going to work on his own stuff. He doesn't like the superheroes. Next thing, he's on Superman and the Authority. So the guy talks out both sides of his mouth all the time. So with that. Uh, that's that. That is that. That's did what you we're say the Flash about. number seven seventy two? Yeah, yeah. And okay. I said it's cool because we'll end up finding out some things that we now, were saying. We're we not going to be more. talking about this on the podcast, but on the cover of next week's Superman Red and Blue number five, Superman mm. is carrying a truck that says Warner's Wagon of Wieners. Oh, really? Oh my! <laughs> he Eric. is bringing it to crypto. Maybe R.I.P. We crypto. We'll be talking about it. Warner's Basically, wagon of if, wieners. If I wanted to think that was shade, <laughs> they're just like he is a dick. Oh, that Jim Warner, what a He's dick! A Maybe big bag of wieners, I, I, that guy. I, I think that they're mad at us. That is weird. I'm looking at it now. All right. Well, uh, you know. Shots fired, sure. I'm going to see that as you're talking. I'm like, I know he can't see that right now, but I kind of no. bring it up and tell him about I, it. I, I, I want to see who did that cover at least. Uh, oh, Amanda Connor. All right. You're on my list. Uh, I'd love it too. They're like, we, we don't like that they were in that green arrow, so we got to throw it back. 
Uh, though, if they are going with something to a, a big trucking company is the one the trucking, though. I wish it was me involved, but that is kind of funny. Wagon of wieners, right? You're, <laughs> you're the wagon, you're oh. the wagon of wieners. But uh, why am I full of wieners? Wieners. All right, all right. But uh, yeah, with all that, if you want to listen to everything, including those two books, go over to the Patreon. Like we said, Patreon.com/slash/weirdscience as well as we're doing our July book of the month. Me and my man Stork are going through Kingdom Come, so that's another thing that would be relevant to what we're talking about too. Uh, any shout-outs this week, Eric? No, I got nothing this any, week. All right, you want to shout out your party? Eric's going to be partying all what the time. You? Keep talking about this party. I'm going like to a get together with my friends. Yeah, yeah, party, and uh, yeah, I'll be resting. I think I'm going to go to bed after we're done recording this, and then wake up and edit it, Eric. That is my party. That's a party for me. But you're with a very all sad of man. That uh, yeah, go over to the the Twitter at the Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, Weird Science DC Comics where you can get the reviews and stuff like that. And also, if you want to email, it is, again, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. All these will be in the show notes. But, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Hang around downtown by myself And there was so much blood But I'm just sitting by myself And there she was Eating some peach pie And there she was Why did Wally have to die? I smell death and crazy hair Why does it seem like I don't care? Who's that ruining DC's rebirth direction? Mama, this surely is dream. Yeah. Yeah, Mama, I'm hoping it's a dream. Dig it. Hanging out downtown by myself and I can still hear their screams and I was sitting by myself and there she was in the tightest pants I've seen in my life and there she was with a real sharp butter knife I smell death and crazy hair why does it seem like I don't care? Who's that ruining DC's rebirth direction? Mama, this surely is a dream, yeah. I guess it's standard deal's dream, digger. It's probably just his own wet dream, yeah. I smell death and crazy hair Closing time That's it for the podcast So I guess it's time to go home Closing time, you 
heard the pops of her, so turn off your iPod or phone. Closing time, nine hours you just wasted. Now it's time to get back to work. Closing time. Pretend you're still listening Cause your co-worker's a fucking jerk Eric's got to go play with his toys Eric's got to go play with his toys Eric's got to go play with his toys Play with his toys